Rise and shine, all you fresh-cut prudes. It's time to get weird and here with the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. This is terrible. Boosh. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. Pull out a bag of chips Boosh. and get yourself a soda pop because Boosh. you're now in this for the long haul. Boosh. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. Boosh. Coming at you live from the Weird Boosh. Science Studios, I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I am Jim Warner. And this week in DC Comics, we've got a beginning, a new beginning, a whole lot of middles and an ending, and we'll be covering them all in one form or another, and it all starts here on the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. It's fucking nonsense. I hate everything. <laughs> I love that so much. Hello and welcome to episode 181 of the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. Uh, Eric is not here. This week, obviously, we've said that all last week, and you'll hear about it this week as well, though he is here for his books and Reggie's books, but he is not here for this intro or the mail, so that will just be me. Uh, So you will not hear him say proud uh, 800 times, but... We are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, uh, the Batman Podcast Network, and the Tangent Bound Podcast Network. That didn't work out right. Proud. <laughs> We're on Facebook at Weird Science DC Comics on Podbean at Weird Science DC Comics at Podbean.com on Twitter at Weird Science DC. And we have an award winning website where you can read all of our reviews at Weird Science DC Comics.com. We also have a Patreon account at Patreon.com slash Weird Science, where you can get a plethora of shows. I just finished today a new show, and the Rant and Raves are going to be on the Patreon, but as a free podcast. So even if you do not subscribe to the Patreon, you can go over to Patreon.com slash Weird Science and listen to the Rant and Rave show if you want. And while you're there, maybe you'll want to check out everything, including this week's Patreon-only spotlight. And that spotlight is a couple of books. We had New Challengers number two and Batman Prelude to the Wedding, Red Hood versus Anarchy number one. So we had that. But that's not all. Don't act yet. Because you'll also get Batman number 49. And yes, we have Batman on the Patreon still. And with that, we also added some things to this. So you get Batman number 49. And then I went back and handpicked a couple of the reviews of Batman issues in the past to show uh, an issue that I loved and praised Tom King, which would be Batman number 5, all the way to such things as 23, The Brave and the Mold, 25, The uh, Beginning of Jokes and Riddles, and and then even the ending to the Rules of Engagement uh, arc. So there is a lot there. It's over four hours, that one. So if you want to go and listen to that, you just subscribe to our Patreon. Check any level you want, whatever. Check it out, and you will not be charged until July 1st. So you'll have plenty of time. If you just want to listen to the two Batman this week, this month, I mean, you can just do that and then quit if you want. Say, blame Eric, though. When you have the thing, when you have where you quit, they do ask you for a reason. Like, they want an exit survey. I'm sure they're something you can hit other and just put you don't like i don't like eric's jerk off face say that or voice you can say and that would just make me giggle and that would that would lessen the heartache that i would get for people kind of telling us that they want no parts of us but yes uh but yeah that's that but speaking of the patreon it's now time for the badass roll call all right all right, here we go with the badasses of the Get Fresh Koopy Boop and the Patreon. 
account you have. Pop Culture Noise by Ron Saunders. He is new, and he's going to have a podcast coming out called Pop Culture Noise. So check that out. I think it's going to begin in the beginning of July. We also have Nick Adams, Mark Yeager, Kenny, Vengeance, T-Funk, Jacques Strap. I think he's coming straight from France. Josh Vermillion, Abuse Mama in the Verizon Hall, Algern Stoja, All New Dave, D-Man, Havlin, Batman Beyond Mark, Bill Beer, G-Man, Manship, Brandon Murray, who was off in San Diego this week and didn't send in a mail. We have Bobby Bain, Reggie Hancock, Andrew and Belfrest, Fred Atine, Eric G, The Cellar Dweller, Danny The Street, Luis, Zach, Ulysses Jones, T, Hakeem, Double Aaron, Monty, Simon, Swanee, Anthony G, Dave J, Ian, Missy T, my man Rob Lewis, and my man Pete M from NYC, Lone Wolf Mar, Jazz, who's mentioned later in an email. Later on, Jazz's name will be mentioned as a hardcore fan. We also have Ruben and the OG Chris Ryan. There you go. Perfectly timed. Perfectly timed by me. I don't need any Eric Shea. That's all I don't need. Eric Shea. Though I wish he was here. It's, it's a lot more fun doing it with Eric because I just try to make him laugh. Uh, I don't really care about making myself laugh. Uh, I just make myself sad. Um, but yes, that is the beginning intro. I will mention uh, quickly before we go off to the books is that we also have a Marvel podcast that comes out every Monday. It is the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. It's the Fresh Start. Fresh Start. It's Fresh Start book. So if you want to check those out, we'll be doing those but this week brandon is still going to be in san diego so it's going to be me and eric doing it on our lonesome so we'll see how we do with that but right now we're going to go off to the books Better if we could learn to fix the gun. 
All right, it's time for the books, Eric. The meat and cheese of the podcast. Num num. I don't know if I actually tell jokes. I'm more of anecdotes, right? I'm, I'm not a jokey guy. Like, I don't know. Knock knock. You pull that off all the time, knock, don't you? Knock knock. Who's there? Does this rhyme? Yeah. See, you got it right there. <laughs> knock knock. Eric. You're a jokester. <laughs> I'm, I'm a jokester, am I? I? I still think I'm more of a storytelling guy. No, no. Well, who knows nowadays? I think that they actually changed that there. Actually, you go in the dictionary. Somehow there's a DC editor's note. Uh, now, if this joke is read pre-jokes and riddles, it's still a joke. Afterwards, it's a riddle, possibly a joke, wrapped in an enigma, wrapped in a mystery, Eric, maybe. I don't know. So there you go. There, there's some shade, Eric. Shade, shade, shade. Welcome. Welcome, Eric, to Thank the you. meat and cheese of the podcast. And everybody, if you're listening to this and want to actually read, I mean, who reads oh. anymore? <laughs> How so 1998? I don't know why that would be when the reading would be in, in style, day, in vogue. The day that reading died back the, in 1998. The day that reading died, July 3rd, Eric. Uh, but with Coming that. Up anniversary. <laughs> yes, it is. We are here. And if you want to read the reviews that we're going to talk about tonight and many more and many non-DC stuff, go to our award-winning site at Weird Science DC Comics. Dot com, uh, and there's where you get it. I'm going to say right now, I'm going to dedicate this first section of books, which is only to the two one you books. Love. No, no, to you with the meat being wings, but salt and vinegar wings. You were telling salt me about and those. Salt pretty damn good, right? That, it sounds like nonsense. It sounds like complete nonsense. It's and like I the expected first... it to be. It was good, though. Yeah, it's like the first time I heard like a, an appetizer is uh, fried pickles. I'm like, really? Hey, yeah, fried pickles? Police, I said. But yeah, yeah. I've, have you ever had fried pickles? No. I actually, when I had fried pickles, finally, I was a little upset, and it's ridiculous. I was upset because I thought it would be a full pickle, but it's just pickle chips that are, you know, battered and fried. And I want I that. Thought, I want a full pickle. I, you, I expected that, a full pickle when you said it too. That's what I want. I want a full pickle, but really, just imagine a, a full fried. And I didn't even think that it would be anything breaded. I just thought they'd just throw it in the fryer, pull it out, see what gives. I guess that we're weird. Let's see what weird. this does. Let's see what Let's gives. That, well. Well, here's the thing. Uh, me and my family at one point were getting really into cooking shows. And when I say cooking shows, I have often said to you I would rather call them food or eating shows. Yeah. I am not a guy who's going to sit there and watch Bobby Flay teach me how to make a, uh, a filet. I'm going to watch Eric. a fat guy eat a bunch of weird yes. food. Yeah, I want to see a guy who's going to eat stuff. And, and you're not really into the really awful foods. No, absolutely like, yeah, not. But I want to see a guy who's going to be a glutton, I want glutton eating food. Foods that I want. So that's what I like. So I remember uh, – and, and people would probably be able to tell this would be a time frame of all of a sudden you really got into that point where you'd hear ramblings and rumblings about, oh my, a fried Snickers bar, a fried Twinkie. Oh, yeah. And you started hearing that. Then all of a sudden you heard like, oh my god, a, a fried uh, motorbike. Eric, a fried airplane. I mean, they were trying to fry everything. Fried ice cream, all this nonsense. Just imagine the Midwest gets really bored. A, yeah, a fried that, – that's the thing. I thought you were going – a fried cow, no, just, just a whole just cow. The, no, I'm saying just the Midwest because in my mind this is where all of this comes from. Well, Let's get really bored. Let's fry something. You Fuck say it. the Midwest. I would say that Double A Run is gritting his teeth because I would say fully the Minnesota State Fair is to blame <laughs> for all of this. And I mean I'm telling you, I think at one point they had fried fried. It's fried fried fried. I don't know. They fry whatever the fry – Triple fried fried. Triple fried fried. Triple fried lard. 
I mean, when they started frying ice cream, you know, you had that too. You had that uh, big thing, big Chi-Chi's thing oh, you know, I back love in the day. Ice cream back when but I was even kid. then, it, it didn't impress me because I was like, ah, it's not exactly it's fried what ice cream. I thought. Come no, on. It, it often seemed like it wasn't fried enough. Like they really skimped on the <laughs> frying and they were really, it was a matter of semantics. It was a matter of semantics all of a sudden. I'm like, no, and the, well, really, the sta- it <laughs> smoke and mirrors, David Copperfield. Fried ice cream. Yeah, <laughs> really, you called this fried ice cream, and I really thought it was going to be something Jesus. different. Uh, I'm trying to think. Then all the and this is where you had the Minnesota State Fair, and you'd hear all this. Then I start seeing it on. You know, TV. So you're obviously you're like, boy, I want to do this. I want to try it. You get a, a fryer, the fry daddy. Eh, shit, don't work. You're really gonna cause problems. But when you really know that it's kind of been passe, is when the Quaker Town goddamn fair has oh, yeah. all these fried things, and I'm like, up, oh, the the thrill is gone. It's gone. So I wonder now. I'd have to like ask Double A run into something. Up oh, there, yeah. that goes. Yeah, there. Yeah, really. That when was a my nice trend when my dad comes in, he's like, you a know fan. what? I really like that. That group noir, and I'm like, that's NWA, Dad. Now I'm out. I don't want you to noir. <laughs> that's not that. true. Noir. Huh? noir. And like, really? Where does he go? I it? really like Ron Dimska. No, Ron DMC, Dad, and I'm out again. DeLorean motor cars? Not really. Yeah, really. <laughs> the the way that, and I have kids now, so the way, obviously, and it's something that you know, but somehow, and, and, and now here's the jokes are coming, Eric. Now it's my, it's my standard routine, like, who, who are these people? Yeah. Uh, when you're a kid, you realize what really upsets you about what an adult, like you said, a parent will come and say, I really like noir, and you're like, no, no, I'm out. <laughs> but then when you grow older, you do cross a barrier where when you become the adult, you forget everything. Everything that you should remember to do. So when your kid's like, I really like Migos, all I have to do is say, yeah, I do too. They're pretty cool. I like that when they go cricket at the end of each line. and Ah. You forget to do that. And now you're fighting with the kids when you already have set yourself now up. Now you're the man. What I'm happened? T- yeah. Don't trust this anybody over 30. And huh? it is, Shit. but why Why am I dooming myself from not remembering history? I can just, I can stop it all. We all Bro, can. Idiots. Everybody that has kids, we can stop this nonsense now. Nonsense. I mean Migos. That's all yeah, I'm against right now. You're going to go downstairs after this and tell Rafe, you know who I really like, son? That's SZA. Yeah, she's doing better than that's right. No, this is the problem. When you're out of it, that's when you go downstairs and I'll go downstairs and like, okay, I'm going to nip this in the bud right away. I'm going to stop these kids. You know who I like? The Britney Spears. Uh, They laugh at me. Go upstairs, old man. (laughs) I just go and and have my my head down in shame. That's Tanya's in this Quaker town. Uh, Quaker Town uh, message board thing that she does, and it's a I told you, board. yeah, yeah, basically, it's the bitch and moan board, and uh, she's there, and this one guy is on there, this older guy, and I told you this, this guy actually posted, I saw the post, I hate when it's those kids, be fake, right? I, I don't know, he's like, I, I hate when those kids walk around with their cassette boomboxes playing that f the police. I'm like, this guy has walked out of a time machine they from li- 1991. They to that FM radio and they're yeah. going insane. Yeah. With that FM radio. Is going to be the end of us all. AM for life. <laughs> hashtag. Somehow he knows hashtags. AM for life. I'm signed AM for yeah. life. Oh my goodness gracious. He also said that. And then his other big thing, which he says is all around Quakertown, is he does. I don't like to see those cars with the kids in the bouncing around. 
Where is he hanging out in town? I don't know. I haven't seen those things. And then Tanya ended up getting uh, – if you get too mad or you throw enough shade in there, you, you get suspended for a little. You, like, get detention and you get banned for, like, two days. And she ended up putting, like, the most ridiculous car bouncing. It's like one of those that if it bounces two more times, it's going to flip over uh, on its roof. And she put that. She got banned for two days. So I I'm telling that. you, the thing is I don't think I've ever seen a car with hydraulics in real life oh, ever. Really? I'm, I'm actually getting like on the side of my life where I'm thinking that the Fast and Furious just created this. Well, it's a movie I, thing. That's it. Hey, it's not a real thing. I would like to tell it. you, Eric, that I actually worked on a car uh, to do that at my old job because oh, we when you were, used to work at Pimp My Ride. Yeah, yeah. No, it was <laughs> Pimp My Tricycle. It was now the, the it was a Jeep actually, which was right. weird. Uh, but this guy, because usually you said it's hydraulics. Well, uh, the, where I worked, we did hydraulics, but we also do did pneumatic stuff, air right. stuff. And a lot of the kids in that area, they were going cheap and doing pneumatics and doing some things. And we did we did kind of work on some stuff, but really selling the stuff. And right. then the kids came. We almost had like an impromptu car show with bouncing cars at you one time. You kids and your bouncing yeah, cars. Uh, I just sat there and shook my head the whole time. Really? This is what you're spending money on? And these kids were spending crazy amounts of money Where on this stuff. these monies? I don't know. And well, maybe they were. Uh, maybe man, I don't have any they money. went. On, I didn't realize they went on to write fast in the furious. Eric, I was involved. <laughs> there you go. It all wraps around. That one around. kid's name, Vin Diesel. That one kid's name, Paul Walker. Oh, oh. now you made it sad. <laughs> oh, what a sad note to start off the first book, Eric. Uh, and with this, we're going to start with the Justice League. That's the biggest book Big that book. we have, yeah, and the biggest one we have left. Anyway, and uh, with that. I read it earlier than you. I actually got in. I, I, it's one of those books now that I grab and I'm like, I really want to read this. I want to see what's going on. I was worried. Uh, there's a lot going on in this book. Sometimes Eric Shea gets a little nervous about a lot sure going does. on. There's also a lot of things that are changing up the universe a bit. And this is something Eric that's Shea gets been, nervous with that too. It gets nervous with that, especially when it's Green Lantern stuff. He's already went through that. You've already fought that war before and lost because uh, just as a deal, you don't I think like. We all kind of won though. Well, in the end. yeah. Well, yes, we did. But when Jeff Johns changed up and expanded the uh, spectrum, the emotional spectrums, uh, yeah, you were not, you were against it because a lot of people were. They people don't I like want change. No lanterns about yeah, so you. with this, I'm reading this issue before you, and I'm like, boy, uh, there's a lot <laughs> of things changing here. I mean, a lot and. A lot of the things were triggering things in my mind that would trigger Eric Shea. And I thought, oh, no, this is going to be one of those that I, I like this issue. And I, I just hope that he likes it enough so when we talk, we're not arguing. I don't like to argue with you, Eric. I don't know if you realize that. I, I like to be on friendly terms with you. So when you actually, while you were reviewing it, and I was sitting back because I'll remind everyone, I have no reviews this week. Yeah. So maybe I'll actually be happy this week while we're talking about things. But you sent me a message and said, I, I really like it. And I thought, yeah. great. You know what? I'm glad because at least it wasn't just me, you know, in my mind. Because I'll tell you, I am at a, a mode right now that I am a little afraid that I'm going to be like the girl that I had to take advantage of, Eric. And I don't mean that, like that, where she has already asked Dark 10 podcast. people to the dance and they've all turned her down. 
and there's old Jimmy boy coming in and, and then I'll, you know, she settles. I don't want to have a book that I'm like, well, I think everything else is a three. All of a sudden, a five to me is a, is a ten. I don't want to settle for a book. I don't want to tell everybody about your girlfriends. No, they're not. They, they actually, they were too good looking for these other people is what happened. They were intimidated. Oh, there, that's what know? happened. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's how it was. I, I wish I, I wish that story was true because that would mean I ever had a girlfriend. I mean, really, is there anybody else who's gone from single to married life in, in 30 seconds? Because I think that's what happened. But, yeah, they yeah. call it arranged marriages. Yeah, they well, there you go. And you know what I say about that? They start off low, Eric, and, and raise up. But we'll see. Tell me about it, Eric. Tell me about this book. Justice League number two, written by Scott Snyder, with art by Jorge Jimenez, Alejandro Sanchez, and Tom Napolitano. The totality is here, and our Justice League are scrambling to figure out if it's harmful or helpful. And while they do that, the Legion of Doom is uncovering the seven hidden forces of the universe, like the Still Force and the Ultraviolet Emotional Spectrum. Things sure have gone crazy since the source wall broke, and Lex Luthor is going to continue that trend by riding inside Superman to get to the totality first. Let's check it out. Yeah, and with this, you have a lot going on, like I said. And where I think that Scott Snyder succeeds in the most, uh, this book probably has the most characters of any book in, in the DC deal. You get enough of every character. You get enough of each, even if it's just a line. Like uh, Kendra's in it for a couple yeah. of panels. And, and she get, explains her yes, power set. You get something new there. You also get the idea. Way. You even get a weird deal where, you know, you have Barry who wants to join in on what they're doing and Superman saying, no, no, you're too important. I'm like, that's a, that's a big Barry moment too. You're well, too important. <laughs> also, Kind of you're, a liability right now. So you're nonsense. But but even with that, you you also have the Legion of Doom, and you have the totality where a lot of these stories that we're going to get, and we keep getting the totality. You know, basically hit Earth. We had that going, and you would go, and the next four issues would just be that. You'd just be dealing with this totality. With that, everything is going to, in my mind, at a equal pace. And an equal pace to where I got done and I wanted to know more about everything oh, yeah. and yet didn't feel ripped off about any of it. I actually sat at the end. I'm like, you know what? I want more of Lex. I want more of the Legion of Doom. I want more of Jon Stewart. I want more of the Total. And actually, the Total. Here I go again. <laughs> what is wrong? You had it, you had it solid. I, yeah, I know time. I did. I had it, but now I, I'm losing it again, Eric. But yeah, with that, I'm going to the credits page so I can just keep reading it. The to <laughs> The totality. Total, uh, you, you end up with that, and that is actually like the least thing explored just yet. You see oh, yeah. some of the, you know, consequences of it. You kind of learn that, you know, Lex seems to know more about it, but everything is we, just uh, these hints, and I really to, do like it. We used to joke at the beginning of Rebirth how we really wanted Action Comics to be about, you know, just a Lex yes. Luthor, Super Lex kind of book. And we wanted it the good Lex, but yeah. Exactly, I'm saying, but now that that's all gone now. He's, he's gone back to the dark side or the doom side, whatever you want to call it, but I kind of want the Justice League just to be a Lex Luthor book because he is the shining goddamn star yeah. of this whole thing. And yes. while I did, I even put this in my review, while I loved good guy Lex, yeah. Scott Snyder's showing me why bad guy Lex worked so well for so long, and you know what, we're right back into it, I'm like, yeah, that, yeah, this works really well, too. And, and I love bad guy Lex as well. You know what's funny is the way I go about it uh, is that I just think I love Lex. Whether yeah. he's bad or good, we wanted more Lex. And unfortunately, we didn't get enough for us. 
if you have to make him bad to get more because there's just no room for him to be the good guy and and no book for that, then I'm full. If this was that Lex was switched and we didn't have Martian Manhunter and Lex was the good guy, and you said I probably would still like Lex as much, but him bad yeah. is better. It really well, is. I'm just saying this whole thing. Where in the last issue, you know, I thought the Just League stuff was kind of like on the. Uh, it didn't hit as well as the Legion of Doom stuff. And this one, you know, it's expanded upon. We have more for the Just League to do with dealing with the totality. And yeah. the thing is, I think that the Legion of Doom stuff and the Just League stuff are about even for where they are. Yeah. It's the Lex Luthor by himself stuff going through, like, you know, how he found the Doom doorknob. Yeah. And then, you know, going to that under, like, uh, the underwater lab, the headquarters. Yep. Yeah, the headquarters. And then just the whole idea of talking about what's coming with the seven hidden forces. To the fact that we get to the end, he's a robot, and he's actually in Superman's bloodstream, and I'm yeah. sure I ship my... Lex is doing it all of this issue. Yeah, with everyone else. Now, I worry about it by the end when we get to it, because I worry that... Well, he that's the that's the deal where Scott Snyder started ahead, and Lex seems to know what's going on mm-hmm. uh, when they go in the totality. <laughs> the totality. 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 Hey, anytime I say it, I want to say it the other way just because I, I think I'm messing it up. But when they go in with it, he seems to know what is going to happen. He and you, knows what everything well, you is need going that. on. You need that or you would have the uh, weird deal. Like just say he was there in a miniaturized suit. Like he was yeah. still in Superman's blood. Uh, we've already seen what this does, and it transforms Killer Croc. So you have that Lex knows. So when he's in that little ship, you can realize that that has been made to withstand whatever as well, just like Batman, just like oh, Kendra, yeah. unless Lex doesn't want it to, unless this is Lex going in and well, wants to be affected by I don't even think it's it. that. It's more the fact that, like, you know, there, he's inside Superman because he's already realized that Superman's physiology will be able to take on Yeah, but they still energy. have these things, and they still spell out that Ray has made these ships to kind of combat it, but also they're going to be doing the, you know, we're going to have the pew pew where they're going to fight off the shit. They, they say, yeah. we're going to go in there and fight off the cells. Did you like my pew pew? Uh, so Lex, I think, is going to take advantage of Batman and uh, you know, going with that, and he's then going to kind of circumvent that and be able to do whatever the hell he wants in there to collect whatever he wants. He has some plan, but what else would the plan be except to get in there and see what goes on? I think that he well, might want to evolve into it's, whatever. It's the strangest it, it, thing, though, because right away, like this, actually, I got mad when this issue started because we see that Killer Croc for some reason was around where the totality was. I don't know if the suicide seems that they say that he ran into it. That exactly. They said it's he just, just decided to. Run in, maybe it it's was just like, a weird thing, like Killer Croc in the middle of the desert out of yeah. nowhere. But the well, thing is, he became this giant kind of monster. This keeps happening to Killer Croc. I think it was the beginning yeah. of Batwoman back in the New Fifty Two, where Medusa, I think, would, like you know, change him into this crocodile monster, like it enhanced his crocodile ness. Yep. But I was getting mad at Scott Snyder at the beginning of this because you know we just got done No Justice, where you know Starro died, Brainiac yeah, yeah, died. Yeah. We begin this freaking you know. Vandal Savage is murdered off right away, and then now we fundamentally change Killer Croc, a character I really love. Like, why are we just going through and just fundamentally killing, changing or killing off characters that I love? What are we doing? Well, of course, uh, you know, to me, this is you have to have some setup of what's going to happen when you go in the totality, and that's what sets it up. You you have you. Well, please, I I don't want to see him ever again. Yeah, get Condiment King. He goes in and then comes out. He's a, he goes in like a, he comes Mustard. out as a, a, a big thing of uh, barbecue sauce now, Eric. Or he comes out as salsa, and then everybody has to argue if that's necessary.
necessarily a condiment, though it's the top-selling one. Uh, but yeah, with that, I think that you needed to pick somebody. You needed to pick somebody to have something happen, and it's a cool visual. It's Dinosaur Croc, and I think that it's going to be solved. But the problem is, at one point, they do say that the totality has a mind of its own. It's yeah. grabbing people. It's it wants to change you into what it wants. I actually think that you can even think that it kind of called out to Whalen, uh, and he went on his own because you don't see anybody else there. They go to attack. You know, you don't see Harley there running around no. or whatever, or any of the other Suicide Squad. Maybe it's that his, you know, his croc brain was called to it, or this is part of a one step of a many step plan of it doing this, but it's just a visual, and I think that he'll be back. But the issue itself starts out with Lex, and it's classic Lex, and it's a really, it's a funny slash kind of feel sorry for Lex a little, but also show, again, the Lex that anybody who's done any bad to him in the past, when he gets the opportunity, he's going to stick it to them, and they're having the the reunion at the Legionnaires Legionnaires Club, Club. where his dad used to go, and pretty much like, oh, I just wanted to come by here, see that what was so, you know, cool with this place, because my dad would avoid me. To come here and, and drink and, and socialize with you guys. Ah, you know, I bought this place and by the way, I'm going to blow it up, get the hell out. And they start running off. He has this bulletproof, you know, suit thing that he yeah. activates. He tells him because they're all running out and they're running out the one door there is. And he's like, wait, there's this other door here. Look, look, it's glowing. Why aren't you going here? And this is where he discovers. It's such a you know, weird concept, though. I'm just, I'm thinking to myself, these old men are trying to run for their lives. Relax says, wouldn't it be easier to take the door to your left? Yeah. I don't think, you know, anybody's going to take the time to say to him, <laughs> place only has one door, fucker. They're running out. It just makes me laugh that there's Lex like, okay, I didn't tell these guys ahead of time that I was going to do this. Yeah, that's one strike. I'm a dick. Uh, okay, now I'm going to blow it up and tell these old guys that one guy's in a wheelchair. You know, yeah. I'm going to tell it. They're going to go, okay, I'm not going to give them much time. Uh, part two of being a dick. I'm not going to go fully because I'll, I'll point out this door. Hey, guys, wait a minute. There's another door here. I, I'm not that bad. I mean, I don't want you to, to run all the way across to that exit. But this is where he finds, you know, the door knob. Doom knob. Yeah, so we, we see how he got that, what it led to. You said that you're pretty much guessing that maybe that led to the underwater fortress right away. I have a, a, my own I, little I theory. I don't know. Been, like The one thing is, Lex says, I haven't been able to put any theories I have together, but in this issue, this underwater base that we go to, which is weird we're not in the Legion of Doom headquarters anymore. We're in an underwater base. Yeah. Is that... Nobody knows about this space except for the people who built it over a hundred years ago. Yeah, it's a so hundred like, years I, ago. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's like something with the Immortal Men, something it along those lines. It seems like something around with the Vandal Savage. That when yeah. you know Vandal Savage went down and he got rid of him, this is part of the you know the the treasure but deal also that just he got the weird to go. Part where but we it is weird. The, uh, you know the Justice you know knob and the Doom yeah. knob and yep. like you know. What are these countermeasure knobs and what are well, they Well, and even with that, those are based on those lines. And I, I have a little theory later, but they're based on the lines, which then kind of pops up uh, with the totality when they're like, oh, I recognize those lines. When, when you know, you have Wonder Woman, that's the Amazonian symbol for truth. Like for everything truth. is based on these symbols and also that's Lex. The thro- symbol for rise. Yeah, and Lex throwing out that whole idea of the seven. You know, everything seems to be symbols and, and this sort of thing. So with that, I think they're going to find out that these knobs and things are a little more kind of together than we would think. And you, right. you can kind of go, like I said, I have a little bit of a theory that, that 
that I saw. Uh, but with that, you you go from there then to John Stewart and the setup of John Stewart. You know, Batman, mainly Martian Manhunter, actually wanting John to join the Justice League yeah. and wanting him. And, and I like this. I like the idea that, you know, John Johns was there when when John Stewart did the most awful thing that is still when on his mind. Zanchi, yeah. yeah, when Zanchi blew up. So there, there, he's he's alluding to that. You have the whole flower there and stuff. And you have this guy that he's taking back to the Guardians who's like, oh, I know what that flower is. That gets rid of your worst thoughts and the you know, things that are getting you down. What is it that's bothering you, John? We know what it is. Uh, yeah. You know, one of the things. And with that, so, uh, Batman gets a hold of him through through Swamp Thing, which seems very odd, but it's kind of like the deal. But with that, I like the idea that Batman says, like, listen, you're a soldier, but don't forget you're an architect. And I like this that, because – That was a great line. And why I love it? It's because I really think Scott Snyder has given a wink-wink of if you are a Jon Stewart fan – you haven't got a lot of that lately. And at one point, no. you used to really get that stress. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of the new 52. Talking about the way he creates constructs yes. and, and whatnot. And that's me and you used to talk about it all the time, that we really love the way that a, a, a real, a guy who's really into the core and doing oh, yeah. that would have, you know, there's Kyle Rayner. The, Kyle Rayner was an artist. Cartoon, so you know, he, every yeah. part has its place. And, and how he's just a, a dummy jock freaking, you all know, right, pilot. boxing glove out here. Yeah, boxing glove. A, uh, <laughs> you know, Baseball a train. Bat. He always yeah. has stuff like that, where John would be the one who would have intricate things that would show his architectural background and his engineering deal. And we really like that. And they got away. They really made John Stewart a one hit wonder of a military man because once he became the leader of the Corps, you can say it's not the, you know, the writers just saying, oh, you know, I'm a hack. I'm not going to go. John himself, I think Scott Snyder is kind of going away in a meta thing as well of like John himself has become the leader of the Corps, so he's had to put that architectural oh, yeah. thing back and kind of go more with the Marine and more with that. Uh, and so with this, I'm like, yeah, I really like that. I really like the idea that they want him, but more of a builder and an exactly. architect hey, John, and engineer. We've broken the source wall. That's on us. But we need you with us because moving forward, we're going to need to freaking build things up again. Yeah, we're, we're going to build up down, the universe. To help build us back up. Yeah, and it's and again, it's not just like okay, let's get John Stewart because he he can do something. It's more of a you know even a conceptual thing of how yeah. he would think. How he of, I love yeah. it. I really do. Uh, with that, you know, you have John who's kind of like, well, I don't know about this. I got some work to do. Uh, what's going on? You're pretty noisy there. And that's where you get Croc, uh, who's come out of the totality and he's just, he, he's, uh, he's, he's a dinosaur. dinosaur he's a dinosaur. And he's coming and it's taking, you know, I think that the, the scope of it's good where you see it's taking the major the hitters Justice, yeah. of the Justice League here and they're not really doing a lot to them. Yeah, Barry gets a little with the sweep the leg. I'm like, okay, we get the little jokey Barry. That's what we usually get here. He's been watching Cobra Kai lately. Yeah, he has. He he hasn't had a lot to do after the Flash War if this would be after that. And he's just watching Cobra Kai. But, yeah, they're trying to take him down. They end up, you have John as a huge gorilla. We have a lot of stuff going on here. It's also at this point where we realize that the still force has become active because Barry keeps, like, you know, periodically losing the speed force and tripping himself up. Because of this whole still force action. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and the still force becomes a big thing because then even John, you know, calls it out by name later. Like, oh, the still force must be out. You know, I'm having well, it's, this. It's a weird it, concept because when we, you know, we have John flying through space, like he's transporting a prisoner, you know, and he has to, he's going to have it trans, yeah. like teleported back to the science cells on Mogo. 
But as we're getting out, you know, he's detecting some stuff and he's like, the, the, he comes to a thin membrane or a yeah. membrane's been ripped. Just the whole idea. I don't know how to visually, like, you know, or even, you know, think about the idea where in space, a membrane has been like ripped. Yeah. A thin membrane where there are seven hidden forces of the universe. And one of them is the still force. One of them is the ultraviolet, a uh, hidden emotional spectrum. But like, you know, he gets to this point, like, man, the membrane seems to be ripped. I guess that's where the, st- the still force is unleashed. And there's Sinestro already right there with it. Like, it's all from this one location yep. in space oh. where like all these things are pouring out like Pandora's box. Yeah, it seems. And, and the still force. Yeah. And that's where you have John and Sinestro. Before that, like after they take down Croc, you do go to this underwater base and you get the Legion of Doom that they're there. And Lex is trying to explain some things. He's talking about manas like I, I've never heard of this place or seen it. This is bullshit. I should have. He's like, no, nah, there's a lot of places like this that people yeah. wouldn't know. By the way, Doom also means fate and then goes yeah. through this whole deal where he, there's the seven hidden forces that he and the knows whole idea about. Is that the, with the totality here, the key is to everything is that to control the totality, you must first unlock the seven hidden yes. forces of the universe, yep. which at this part, I actually got a little worried as well because I'm telling you, you say seven hidden forces, that sounds a lot like, you know, the four cosmic energies of the universe. I'm like, oh God, I don't need more of that. But the thing is, with the concepts that we're adding to the DC universe, so like right now, things are stale at DC until, you know, the doomsday clock gets back on track and we can figure out yeah. what our status quo is. And that's what I like about the idea of the seven hidden forces is that we are going to change the DCU fundamentally and or actually twist and alter things that you thought you knew with these seven things. But it's going to just expand on the concept you already know, and I think it's going to make it better. But once we fix the source wall, it can all go back to normal because the only reason these things are out yeah. and about is because the source wall is broken yeah. right now. You put that back together, DCU back to the way it was. I yep. like that idea. Yeah. And with that, the totality, Lex says, totality, Lex says, is the key to everything and the control you need these seven hidden forces and right. says, like, listen, I've gathered you guys because you guys have already been looking for them. You just didn't know it. So you're getting the idea, you know, that the still Everybody's force, somehow. we're going to yeah, figure out force, this is. Like Grodd going against yeah. Flash and the Speed Force. And they're in this underwater base here. And it even says, you know, you have that explanation that there are places where sci- super scientists call veracity points where, you know, physics uh, reveal malleable. You, you have this whole explanation. That, it's like that place in Jersey, Gravity hill where the yeah. car goes up the hill yeah right there you go but it also could be the you know the hall of justice could be yeah. you know you have a lot of these things and this is where i said to you it's weird because you have lex holding the doorknob and the actual round part of the roof would be of the legion of doom that it would is the symbol is glowing as if that can disappear and maybe this is one of those that as you unlock things it also because we have to figure out how lex got into superman which mm-hmm. means that at some point he may have gotten into the the hall of justice when and they even add the thing like most people don't even know that doorway well he right. has this other thing and i'm telling you where there is that triangle at the top, but if you spin that doorknob around and have that line that's glowing there, stop being there and go somewhere, it's very similar to the Hall of Justice. These things, I think, are maybe can become universal doorknobs if you know the right way to do things. And also seems like he's used this doorknob even to go into this place, too. So is it that if you unlock these certain things, it unlocks more things where you can go and things like that? I don't know, but it's weird that it's glowing 
going there. And that the, you know, you spin that around, it kind of does look like the uh, justice symbol as well. But we'll see. Because we have to figure out or we'll be told how he got to Superman, when, how, whatever. Uh, even why the, this, this doorknob was just chilled at that Legionnaire's Club when Luther found it. Well, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. It kind of appeared. I think that maybe it appeared because he had done something that seemed to – well, again, you have to realize that he's also – and they've said the totality is kind of doing things. So if that's the key, it may be unlocking things for people who it thinks because it seems to be – kind of thinking and trying to get some things. Like you said, maybe it called Croc there. He went there. Maybe these doorknobs and things that they don't even realize that it set up. I don't know. I don't know what it is, so we'll have to see. But then he's there, and he says to Gorilla Grodd, by the way, I have something for you. Uh, this is the first step for you. Here, take it. It's a baby, and it, it seems very obvious that it's the turtle. I would uh, think it would be the turtle, but somehow the still force is active. Like he activated the still force, which, you know, Barry said an old villain of mine always tried to activate the still force, yeah. stuff like that. And like he would do stuff like, you know, the turtle would slow things down. It seems like he finally did since the membrane was thin. Yeah. And somehow the still, I don't, I'm trying to, I, I try to put this together there where it makes sense. And that just the term still for some reason always just locks me up. But I think yeah, for yeah. some reason we stopped moving forward so much we moved backwards with the still force yeah. and he became Benjamin Button here and became a baby again or well, something. But yeah. just the idea of still just makes me think freeze and, and not yeah. move backwards. And, and with that, you do see this baby – you have Grodd pick him up. They're like, what the hell is this? What am I, a babysitter here? Dude, and uh, Lex is like, no, connect with him. You know, you should got them mind powers, Grodd, that we always hear about. You know, where's yeah. your throne? You go zip around. Uh, but so see what it damage. is. And he, of course, is like, wait, what? Is this who I – oh, my God. And he's like, the power. And with that, it starts reacting in a kind of a speed force type of way. But also, it's also garbed in this – green thing that would look like the what the the turtle usually wears but also yeah. like a shell i mean there's so many that it, it seems like these are all red herrings because right after that then barry's talking about the turtle it really but maybe it's not maybe for once it's just like yep it's the turtle and like you said he's gone so far back that he's de-aged himself he's benjamin buttoned you know that uh but we go back and there's barry's working on you know and even the, that uh, the thing is like you know the whole idea of the still force it's a new concept but taking what the turtle used to be to barry kind of thing where he'd slow things down you could say he was trying to access the still force the whole time so just adding that little aspect yeah. right there, it doesn't hurt anything. It just no. adds to the story in a good no. way. No, and, and it. it actually, if this is the case, I mean, you did get rid of Croc, but you're kind of making the turtle even more badass. So you're kind of, you know, one for one or so, whatever. Because I'd still rather have Croc than the turtle, though. Look at the look at the baby. He's so cute. And of course, also, it like to me, it's also supposed to look like Lex a little and things like that. Uh, okay. You know, and also I've seen I've seen people guessing that it's Metron. I've seen others that when I first saw, I, I actually thought it was Vandal Savage. But when uh, it's Baby Jacob, yeah. But well, yeah, yeah. When uh, when Grodd picks it up, that it starts to be something a little different. But you, you have then Barry who now senses the Still Force, and like you said, he's like a oh, turtle. So I'm gonna have to make this, you know, Speed Force deal. I want to make this car for you know the Titans to be able to fight him and and all this. And you have Kendra there and. Explains, you know, she can help. She's older. You get a lot in this, like real little subtle deals. Like I've been around since the Model T. I know all about cars. I can help you out or whatever. Uh, it ends up just basically, no, no, no. We got Justice League stuff to do, and you have Not tinkering. 
Yeah, you have Superman and Martian Manhunter just like, no, we're gonna, we're gonna have to go in this and figure out what's going on and how we're gonna do this. We figured out that, you know, Superman and Martian Manhunter are the only ones who can go in and not be affected right away. We're gonna have a, a little yeah. bit of breathing room to do something. In the meantime, we're gonna shrink down Batman and Kendra. Uh, Kendra's gonna go into Martian Manhunter. Batman will go in Superman. And we're going to figure it out. Barry wants to be part of it. He says, I can go in and vibrate. They're like, no, no, no. If your powers go wonky, it'll be trouble. And once he figures out what's going on, he's like, yeah, I don't want to be involved anyway. And then Kendra has that little deal where she's like, listen, I'm still trying to figure out what's going on with me. Like, you and know, I'm you, right she, away, this is enough of a taste to keep me satisfied because, yeah. you know, going into the Just League number one and stuff like that, I'm like, what, what's going on you with said that. Because, you know, all the nth metal is gone. You know, her wings were destroyed. Like, what is this stuff? And then. I just never even got the idea from the way the art was depicted that these she's become Archangel essentially. Yeah, her she, wings ever since the transformation from Barbados they are, actually are metal wings, wings they're, now and they're attached and a to part her. of her. Yeah, yeah. And with that, I remember the one thing you said after uh, metal, and you said, what, "What's up with her and them metal wings?" Well, there you go. You, you yeah. got a little taste of that. But they're going to go in. Uh, there's a name drop of Ray Palmer. Ryan Choi gets shade thrown at America. <laughs> He's not involved in any shrinking technology. Look, uh, look we had a choice. We could have gone all the way to the microverse to get Ray Palmer or we could have gone down the street talk to Ryan Choi. Yeah. Turns out nobody likes Ryan and so it, we actually no. have to trek to the microverse to get and Ray on top of it. it's funny because they kind of like you have Batman like I'm going to shrink and go into Superman. Superman's like I don't ever want to hear that again. It's funny because it's the reverse of a Batman Superman issue in the new 52 that Greg Pak came on and yeah. wrote. It's uh, number 10 where Superman got the same deal. Ray Palmer shrinking technology went into Batman because he had gotten sick going and uh, fixing a Chinese satellite. And I thought that it would be like, you know, it would be funny to throw that like, oh, you know, tit for tat there, buddy. You already did this. And uh, I thought that it was funny though. Too. Yeah, really. <laughs> Electric boogaloo. <laughs> but then you see where Jon Stewart was going and he he meets up with Sinestro. Sinestro then says that, you know, here we are. Uh, we're the invisible emotional spectrum. I'm tapping into this is what i always wanted to be and you're going to be my first recruit and my you know the guy who's going to lead the stuff and, and i haven't i haven't looked them. into a, i haven't looked into a lot of the whole thing if it's out and about yet but the idea of the ultraviolet being something yeah. you, like you know ultraviolet spectrum is invisible so this is the invisible mo yep. emotional spectrum the emotions that you keep hidden from yeah. other people i, I you, saw scott yeah. snyder talking about it and he like you know used examples like i think we're using with you know uh sinestro and john here when he gets recruited the idea of the hate how you yeah. keep your hate to yourself yep. like unless you're on twitter apparently but you keep your hate to yourself yeah well those people wouldn't rage. be keeping it under so uh, yeah. yeah twitter is actually well, healthy eric for exactly. you and but you no like uh, he used murderous rage example i don't know if he was going verbatim with like some of these things but or if it's even out there if he spelled out what all the invisible emotional spectrum yeah. but right now for what we're dealing with with john stewart you know the one real aspect of his character that they've done with him over the past how many years is the idea of how much he hates himself for what happened to yeah. Zanchi. so, so the it hate's is, coming it's, out. A, it's a great little bit where we do like remind ourselves about you know this hate that john stewart has yeah. for himself so when sinestro takes him over with his power and recruits him he becomes a lantern of hate at this point. Yeah, and with that, I actually read a, a little teeny bit from something else. But I guess it was an interview, and he said that pretty much there is no 
there's no constraints to this. Whatever, oh, if no? you go, no, that if it's that's why it's so powerful the way it seems. So it's just one that, thing, and it, like you could just take out all these different, well, like, a, like it's, uh, invisible. Yeah, emotions it's whatever you, you are. So if you have a, a John Stewart and he wants to have somebody, he can go figure out what your hidden deal is, and then all of a sudden that would be your one thing. It's whatever. Like you've instead hidden. of love, I have lust. Yeah, or it can be love. I mean, there could be somebody nah, who doesn't want to show that. that. Love's already a, a spectrum. No, it doesn't matter. That's what. That's why this is the ultimate power. It could be anything. It could be willpower if that's something hidden in you. If you're trying to keep that from somebody, it doesn't matter that it's something else. That you have the ultraviolet ring. It's not like all of a sudden if you are hiding rage, you will still have rage. That doesn't make you a red lantern. That makes you a ultraviolet lantern who was hiding his rage. There, he's not going to play around the way I see it. He's not going to play around with well, I can't have this or I can't have that. That's what's so powerful about this. If you find somebody who's hiding it, you, and it could be something racism, that could be what you're hiding. That's the emotion that you're hiding is, that, is that. that. Well, it can be whatever. It, it's supposed to be very specific to what you're hiding. Like Jessica would be an anxiety freaking lantern. She would do something with that. It's not like it's not limited to just three things. It wouldn't be like, you know, love with lust. No, it, it can be love as well. It could be anything. That's why it's so powerful is what, you know, the stuff I was reading. It's almost like having, you know, the white lantern ring that you can do whatever you want with it. But this is very specific to the one thing that you're hiding. So it, it's very up in the air and you can kind of work it the way you want if you're right. the, like Sinestro who's leading. Uh, but yeah, he ends up going down and, and attacking the Justice League. So instead it's of It's a weird joining, thing though too with this whole idea where he's going back to his original costume because, you know, this is the costume that he wore when he was originally going after the ultraviolet spectrum but he couldn't access it or something yeah. like that. I was like, I don't know. You had a yellow ring before. That kind of worked for me in this yeah. costume. I don't think you have to go that far with well, it. Well, and, and with that, there's another little caveat to this that I don't know about. And if we'd ever get to talk to him, I'd ask is it doesn't seem like the – do they have a ring or does he have to go against and find people who already have a ring and they turn it into the ultraviolet thing because you Maybe. do not see. It just kind of consumes him. But Sinestro definitely has a ring there and so does John. So is it that you already have to be a lantern and this corrupts your already what you are? And even ha as Sinestro even states, like you, you saw me as green and yellow, but this is what I always wanted. I finally did it. So, you know, we'd have to figure that out because it's weird that he goes after – already a green lantern to turn right. him into this instead of just going and finding the biggest baddest guy to turn in so that would be something we'd have to find out but yeah he comes down and just basically he's like uh you know you and you even get the core you know their their little motto there by shield of day and shield of night we feed and grow beyond all sight your darkest self shall be our night well wield the sword of unseen light so there's a lot of times where you get these new rings and stuff right. and you don't get like people start talking like i wonder when we're going to get the oath are we going to get the oath I, and there's a lot of things with this that i guess we're going to go in like how does the ring power itself and things like that we'll have to see i hope that we get oh, to yeah, explore a lot of that yeah so uh, yeah it is just the beginning in the meantime you have lex still talking to the legion of doom and cheetah figures out you know lex you're not being truthful ends up swiping his face as you see uh martian manhunter and superman going into the totality and it's a Lexbot. He, they, yeah. Lex has set up that he's talking through the Lexbot to them while he's in this oh, little mini ship. 
and he is cackling uh, only That's like so Dionysus could be cackling. And of. also, it also reminds me of the Neil Adams Lex who was cackling at Dark Side. Exactly. I mean, he is having the time of his life oh, I here. I love that Lex. He, he is going through Superman's bloodstream as he's also duping pretty much and setting up his Legion of Doom. And he thinks he is the most hilarious person who's ever lived. And it, it, it's great. And he's there. And yeah, you have it end with Marshman under Superman going in and what would probably it's, end it's up so being weird. As, as they're walking up to the totality though it has taken on the shape of a gigantic yeah yeah and, like and almost molding with the well sand even itself, then it's but- weird because it's, uh, batman said that to john stewart earlier and even had that in that hologram that he was telling him that when yeah. it landed it looked like a alien's head and, and so it's, thing, it's very Kendra's weird like, it looks so familiar it's weird yeah. i'm thinking i'm, I'm looking at Looks like a metamorphosis head. I don't it, know what it, we're going for I'm here. I'm telling you, if you want to, you want to know what I think it looks like, which it doesn't, because it all leads back to this, Eric. It, it looks like the alien that died in that Batman Superman uh, that Tom Taylor did when they found the body there. It looks exactly <laughs> like it. I'm like, oh, maybe. But yeah, uh, they're walking in as Lex is just cackling because his plan. Awesome. No one's ever going to reference that story again. No. That little three, like, no, I love it. Yes, you are. Yep. At the other day, I started talking to you about it at work again, yeah. uh, trying to pull it into some other story that I was telling you, and I, I got a little choked up. Nobody ever talks about that, it seems like, but you and me. I know. I got a little choked up at work. I'm like, look at me. I got the feels. But yeah, it goes in, and, and when this happens uh, and it ends, I'm like, you know what? Finally, I, I've actually read an issue where it's fun. Yeah. Uh, it seems like an all-out action movie. L- and it like, ends on multiple high notes. And it ends up on high notes. It also has very intriguing uh, mysteries that are – you're given enough. Like you're going forward. This isn't something that all of a sudden we're kumbaya circle yeah. and this sort of thing. Or, oh, we have this that turns into that and then all of a sudden that happens. This is set up – that is set up that's intriguing and exciting, and I, I liked every bit of it. And the art's great. I, I love, love the, the art, art. so much. So good. He's so good. He is so good. And with that, too, you know what? You know when you know a guy is good? There is only really one big spread page that I would say they're playing off as it, and it still has multiple panels. It's when uh, with Killer Croc. Yeah. He's so good that every little panel is just as exciting and, and big as other guys, you know, main spread pages that they have to point out. Everything looks great. I just, he should be on every book now. I don't care if he gets tired, Eric. I'll wow. give him some of my That's Adderall. That's what I said about Ethan Van Skyver Green yeah. Lanterns all years ago. Yeah, I'm going to give him my Adderall, and then that'll be fine. He'll be good, you know. That'll set Drugs. him right. That'll set him right. Hey, any way I can get this art and everything? I mean, even just a little thing when Sinestro's talking, he has this, at, you know, he's there in space. How am I? Look at that page right now. It looks so fucking good. It looks so so good. And then you go and when you have Superman and Martian Manhunter walking towards the totality. They're doing the, they're doing the Armageddon yeah, walk. That, yeah, it is. It's the Armageddon <laughs> walk and it's so cool. I'm like, that's what I want. You, this you is what so I've been waiting me, though, for. I'm telling you, we had these suits that like you know, were especially made to like, you know, with uh, to freaking I know help them with say, the totality yes. radiation. I'm like, how much longer did it take to freaking, you know, specify the symbols. which suit was for who with the green yeah. and the symbols Oh, I'm on. telling you. It's like they're like, okay, listen, we can either up the ante with sort of the biomedical metric stuff and to keep you with air and things like that or we can get everything or and we can, uh, personalize we, it. we can light your personalized symbols like well we we could survive longer which one will look more or badass. look badass i'm going badass martian man high five all right martian man time for yeah. slow-mo walk yeah really and that's what they're doing they're just slow-mo walk and it's so good uh the only thing 
that in this whole issue that I was like, oh, really, is the idea that the symbols on the totality where Wonder Woman's like, I know those symbols. That's the Amazon symbol for truth. And then Aquaman says, that's the Atlantean one for rise. And I'm like, eh, I wanted them to fight it out. Yeah. 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 Rise. Truth. They start just beating the shit out of each other. But uh, I really like it. I really did. You'll probably be shocked by my score. What did you give it? I gave this issue a 8 out of 10. I really enjoyed the art. The thing is, I'm still a little bit, like, you know, cautious, optimistically cautious, though, because the thing is, we're dealing with a lot of new concepts, which right off the bat, I'm digging the idea, because the stuff we're dealing with, you know, it's adding to, like you say, like, the other emotional yeah, spectrum, the still force. These are cool things, but we are walking a fine line where things can be yeah. overwritten and become convoluted, and I'm, I'm telling you, it's not there yet. Right now, I'm still having a lot of fun. But it could easily cross that line, and I'm still cautious about it. But right now, I'm having a lot of fun. Love the Legion of Doom, but Lex Luthor shines above all, and oh, I yeah. love that character. Can't wait to see more of him. Yep, I'm giving it a 9-3. I almost went 9-5, but I'm going to go 9-3 because, again, that's me being cautiously optimistic as well, but I just need something. I need something to enjoy. I had such a good time with this. It's so many little things that made me smile in the issue. Uh, It just got me excited. I I want to have more stories like this that are big and, and epic in scope. But it's also kind of small enough to have fun and get character things like Lex is great. I mean, Lex is awesome in this. Uh, so, yeah, I, I had a lot of fun. So we're going to move on to the next I'm book, really though. worried. I'm, just, I'm scrolling through again here. That's like I'm looking at the Legion of Doom. We know Sinestro is off freaking doing the, uh, you know, the ultraviolet stuff. Like, yeah. the Joker's not in that underwater. What is he doing? Where's he yeah. at? Yeah, he's hanging out. Well, he's in a church right now. He's got, he's a, got, few, a, he's got a few kill. issues to kill, Eric, is what he has. Uh, but, yeah, we'll move on on to the next book that unfortunately i'm not uh that big on so we're yeah. you, you know positive jimmy's now leaving the building he's just oh, left I'm the building and i think that that guy's left for the for the oh, most shit. part of this whole deal but now what for life i'm done eric I, I am now giving up i'm jumping out this window uh no go with it what is this book Green Lantern is number 49, written by Aaron Gillespie. I must have said Aaron, double Aaron Gillespie. But double Aaron Gillespie. <laughs> art by Roger Antonio, you know, Raj. Raj. And Hi-Fi and Dave Sharp. Simon Bad shows up in this issue to help out his partner on the run. And while there are some nice character moments between them here and an even bigger mystery about the uh, Guardians trying to take down Jessica Cruz, the, this issue ultimately falls flat when we actually discover the mystery about why Jessica would go all murderous and put all the cores most want and be put on the most course, the cores most wanted list. God damn it. Hopefully something from this is explained. Totality, further Eric. Comes on <laughs> the book next issue. Uh, totality. I actually paused my mic after that last time that I said it wrong and stumbled. And as you talked, I just said it out loud like 15 oh, yeah. times. It worked. Totality. Totality. Earth Cartaga. Uh, yeah, this issue to me, you had this two-issue deal that is basically, okay, Tim Seeley, you're done. Kick you off. And it seemed like it was a shock to him. You get Aaron Gillespie yeah. for these two issues to head to Dan Jurgens. I don't know why. I mean, it's not like you got this idea that Tim Seeley was like, you know, not on my watch. I'm not doing this bullshit. Because he still seems to be doing things. Yeah, I mean, they just announced. Preludes. Yeah, and they just announced that, you know, big, uh, you know, these 100 page issue deal. thing, Walmart deal. And he's part of that too. So it's not like he was pissed, left, but something was weird. That maybe he was just busy and they changed some things up. But really, 
all these two issues. Him though. Well, all, I know. Well, all these two issues. Well, yeah, it's true. He didn't realize these two issues seem to only be set up so that you just remember that Jessica's ring has an impurity. The will you're going to go forward with that because by the end it does reset and make this two issue deal not mean something except for the fact that Jessica pretty much wants to. He seems to say, "Smell you later." Now she is going to the Odyssey book, the Just League Odyssey. It is, so but you, it's not even like a smell you later. It's the fact where Hal gives her her ring back by the end. Says, "Look, that's I'm gonna, what I'm I'll saying. buy you some more time with the Guardians." Like, what does that mean? Is she yeah. still wanted, and you're just letting her go and, for and, now? Like, it's such a yeah. messed up thing where she is proven innocent. Oh. The Guardians are after her because of the will, but we yeah. like you know things she even throws out there at Hal. He has made his ring from his own pure willpower. Well, you, you have some issues. The, the Guardians should have people hunting after Hal. Oh, they should, but here's the deal is you have, like, Hal Jordan, Justice League member, right? They're usually, yeah, and you could get a little wonky. About Jessica Cruz. Jessica no, I'm League saying member. before. I'm saying classic. You uh, have him, and you could say, okay, for the most part, they're on Earth. It gets a little wonky because they go off of Earth, but for the most part, the Justice League is doing Earth things. They're they're combating things that are attacking Earth. Oh, that's we, well, we even <laughs> say to each other that sometimes you'll have the old idea of the Justice League. Like these are things that the Green Lanterns would be like the first responders anyway, yeah. and then the Justice League will come. Well. Jessica's going off to a book that has nothing to do with Earth. She's not no. going to be anywhere near Earth. How? She has to be doing something that she is not involved with the Guardians. The only way I think they can set it up is by Hal saying, go figure this out. Uh, you can do this. I'll keep the Guardians off your back because the Guardians aren't going to let her just decide to be in the Justice League well, Odyssey. Well, that's the thing is, I was thinking about this before where the whole idea, if we have John Stewart, who is like, you know, the core leader at this point, who is going off to be part of the Justice League? So yeah. it doesn't seem like he's going to be doing, well, you know, core leader. And really, things. right now he's an ultraviolet lantern, so he's exactly. really out. But, saying, yeah. but whoever takes over, I don't know of Howard Jordan would take over if the Guardians just would. We do have the whole idea that the source wall is broken, leaking energy. They could appoint a lantern to have a task force for oh, some they other could. people to go do this But that in the does universe. not lead her to be on a team with Darkseid. That doesn't lead her to be on a team with all the – it to me, she kind of has to be almost Hal Jordan renegade. She has to be a little – and if Hal does take over the court – now, again, we're not going to have a Green Lantern book anyway. We'll have the Green Lanterns, but you know the Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern core is ending soon. Yeah. Nothing else has been announced yet. So really you're almost getting the like, well, Jessica's kind of doing her own thing. Remember that issue? She said she was going off and Hal said he'd get, keep him up for back and all. I think that this is just an explanation. Plus, all the solicits lead us to think that she's not going to be in this book. Maybe it's going to be Hal Jordan in this book yeah. with, with or Simon. Or going by Brian Michael Ben. Us how Jordan just hangs out on Earth now. So yeah, maybe. he just hangs and then even says that that's a sector still and all. But even so, uh, I think that all of this is just okay. We Dan Jurgens isn't starting to 50. We're going to do these things. He has his own story. Things are kind of in place already. The one thing we have to do is get Jessica out of here to go to Odyssey. We have to have an explanation. It's a weird explanation. It's a weird way that you oh. end with her just like, like you said, how I'll keep him off your back. Yeah, and it really I goes against She's going to go off and do stuff like Does that mean she's just going to go back to Earth and hang out with her sister Sarah? No, she's going to Odyssey. That I goes, think that what they're going to do is. I also don't know if it ties into Dan Jurgens' arc where you, I saw the Swiss report talking about the. The impurity that's in the power battery, they're yeah. going to have to get to the bottom of, like, does this explain her being able to be willful enough to yeah. change it because well, of the I impurity said, that allows it? Well, I said up until it? September, her name – Simon is named eight times in each solicit. Yeah. Hers is not. Uh, I think that her – exploring 
the, the, the ring is her going to look throughout the universe for said, and that would be Odyssey. I mean, Odyssey right. is just kind of the idea of them going to the source well, kind of figuring out things, seeing what's going on with the universe. It's, that there has to be a time why Jessica would be in there, and I, I think it's going to be it's that. It's got to be resolved though, because the whole thing is, you know, right now they sent Hal Jordan after her before they she even you know yeah. supposedly killed some people. Why wouldn't that just keep happening? Where all of a sudden the Just League Odyssey team will just have to keep well, fighting off Green Lantern. And, and that's you kind of get the whole idea in my mind that they're just going to hope that you kind of like go with the flow. And there's no Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern core book. And the only time you'll see Hal is in like, oh, he's busy. He's doing he's doing busy work here. Uh, what? I don't know. But we, we're going to end up. That's what I uh, – because at the end, I mean all of this doesn't really push you towards anything but kind of thinking that Jessica's gone and going to do some things in Simon. I mean y- you keep pushing the idea too of Simon really – I I am a really good Lantern. I'm a good yeah. – I'm a great Lantern and all the like he's set that up. Yeah, yes. And uh, so we'll see how this goes about. We'll see that if the, you know, the rumors of a Grant Morrison, how how Jordan book or, a, you know, a Green Lantern book, at least, are true. But even that that's being pushed down the line, too. You would think if that was the case, we thought it'd be a September thing. If it is yeah. the case now, it would have to be as early as an October thing. Now you're November and whatever's going to go on. So we'll have to see. But this issue is a lot of nothing. And oh, yeah. I know you said there, except dialogue. There's a lot of dialogue. There are points sure in this where, boy, I thought that we have we have certain issues that we talk about that we'll go through and be like, boy, I had trouble getting through that baby life. <laughs> this was one of those where I just like, really, there's a lot of dialogue that really doesn't push anything towards a story. It's just basically a go from here to here to here, and then and Hal shows up and says, hey, I'll let you go. Now, again, you also have the weird deal that if you were going to do something that I'm saying, you would have thought you'd resolve the double battery as well, uh, because yeah. that has to be resolved. That is not. So I well, don't I know, know what they're going to do. going to be in the next issue, because the whole thing is about her like talking like if she should stay, and then Simon saying, and like, that's the go 50th. if you don't want to stay. Yeah, and that's the 50th. That's the Dan Jurgens. That's the anniversary oversight. Yeah. So I think that that will be the final step of let's get Jessica out. We can explain it an oversized issue. Let Dan Jurgens. So- I'm sorry, especially after something. If we're still, if this is in continuity going forward, like Dan Jurgens has this in mind from what yeah. Aaron Gillespie wrote here. The whole thing is, and I would Jessica think he was does. just wanted for murder. The, the the Guardians wanted her gone for so, like you know, we're taking care of whatever. How Jordan has to realize, all right, I still got Simon Baz over here, so maybe I should, you know, separate these goddamn lanterns. Yeah, yeah, it has to be. And, and really, we will see. You know, I would bet a dollar to a donut that they say in this. I'm like, they're saying that the aliens, they don't even know what's going on. But it, with that, I think they're going to separate the batteries in that 50. You're going to get the whole deal. Who knows that maybe there's a roundabout weird way that this book, it's going to be twice a month and all, and it's still Green Lanterns as the solicits, but some of those can be, like, skewed, and maybe this becomes actually a different book and they re-solicit the night i don't know but uh with that i think that all of this is just hey get everything set up that the people will you know basically tread water because nothing happens you have this murder mystery that ends up not being the real mystery anyway because like oh no no we weren't talking about that they they're worried about this impurity in your ring and by the way we do have to get you out of the setup of killing people you are being mind controlled 
boom, you're done. You're still this good. This was you're a good. murder wave that you were struck with yeah. and you couldn't help this whole thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so then you're like, what? You you set this up and really it's what? like one Why of those – Why was the murder wave also an amnesia wave? Yeah, and, and the weird part about it is it's almost like how you'll have like a uh, a cliffhanger. And at the cliffhanger, yeah. Batman's dead. Oh, oh no. my goodness. And then you get to well, the next issue. I guess this series is over. Holy moly, he's alive? Well, this oh, was my. not like this was a whole a whole issue. It's a whole two issue cliffhanger of Jessica being a murderer and then it's solved almost to me like you were in a sitcom and it's like, "Hey, you are mind control." All right. And they jump up in the air and freeze because it's like, "Really? Like all of this went and then it was like a chuckle fest even." You might have been mind control, Jessica, but that's that's not why we're after you yeah. to begin with. Yeah, really. We don't care dun, about dun, that. Dun. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, that's what it is because out of nowhere they end up – and it's a setup. You know, you want to have this whole idea what? of I'm telling a, you, I don't know if you got this idea too, but when we finally get to the whole bit where we get a Campo who was yeah. you know, Jessica's you know, like, you know, criminal informant that this whole thing started with her trying like, to track yeah. him down to find stuff out. He lets us in on the fact that, you know, this criminal freaking, you know, mastermind, this whole Guy gangster owns a space, whole planet. Abaz, uh, yeah, Abaz planets, Yah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to try to say this. Abaz Yah. Yeah. I think he's the exactly. intergalactic fat Tony from Simpsons. Do you, uh, did you get yeah, this from Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, he would what be. What did I do? Yeah, yeah. You know, this hey, whole thing, what he's doing. It was the kid. <laughs> when I was reading his dialogue, it was just fat Tony from the Simpsons well, the entire time. I like the art in this issue. I'll tell oh, you, I, I like it. the art. The problem I had was, is intergalactic fat Tony. I know he's trying to play a game, but it really seemed like when, when the, the ship lands, when they get to the, where they're going, they're going with the Campbell, he's setting him up. It basically is trying to play in my mind. It's basically Lethal Weapon 4 in space. Diplomatic immunity. Well, and also you have a, a Campo. Maybe he's the Joe Pesci because he's there. He's going to set this guy up, kind of get the deal. It goes wrong. The guy doesn't believe him, and that kind of is pushed aside. Even he's like, thank you. You know, I needed this piece of shit. Uh, I wanted to get him anyway, but when they do show up, he's sitting there. The, everybody's scattering. Shit's flying, yeah. and he doesn't budge, and I'm like, that's one cool cucumber. Look at that guy. Look at look at intergalactic fat Tony. That guy. Does, and then all of a sudden he plays it off of whom? What have I done? When he already well, knows what, what have he's I done, and he already knows. But in the art, he is petrified to just lead to him going. I know that you have nothing on me. I thought that that was a little weirdly played yeah, it was a little with off. the art. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, for some reason that is off. I didn't even think about that before yeah. because he should be cool as a cucumber. Yeah, he's a I wanted to, I'm, I'm telling you. you, as shit was flying and he's still drinking his he drink. He knows they got nothing yeah, on. He knows. He knows right away when he they come out and he sees they're in a ship and I love the way it plays out. That's the best part of this whole issue to me is the detective work or the smarts, the a street smarts. A green lantern yeah. accompanied by a wanted criminal who was yeah. a scared girl. What yeah. is it? What are you going to do? You didn't bring the Green Lantern Corps with you. I'm, I'm yeah. Scott Free, baby. Call like, me Mr. Really? Miracle. Yeah, call me Mr. Miracle. What are you going to do? Get anxious on me, baby? He's, he's <laughs> throwing so is, much shade at them. And I thought... Leading up to this point where they're going to try to have uh, intergalactic fat Tony incriminate himself, the whole idea where, you know, they fought this one c criminal to get the idea of where this is, but 
Simon Baz is like, I'm going to power down for a while. So how Jordan doesn't detect me using a lot of energy like he did here. So we have a powered down Simon Baz. Yeah. And it is a very forced way to have this well, forced tension where is, yeah. Fat Tony's guards come in and start yep. beating them Fat up. Fat Tony's guards are there. Until he's not. No, and, and uh, the other thing is I learned now that actually the only two people that wear Hawaiian shirts are big fat party animals and intergalactic gangsters, Eric. Yeah. That's now changed. Uh, the thing that I thought was – Jessica has nothing, and she is roundhouse kicking that, oh, people. Oh, you got Brigitte. I mean, she is Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh, she is now in blood sport, and she is kicking the shit of them. If, if he's, they're all the guy who's breaking the fucking coconuts in the tree. They're going, to, they're going to town on these guys, and at one point she is – and then basically it's tried to play off as they don't realize that, that I was trained – by uh, Guy Gardner, and I kicked his ass. No, that you were a lantern at that point. You were just a lady in a sweatshirt and pants. I like the look, but yeah. really, roundhouse kicks. At one point, she even does like almost like the nose push with a with a hand. I mean, she wow. is part of the Wu Tang Clan as she's going here, and it's crazy. And then they just shock them, so it doesn't matter. And this is where, like I said, it all leads to him throwing the deal, which I like. He's like, you came depowered. You got a ship. You can't even fly. You got this. I see her on all the vids. We have all this. You're not here to do anything. You can't. You didn't come down with the Green Lantern Corps. And then Hal does show up, but he's pissed, and he's after them as well. They And you don't even get the resolution. It's just a weird idea because, you know, we, we found out earlier that there was this device that this, you know, intergalactic fat Tony has created to create this murderous yeah. rage. Yep. And then, uh, then they, they turn it into a gun for those crooked cops. Yeah. And Jessica Cruz got shot when I was supposed to get yeah. shot because he was trying to set me up. But then he just walks away. He runs away. And then a murderous rage of people come <laughs> after Hal Jordan. I was actually happens, so he confused at this point. this guy's house and go and get one of these devices and I turn swear, it on? I swear to God. You know what I thought was happening? Because they, they had already said – Aaron Gillespie, there's a lot of talking. He already set up that this guy – Plays a lot of infomercials on intergalactic vids. Yeah. I thought because I didn't even like, oh, it makes sense. It's this hate thing that he has. The guy, I actually thought that he went in, made a video really quick about like a free buffet and these people were stampeding. I thought it was just a delay tactic or whatever. I'm, Why are they still? Oh, it's the device that now they just grab and remind yeah, you. Oh, it's the device. A, a, a campo doing this is better than what I initially thought because I thought for some reason that yeah, you see these, this pot, this, Group of people running at you with a murderous yeah. rage. I thought for some reason Intergalactic Fat Tony just went and completely incriminated himself now that Hal Jordan's there. Yeah. Like, Why would you do that? Well, I don't know yeah. which one is worse because you just have a campo run off, get a device, here – here it is. And he smashes it, though. And, and that's my, my whole deal with this, though, that by the end, it's one of those where you're almost going with the, you know, there's the story that the one guy is jaywalking and the other guy down the road, he's murdered 18 people, but you got the, the goods on the jaywalker there and take him in and like, we did it. Th this planetary thing where even there's uh, trafficking of people and aliens, yeah. they even point out to the guy. Seems like it's like, eh, <laughs> you know. So you're telling me it's like catching fucking um, I can't Al Capone on tax evasion. Yeah, but even that, it, it's a weird deal. That by the end, I don't even think that any of this is gonna stick. He's the, the big fat Tony, intergalactic fat Tony, even said to them, "It's gonna take years." I have hidden all this. It ends up just being 
Hey there, Jessica and Simon. You know, I shouldn't have sent Simon to get his partner. Oh, well, I guess you live and learn, don't you? Here's your ring. Uh, skedaddle. Hey, get out of here before I change my mind. <laughs> and then you have that, and they go off. And I'm like, what about Big Fat Tony? And, and what's going on? And how how is going to take care of him? I don't know. I, I'm telling you because he even says to them when he gets there, "You got nothing on Big Fat Tony intergalactic deal." You know, put him down gently. I think that he just turns the the other way and just goes. Oh, he's home. like this. This is how Jordan requesting to send a crew to the resort planet in Sector ASAP. We need to shed a green light on something. Yeah, they're going to do that. Here. But the best is, is that guy's already. And I think that Big Fat Intergalactic Tony. He's a smart guy. He's already almost said that basically the things that I have done are going to take you a century with the whole core looking into. So good luck. You know, yeah. but he says you have you two. It's going to take multiple people, multiple years. He's just going to get out of there. He's going to get out on a, you know, he has a lot of high powered lawyers. He owns a intergalactic technique. Also, yeah. And he, yeah. Planetary immunity. Universal immunity. <laughs> yeah, he owns a planet and he's on his planet doing a couple things. planets. He's got free. Nothing's gonna happen with this. And really, it doesn't matter because we'll never see this guy again. This was all just the setup. Yeah, oh, we'll, yeah. we'll see how it goes from here. Yeah. It's just I I do like him in that Hawaiian shirt though. I'm sure if I was told it's probably like a Jingo Glackum shirt that's from some other Hawaiian planet fucking thing. It won't words. be well, it won't be a Hawaiian shirt. He's an alien. How do you know he didn't go to Earth and get it? He does not look like he would do well in the sun. I that's what I'm saying. He's blue, Eric. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what blue would do. Uh, but yeah, uh, he needed the money. Uh, what uh, ah. What did you give it? I gave this issue a 5.5 out of 10. That's mostly for the beginning and the end of this book where I like the character and interaction between Simon and Jessica and then Simon, Jessica, and Hal. The majority of the exposition to get us to our story in the middle was nonsense. And yeah. the thing that really put my score up to that 5.5 was the art, which I really love. But really – this once you found out the mystery, it was a lot of nothing. And I'm telling you, it was not even interesting what you discovered. Yeah. Oh, I was hit by a beam of murder that made me forget things yeah. too. I don't give a fuck. Shut up. Yeah. And like I said, then it's like, well, we get back to the you, character moment. We needed you for that other thing. Oh yeah. my goodness. And then you're kind of like, okay, so I'm just waiting for issue 50 next. As Stan Jerkins first, he gets the oversized anniversary. We'll see what he's got. This is what we've been saying. We've been waiting for all these books to get to actual creative hopefully, teams that are going to continue a little bit. And uh, Hopefully we'll Dan Jurgens' Green Lanterns is more like Dan Jurgens' Action Comics and not Dan Jurgens' Batman Beyond. Batman Beyond. I'm with you. I'm with I don't you. need that. I don't either, but we'll see. What'd you we'll, give this issue? I give it a 5.2. I'm going to go, I'll go 5.5. I'll be positive with you. What Didn't you like do? it, but the art's good enough. I said yeah. it, it, it was a little off with uh, Fat Tony, but really with, without that... Uh, it was pretty good overall, so we'll see how it's going. I'm being positive with that 5.5. We're going to go off now. Be even more positive with the males. Yo, it's mail call. It's mail with Jim. Hallelujah, it's mail with Jim. Oh, yeah, it's mail with Jim. Hallelujah, it's mail with Jim. Amen, it's mail with Jim. Hallelujah, it's mail with Jim.
is indeed Mail with Jim this week because Eric is not here. So I'm going to be doing the mail sections all by my lonesome. And we're going to start, oh, before we start, I'll tell everybody, if you want to get involved in the mail sections that we're going to have three of tonight, you can email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com, and then you'll be the star. You'll be the star. You won't disappear like Eric Shea or Reggie. You'll be the star like Robert Falco is the first one. Robert says, hey, love your show. Bring the bat smashing back to the main podcast. There are a lot more of us out there that can't stand all the shitting Tom King has done on this Batman. And turning the bat into the cuck. Fucking praying with the Joker to be saved by the cat. Kiss my ass. CIA propaganda BS. Love you guys. Love Robert. Thank you, Robert. And yeah, uh, Batman again this week will be on the Patreon only. If you want to go over, I mean, this is kind of going to sound like a commercial, but yeah, it's at one of the lower levels. It's at $5 for the month. You can get all the Batman, all the spotlights, all at probably about 15 shows at that level. Uh, I think it's worth it, but hey. I'm not everybody, uh, but if you go over and just want to listen to the two this month, you can go over. You still have seven or so days before you would get uh, charged, so you can use it as that, as a free little peek. Check it out, and then decide if it's worth uh, sticking around for. Uh, I don't know when the Batman will be on the regular podcast. The whole deal is to reevaluate it after the wedding. And see what's going on there. Now, in the meantime, this week's Batman uh, on the podcast, on the Patreon, the Spotlight deal, uh, actually was over four hours long because it was a review of this current number 49. But also I went back and grabbed a bunch of reviews that I thought would be fun to go back and listen to, to see such as Batman number five. That when I reviewed it, I gave it a 10 out of 10. One of my favorite issues of Rebirth at that point, probably still. It's when Gotham died, Gotham Girl was upset. Uh, But then also, then uh, flash forward to the Batman 23, Brave in the Mold. And that's where I started losing my mind completely. Because I saw that issue of having a lot of cracks, a lot of plot holes, a lot of unnecessary nonsense there. And with that, everybody else gave it a 10 out of 10. I did not. And I screamed and yelled about it. Then we also have Batman number 25, the beginning of the jokes and riddles, where again, I thought the setup and the reality that Tom King was writing in was off. He didn't kind of look at the overall scope of what he's doing and see if things fit into the reality of his, uh, of his issue. Uh, kind of like how I say uh, last Batman and this one, 48 and 49, the idea that the Joker has blown up a church and shot a bunch of people, gunshots, and for this later, 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 where you see Selena and Joker talking, where was the GCPD? Why didn't the police show up, especially an explosion? An explosion in a church may bring some authorities, but yet they're not there because that would interrupt the monologuing going on in the issue. And again, this is some of the things that I've been yelling about now for over 25 issues of the setups and the things that are basically just set up so that the story continues in a forced way. In that first issue of Jokes and Riddles, there was a bit where the Joker shoots somebody on the street 
two feet from a police officer who doesn't react to the gunshot. Uh, you have a lot of other things like that, but yeah, I lose my mind in there. And then the last one is the ending of the Batman uh, arc, the uh, Rules of Engagement. And I wish I could remember which issue that was, but that was when they left Kadeem and me and Eric were screaming and yelling because they went there to get Holly, never left with her, and also the fact that we were told ad nauseum in the first issue of that arc why they could not enter because if they entered Kadim, they would be arrested when they leave Kadim. The UN was going to swoop in and grab them, and then they just left and walked away. Not, and not even to mention that Batman was pretty much on uh, death's door and then went through the desert on a horse with no name for 12 hours, they said. So nonsense. Just complete and utter nonsense. So if you want to go and listen to that, like I said, it's a four-hour deal uh, with a bunch of reviews from the past and the one from this week. But yeah, eventually Batman will be back on the podcast, but we'll see. We shall see. Craig is next. Craig says, Dear Eric. Remember the old days when Jim was hell-bent on doing a podcast? A podcast his way? What happened to that, Jim, Eric? This new Jim is uh, just a giant jerk. People don't like this. People don't like that. We won't do it. The James Warner I know, I uh, if taking flack for Batman wouldn't buckle, instead of a 45-minute review, he'd do an hour-and-a-half review. Get him back on track, Eric. And he says that. I always have changed the podcast. I have gone and changed stuff over and over, even things that you would never even know of that I changed because one person has given me flack for it. But again, this leads back to the whole Batman deal. It is available, but if you want it on the regular podcast, it will return eventually. Having said all that, it's pretty clear a lot of the books are pretty crappy at the minute. I have nothing at all from DC on my pull list at the minute, so I suggest a slight tweak to the show. Bring back Flash reviews and just burn through the worst of the worst books in a minute or two and use the time for an interlude segment so you can have a laugh. I'm saying Ginger Dead Man versus Evil Bong or something equally stupid from the dusty corners of previews. And a question for Jim if I ask. Uh, uh, <laughs> Ginger Dead Man versus Evil Bong would be the worst. Uh, that's cellar dweller stuff on the, the Patreon. And a question for Jim. Uh, Krull or Beastmaster? I say Krull. I'm not a big Beastmaster fan. I'll tell you, I think Beastmaster is probably the better movie. Uh, but I enjoyed Krull. And at that point, I was kind of in the sci-fi thing. I saw Krull twice at the theater. Yours, Craig. And thank you, Craig. And the next is Monty. And Monty says, hello, Jim, Eric, and everyone of the Get Fresh crew. Ding sound. Ding sound. Lebron James. Lebron James. Poop. Poop, poop, poop is what I was trying to find. I've decided it's about time for my annual mail, considering everything going down at DC right now. I finally picked up some books after dropping everything on my pull list sometime last year. I'm a big fan of the Hawkman and Plastic Man number ones. Justice League is good, not great, but I hate it metal and thought no justice was hot garbage. Also, fuck Bendis and his fucking Superman story. I think that's all the newer titles. As for the rest, I'll wait till we have the creative team changes or the stories miraculously get better. And that creative team change thing, that's what I'm waiting for. And I still, I got mad this morning on the news podcast that I do on the Patreon to saying basically everything DC does, you always have to have these two issue arcs before because nothing's ever planned out right. So all these times, oh, all excitement. Dan Jurgens is going to be on Green Lanterns. All right. Hey, while you wait with that all right, you're going to get a two-issue arc by Aaron Gillespie. There you go. You keep doing this. Why? Wait till wait until you, you get the guy ready and have an issue in hand before you get rid of, say, Tim Seeley, who was kicked off that Green Lanterns book and didn't even know it. 
Till then, I'll let you guys sort the sludge to find a glimmer of something resembling a passable story. Well, back to shit-slinging for me. Jim, the solicits podcast is great. Eric, tell the cellar dweller to get off his ass and give us more horror movie stuff. And I've been yelling at that cellar dweller for a couple weeks now. He better get off his ass. You are correct. And that is from Monty. And that is the end of the first mail section. And with that, we're going to go off to some more books, this time with me, Eric, and Reggie. Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. We'll find out if he thinks the books are good or bad or just okay. Now's the time to hear reviews and Listen to what Jim will say. We're waiting to hear all Jim's scores. We don't want to hear Eric Shea. All right, we don't want to hear Eric Shea, but we'll hear Shea Red down. Jay. <laughs> Red Jay is here. I want to hear Eric Shea. I do too. Yeah. I want to hear everything that one Eric Shea has to say. Uh, we're here with Reggie. Reggie, you have three books with us, uh, uh, and then we're going to go to a break, and you're going to be able to do your young animal nonsense. What is it, Cape woo! Carson? Is that what it is? It is. It okay. is Cape Carson. It's not really nonsense. I number four. Yeah, and really, of, I, of, six. of six. I say nonsense, but really, what isn't nonsense nowadays? And <laughs> maybe I'm hoping <laughs> that you uh, and Chris like. Cave Carson a little more than I'm going to like uh, your books tonight. I have a feeling we did, and we okay. didn't love it either, but no, uh, well, we liked it. That, there you go. Uh, but uh, here's the thing, though. you have We have three books with you. Now, two of these books are fairly big books. The first one that we're talking about, Man of Steel, that's one of the bigger ones going. Uh, and if you're keeping score at home, I really do see at least – as we go on, especially with me and Eric, that each issue, it's kind of going down the ladder a little. And and that upsets me. I, it's it's not just the idea that I don't like how Brian Michael Bendis is doing this story. It just seems to be losing some momentum from the first issue to what we get here, to the point where I think that me and you, and Eric probably too, but I think I saw even in your review, Reggie, and some things you were talking to people, that you would say that, you know, you can tell that this is just a place. This is just here to yeah. get us going and to see how, you know, this is this should be almost like the Brian Michael Bendis casting couch, if you will. And uh, I just am not enjoying this. I really am not. And it's one of the first books that I'll read. Well, I mean, you know, it's taken four issues for the out of six for the big reveal of, you know, who came and collected you know, where basically John and Lois went, yeah. which we don't exactly know. But it's taken. We literally watched a spaceship. Or whatever, a time ship or a dimension ship. Yeah, whatever open it is, yeah. We don't issues. know. That's the, you know the biggest problem. I'm telling you, the last time we saw Mr. Oz, like, you know, show, he was pulled into something, like a time stream, teleported away, whatever you want to call it. And it looked like a Manhattan. It looked like a Manhattan energy crackle. But we that he knew went nothing with, no. about the character, really. We, know, we knew nothing of where it was. Now he shows up in a scarab freaking ship yeah. and says, yeah. I need the boy. And we still know nothing. And the thing is, the, the reactions from the family just really threw yeah, me off. Even Superman, for the thing, he went back in time, almost fucked up time himself to find out if this was really his father. Now he knows no reaction from yeah, him at all. And yeah, even before that, he would have at all, least all known. All I mean the is, deal. though, it, it just tells us that that's, you know, obviously that's where Lois and John. Yeah, and when yeah, we get uh, there. That's been the question. And yeah. even though we don't know exactly where they've gone, I, we have to assume Jor-El took them somewhere or. 
something. Yeah, we'll assume. We'll see. We'll see something. The problem is with the pacing of this miniseries, and I don't think we're going to get that much of it. We're going to get, like, I'm going to take them to here. We'll we'll get into it when we get to that part. Uh, Actually, I'll just do your blurb now, Reggie, and then we'll we'll get right right into it and talk about that. It is Man of Steel number four by Brian Michael Bendis, Kevin McGuire, and Jason Faddock, and Alex Sinclair. In a world torn asunder by an unstoppable assassin from outer space, one man will confront his would-be killer and give it everything he's got to stop the madness. And what he's got is a nice conversation. Yes. My enemy, my coffee clutch coming this summer, rated G. Boom. Rated uh, rated B at points for boring for me. Uh, it Ooh, is way over the... Uh, this is where... The kids, the kids are going to oh, love yeah. it. Oh, yeah. They'll love it. The, the thing about this is if you have been one of those who were worried about things that you had heard about Brian Michael Bendis and his over-dialogue and his over-narration, uh, it's come to roost. In this issue, uh, you see yeah. panels where more, more of the narration of Clark at points where it just covers the entire deal. And with this, the actual basic story is that you have Rogozar, who is pretty much an unstoppable beast. Superman's trying to figure out how to stop him. And then in the meantime, we find out that Jarrell comes and gets Lois and John, at least how we see it there. There's not much else to this. There really isn't. You have Hal show up. And also, Rogozar knew Jarrell. And yeah. I get the impression he's, he's Kryptonian or something like it. It's you know? weird because he's we, affected we, by. We, uh, we have pretty much most of this information, though, from that DC Nation number yeah. zero, where he talked about, you know, I promised Jarrell that. I would end this to like I did Krypton, you know, kind of thing. So you yeah. had that connection back then. Now we finally caught up to what we had months ago, and or actually last month. But like, we didn't get anything. No, you don't really get anything new. This whole issue, except for the reveal, like you know, instead of Jarrell, Mister Oz being the one who shows up, and even that, but with it taking this long to show us that who that is. I'm starting to think that he didn't even take him. I'm thinking that Clark doesn't want him to take Maybe. him. And Clark put Lois and John in the Phantom Zone or something messed up like that. And mm. that's what he feels so bad well, about this whole time because the lengths he would go to protect his family from his yeah, father. Yeah, well, the thing that, is – That might yeah. be the switcheroo. Well, the thing right? is, like I said, my, my whole guess – originally my guess was Jarrell. And I said it had to be somewhere – and you, like you said, the Phantom Zone, whatever it would be. It has to be somewhere where he is okay with them being there but is kind of upset at having to do that, whatever – uh, with that, though, uh, when do you think this is? When do you think Jarrell has shown up? Because I think that the whole deal is Jarrell shows up. Oh, my God, you got to let me take them. And then Rogozar shows up. And, you know, I'm going to get all these Kryptonians. Oh, you have a son here. What's going on or whatever? And I think that you're, you are going to get that kind of a combo of like, what the hell have you done, Dad? You know, if you knew this guy was coming, whatever. It's just weird because you get this narration with, with Clark. And even with this whole issue... You have Hal show up, and Hal shows up for no other reason except, again, it seems like a tryout by Brian McAmenus. Look at this. I know these characters, too. His house uh-huh. is his house just and as also, bad he, as Batman. He triggers, he triggers a lowest question. Yeah. There's always someone triggers yeah. the lowest question so we can see And he even says, where's your son? That, uh, thing so opening. you have that, too, but... He, he does Hal's just as bad as Batman. He cannot write any of these other characters. Now, in the meantime, you can say he writes Kara okay. She doesn't 
really say much. So how are you going to get it? Yeah, Candor, she says. But even like weird things <laughs> that this narration, just the actual like how it flows is off to me. Like you have this whole deal where I, I, I even said it to Eric today at work because I had read this already. And I said to him, like, there's the point where you have uh, Brian Michael Bendis. Again, he wants to tie in all of the, you know, the DCU. So he says, oh, you know what? I was talking to Cyborg one time. And Cyborg says when an alien comes down, you know, they're they're counting on you to be brash and to get upset and go right into the thing. I'm like, really, Cyborg had to tell you that? You have been fighting aliens before Cyborg was even anything. And that's the advice you had to from Cyborg. I thought that was very forced in. Still, though, the connectivity is one of the main things that I feel is missing. Yeah, from it a lot may of be, but you have to you know, do it right. And when Hal shows up, he's terrible. I, I know Batman last issue, horrible. So I don't need yeah, this connectivity. Well and you know where you get the connectivity? Where you always get it: Justice League, the team books, and then at one point, Bendis even has his name on a car. Whatever. Uh, but yeah, the, just the dialogue flow because just this one thing, like right away, one of the first things. I don't even know his name. My cousin Kara's nothing but blind rage. She's right, but suddenly remember something. What? 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 What are you talking about? Like I'm telling you, this dialogue does not flow at points. Smart, it, it, yeah, fast. It's his power source. It has just, to be. It has to be coming from his yeah. staff. Okay, let's play yeah, Batman. At one point, he's like, you know, I'm going to play Batman. Obvious alien tech, alien garb, alien textiles. He knows a lot more about me than I about him. He defies the laws of physics, and he certainly does hate what I see or he sees. I see his weakness. The sun, the Earth's yellow sun. I'm like, that's his weakness? Okay, that's opposite of what yours. And then he said, that's what powers him. Uh, what's going on? You just were going around. I thought the staff now, powered him. Yeah, and, and, like, oh, and, and the staff is powered yeah, by the yellow sun. But that's the thing. He I then says, so. the, if the Earth's sun is boosting him to this power level, he doesn't even yeah. say the staff. So I'm really, uh, he's not fully prepared. I live here. I'm very used to it. Uh, really, uh, because you're getting your ass kicked, Superman. And if he's not used to it, you better not let him get used to it, because then he's going to kick your ass sevenfold, and there's nonsense. I, I just like to think. The slobber knocker, you know, rope uh, and dump, I'm baby, telling you, you this know whole issue is was just him I, I just bitching like and moaning. This, this, whole big, this whole big fight, though, it's like, that's it. The sun, his weakness. He just picks up Rogel's yeah, arm and throws, throws him in the, the sun. sun. But it did, just done. the transition of it, I see his weakness, the sun, the Earth's yellow sun. I'm like, okay, that's a kind of a cool thing where Superman, his power comes from that, yet that's his weakness. And then he's like, if the Earth's sun is boosting him to this power level. And so it's not his weakness. And then you have just out of nowhere, Jimmy's on the roof. Hey, I'm going to take some pictures. You, you know, and you have Perry come up. Hey, uh, you get that kid. Is that Superman? And then what's her name? I always forget her name uh, that came from uh, – uh, Freaking Seattle. Uh, the lady. Yeah, Robin she comes Seattle. up. Is oh, this yeah. Jimmy Olsen? I thought he was the coffee boy. He also takes pictures. Let's move on. And like, why? Why did you even have this scene? Yes. And she don't come from Seattle. She comes yeah, from Star, Star City, City because he's wrong. And I only can imagine <laughs> that these pictures are going to. I don't know how this ties in. And, oh, I saw that. And then they go. And I'm like, why did you even stop there? What is going on here? And then it's just as this goes on, you just have, you know, Superman keep remembering, Clark, are you okay? Get behind me, Lois. Dad? Dad? 
And I'm like, really? I, I'm yeah, just, what I, is I'm, that? I'm done. This is four issues in, and I am done. And I'll, I'll check out Action Comics and Superman. This is nonsense. It is utter nonsense. And this dialogue gets worse and worse as it goes on. Because then you have to have Hal show up. Hi there, ladies. What's going on? I see the city's destroyed. Yep, everything's destroyed. But did you see those red shorts? I certainly did. Uh, well, go, go to hell. I'm telling you, you tell us about the rest, Reggie. He's telling you, I'm done. Uh, this is just nonsense. This is away from, hey, uh, he's really showing me he knows Superman. He is showing me that he can infuriate me and bore the hell out of me. Is that's what? That's what? Is that the goal of this? Because he's working. Freaking, you know, case closed. <sighs> Go with it, Reggie. Tell me what you think, because you liked it more. I, I, I thought, I thought no. we were done. I feel like it didn't no, we go through the whole No, because we shit? still have to get where you have freaking, you know, Superman seeing that. And what happened? That freaking Jarrell shows up, and he goes, and I understand that they probably said to Brian Michael Bendis, listen, you got to kind of get everybody up to speed. A lot of people are going to jump on this book who haven't read any Superman because of you. You know, you're the big draw here. So when they show up, you're going to have to work in a way that you really spell out it's Jarrell and that, you know, whatever. Lois acts like she's never met him, which that's not the case. Yeah. She, she talked to him before, uh, you know, for a while. John, who then... Yeah. Which uh, boy? Yeah, this boy? Yeah. Me boy? I'm telling you, like it's ping pong dialogue going. Oh, God. And, that the dialogue at this point it got so infuriating. I'm like, what yeah. are you playing? Because it almost gets to the point of Tom King kind it of has dialogue with what yeah, they're and doing with here. That. Hello, yeah. Cal, Lois, young John. I am Jarrell. I am Cal's father, and I wanted them to sit there and go, you, you lose your goddamn yeah. mind. We already hung out with you. We've done this. He actually left with John at points. You were about to take yeah. my son away to a superhero, superhero planet. planet. Is where he was going to go to, and then you have John where it works in. I forget. Do I call him Grandpa? You get hit in the head, too, because this was probably a month ago. Yeah, you call him Grandpa. What, what do you mean? You already did. You did already. Oh, my God. And then he's like, I am here to take the boy. Which boy? Now Superman got hit in the head. They're all retarded. <laughs> Which boy? That boy. What boy? That boy. Oh, boy. And that's how it ends. It, it, it might as well have Curly there. And they walk off and then fuck. Doink. I don't know what's going on in this. And so it's just, to me, it's whatever. And, and it's just, it's Superman just trying to figure out, like, okay, this Rogozar, is he telling the truth? He said something about my dad, whatever. Okay, I'm going to go off. Uh, Supergirl just flies off. She's like, you know, Candor, Candor. She flies off. Where's she going? She's going to find him. He goes to the, the off to the Fortress of Solitude, and they act as if they're buddies. Rogozar and Clark are there. Yeah. It's like, hey, didn't expect you to come back so soon. Yeah, I know. What's that? About? This whole scene is just like, what is this? I actually, did you not on? read it at one point and think possibly Superman was talking to himself and didn't realize Rogozar was there or he kind of was and wasn't? And this was him like, you know, I was going to call someone. But you broke almost like him saying you broke the only way I can talking about Rogozar. And then they just start talking together. Like, what's going on? And the thing is, too, with the whole thing that he's looking at, it seems to be like a crystal from the crystal yeah. font, which actually does point to the idea that Jarrell does have his yeah, family. Yeah, yeah, and he says it's broken. He wants to reason. get a hold of mm -hmm. them just to make sure they're okay, I guess. But even then, 
uh, uh, super, or just maybe get the idea about you know this whole his father yeah. and the connection but, with but this again, Rogal Sars there, and you show up, you hear him. Why did you come here? Back here, and Superman's pissed, and then he tells him, I was just going to call somebody. Well, obviously, you're going to call another Kryptonian. You're going to call something. You know, why, why show your hand there? And then Rogo says, I'm trying to warn a Kryptonian. And then out of nowhere, he's like, yeah, you know, I was going to do this or whatever. Do you have children? Have you procreated with these soft earth creatures? I'm like, that is a weird question to just throw out there. And then we get a solar flare. Which seems to blow up the whole Fortress of Solitude. Now, like we got now, too much now, for must be now Superman we got solar flare, which that is not. Uh, well, I guess it's a combined power of that that he picked up from the other. I, I was hoping it just kind of went away and, after Superman. Yeah, and reborn. again, if that's if that's yeah, what nah. it is, obviously when this clears, uh, you will have. It would have been a, funny if, yeah. if uh, while Rokel Czar was talking to Clark, if he turned around, and he was like, "Oh shit, I thought you were." That's Martian what I'm telling you, or something. Told. He turns around, he's like, "Oh crap." <laughs> Uh, I, I thought oh, you were man, Batman. You were <laughs> Such a weird conversation. After all of it this is, fighting is. and all these things, like at this point. It, it's it's the kind of thing you might expect between like two age-old yes. enemies, like, you know, Sherlock Holmes and uh, Moriarty. Name? That's uh, what it is. Moriarty. It would Moriarty, even be, you know, the, at, the, yeah. at the very end, they have a conversation. They've been they've been dueling for yes. decades. This They're is, almost again, like lovers at this, that point. They just yeah. met each other. It, it's like, like Professor X and Magneto. If they're sitting there talking, yeah, playing like, chess. You yeah, that. you're like, oh, you're before. still going on about your stuff? Yeah, you know I'm right, Charles. Yeah, yeah I don't think so. Whatever. But they do <laughs> that, and at this point, Supergirl flies off, and then he goes off. How does he even not know that Rogozar has not already killed Kara? He's already done all this. It's almost like he's given up? I, I don't know. Because in between right. that, you... Frankly, he should be wondering why yeah, he isn't there. Yeah. Also, I don't really and I mean, leading to that, you did have that part where, you know, he goes off, Rogozar disappears, Hal's like, I'll scan, Superman's like, you're not going to find him, he's hidden, he has this tech, and you have all these people with their sing-song dialogue, like, thanks there, Superman, why are you thinking him? I like Superman. And then they go, and that's where Kara goes off. But with that, you, you just have them standing there in solar flare, I'm like, I don't get it. I, I really don't. And the whole idea of, you know, Lois and John seeming surprised at, uh, you know, Jarrell or something. I mean, if you're going to do anything, have that, oh, my God, Grandpa, you're back. Dad told me that he didn't know what happened to you. Something like that. At least get and, – and that Lois, I should have known you were his father. He, uh, you know, he never knocks either. And it's like somebody told Brian Michael Bendis, listen, like Brian Michael Bendis had no time to research. So what's this with Jarrell? Well, he was Mr. Oz and they weren't sure if it was Jarrell. So when he gets here, it's almost like he thinks he is introducing it as finally I can tell you I'm Jarrell. But we already know that. We've already dealt with that. And it's – Maybe maybe they were – so embarrassed by the maybe, reality of it, they just maybe didn't tell them even the whole story. and, and just they were yeah. Like, oh yeah, he's a he's a big. Oh yeah, That's I'm just telling you, it just seems now. like something was off. And with that, I I will go a little art wise where uh, you have seen him, and really, you're gonna give us the red herring of a completely bald guy, and then when it's revealed, he has that hair that he's supposed to hair. That's not how that silhouette would be. Uh, that's bullshit. Yeah. So get out of town. Uh, but yeah, there you go. Mm, whatever. <laughs> you like the art though, Reggie, right? I actually like it enough. I, I was very glad to see Kevin McGuire back. It's been a long time. This uh, he's doing this. Style. I don't know if the colorist is doing the shading yeah. style, where it's sort of taking the. Uh, you know, the, the, the thatching that would normally be done in black ink and kind of making it a softer color. I think it works really well. I agree that Hal Jordan does not look like Hal Jordan. No, but he looks a little off. It's, 
it's still a nice picture. Yeah, I, I don't know? mind and, it. The, uh, it's the most well, the problem I have. Yeah, like the problem I have is just some of the panels are a little too close up. You're in the middle of this action, and all of a sudden you're just getting a panel of Superman three in a row, like you just see him, or that one point where Rogozar shoots off his staff. And it's a very compu- uh, confusing bit of art that I was like, it looked like I'm like, are there people below him? And then I realized, oh, no, that's a building shattering by it. And some of the things were off yeah, for me. The, the perspectives yeah, got, they a got a little weird in the, in the early part. Uh, but I, I did think it was okay for a slobber knock. Yeah. You know what really killed that whole beginning part is the fucking yeah, catch. Yeah, they, were, yeah, I mean, they covered just, everything. To me, the dialogue, it's, it wasn't so much that it was bad, although a lot of it was bad. But there was just too much yeah. of it. I mean, it, it just... It, and to say very yeah. little, you know what I mean? Like, well, you're not really getting anywhere he, with it. They, there's a little bit of insight into the character that can be revealed through, you know, internal yeah. captions. But uh, this, you know, what you were talking about, the nonsense with, like, you know, the sun is powering the yeah, staff. Yeah, is it that? Is, is, is it that? Is, is me. It's like, what is that? That's like, that, that was three yeah. pages of, of yeah, and essentially it's, nothing's nonsense. Nothing's happening so, in this whole six uh, issues so that, far. That, that. I mean, this, this is like what I, you know, what I wrote and what we're saying is these are the kind of things that make me believe this is clearly meant to be a placeholder. Yeah. They've already got the hardcover solicited for the fall. This is all this is. And I think it's going to be a somewhat, it's going to be a bridge, but it will be also probably a story you can read somewhat yeah. on its own, you know, and uh, as long as you let certain threads loose, you know what I mean? If you don't care about wrapping yeah. every other right up. But, uh, you know, this is, this is a boutique project. And uh, I would definitely say that if you are, Planning on reading Superman, you get a month off, and there's really no reason, to, I think, to read this. Uh, it, it, unless you want to see the tryout. You well, yeah, that's all it is. You want to, or, or you come for the Maguire. Yeah, with that, but with that's what scares me. This is you're going from this to two books, and it scares me that some people are using this as a tryout, saying, "Okay, I heard this about Bendis. I heard that about him. Uh, I'm going to see what it's all about and read this." And to me, uh, one of the the things that infuriates me is what Eric said. Is this is kind of like you know old school Tom King here because Tom King's kind of gotten away from himself. Now we have it back again yeah. where Brian Michael Bendis, he is also I mean he is in the style of dialogue that I say like a Keith Giffen, uh, like anybody who needs to have dialogue where they think it's natural, but the natural version of dialogue is hey I'm going to town to town yeah to town why to town because that's where I go to town oh yeah town. You don't need this. All you need to do when you're doing this, write the dialogue of what the person's doing or saying or go and go with it. The other people do not have to act, in your mind, natural to that. If if Superman says, hey, Kara, let's get going. Going where? Well, I'm not really sure. Well, why don't you decide? Okay, let's go to the you've, – you've gone too far. You, you don't need this, and this is what it's he very, does. It's a very Gilmore It is. Well, that's what I say about Keith Giffen, you know, too. It's filling up yeah, space. Yeah, it's this yeah, sing-song deal, There's and no I, I really it, yeah. think that he thinks that that's an, – and it is. It's a natural – it's more of a natural deal. Unfortunately, it doesn't work when you're reading something that's 20-some pages, and you're, you're going through, and there's art, and you're doing all this. You don't need that stuff. You don't need this repeat yeah. and sing-song nonsense. It's it's just too it is just too much. I mean, I'm I'm actually I'm looking at one page that I like a lot. Otherwise, uh, in very early on when he's like flying towards Rogelzar with a punch and realizing at that point 
for some reason now, like, oh, he brought me to Metropolis yeah. to break it down. Like, dude, do you fight in Metropolis every day? It's, it's what funny. It's like, we got to get, get, get out of here. Oh, shit, I've endangering yeah. people. Like, what the he hell? He never about, gets uh, out. He's flying, and there's, like, there's like captions all yeah. up his arm, like fucking oh, armor. That's, that's ridiculous. His, that's you know, it's just that's too much. one of his new superpowers. Uh, overwritten, I think, would be, I would definitely say, would be the biggest What did you give it? Did you give it a score yet? Just no, I, I gave it. I gave it. I thought it was a good score, but to be honest, I, I gave it a full point, even just for Kevin yeah, McGuire. Like, I gave it a seven uh, out of ten. I will say, uh, I, I still didn't yeah. hate this. I mean, I, 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 I just want to say though that I do sort of feel like it is a ripoff. If you're waiting, it's 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 two things, you know. If you are a Superman fan, you want to read this regular Superman title. I would just take this month I and a half chill. off. You know, just and like that's why. You got a freebie. <laughs> but if you're excited for Bendis coming to DC, obviously you, you're going to want to yeah. see this. And and I don't. You know, it's not perfect, but yeah. You know, it's it's not giving me douche oh, chills isn't it? like a Steve well, Orlando. It isn't, you know? but not that at least I, I I don't know. You know why? Fuck you, five. <laughs> that's what I give it. I've had Boom. enough. I've had enough. If I was buying these, if we weren't reviewing them, I was buying these, and I had Action Comics and Superman oh, on my my pull list, I would say, number one, nonsense this. Get this off. I'm not paying for this garbage anymore. Give me the first issue of both Superman and Action Comics, and if that one issue, not three now, I'm not giving you the three because I've given you four here. If that first issue of both of those doesn't hit me where it, where it hurts, I'm out. And you're done, and you can have your Superman books, and I'm Stick done. four bucks an issue. I, I would have Yeah, well, this is the problem the series, is, so one really... of my main problems here is that you then are going off to Action Comics and Superman, where you had Jurgens and Tomasi. The problem is, you've now put all your eggs on one guy. If I don't like Brian Michael Bendis, I'm out. I don't have a Superman book, and right now I don't like him. And his, his head kind of looks like yeah, a Yeah, I don't know you now. It looks like a potato that's been sitting on the counter for like five <laughs> days. He, look, he looks like Bazooka uh, Joe. Bazooka in, Joe, in, in, he uh, looks like the actual gum. Uh, I mean, he looks or the terrible. Yeah. Uh, well, who's that, Eric? The guy with the, with the turtleneck? <laughs> he, the guy <laughs> with the turtleneck? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Joe you know, that guy, I know who you're talking about. Uh, I, I, I know you're talking about. No, he, he looks like a, an old potato that's been sitting out and it's kind of getting deformed and stuff. He really looks like he should take some time off and maybe get some. You know, he looks like he looks like Wooly Willy without any fucking beard <laughs> I, on. I'm telling you. You know, the Wooly Willy, the magnetic. You got that. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen, like, actual <laughs> pictures of him lately and not just press yeah, it? Yeah. Oh, he looks like he's. Oh, my God. I mean, really. He's, he's, sta- he's standing with the rest of the writers. Oh, yeah, he's standing with them. Like if you look close, the Grim Reaper's behind him. He's ready to take him. He's yeah. gonna, he goes, he thinks it's an Uber. It's the Grim Reaper. He's about, taking him away. The eyes, the eyes don't look good. Oh, I, mean, I know, God. we're just ripping. I mean, we're not that we're a bunch except for uh, Eric, who is a yeah. handsome so bunch. What about you, Eric? Right. What, what do you give this? I would give this a 5.5 out of 10. I am not a fan of the Kevin Maguire art, but I did like the two pages that yeah, Jason Fobach did with but, the, you know, the yeah. Mr. Oz flashback kind of thing. But the reason I would give it a 5.5 and not a lower score is because this aspect alone is why I'm still on board. It's only a six-issue mini. I need to know the status quo of not only Mr. Like, you know, Lois and John now, but Mr. Oz no, as you're well. Not, I don't think and you're going to get where that it goes here. For this. We I don't think we're going to get the uh, the finish of No, Lone we're not going to get a finish of everything. Goal, but I think we're... I, I think we're going to get at least a knowledge of what's going on well, with John dancing and Mike, in the long Dancing run. Mike better cover his ears because I'm going to talk a solicits, whatever, but this Rogozar shit goes on well past September. So we are we are now yeah. in oh, June. Yeah, so this is going to be nothing. You're not going to – What do you, you think that all of this pacing and all of a sudden you think that Brian Michael Bennett's timeout, I'm going to tell all about Mr. O- I don't think we're going to see. No, I, I think we're just going to find out what's going on I don't even think we'll see that. I think that the big tell is 
is he can't get a hold of him now. There's no way for him to get a hold of him. We're not gonna. I don't think we're gonna see this or Lois or John at all for the rest of the series, and we're gonna have to wait to. So do you think to we're gonna get a land of the? Yeah, I, I actually think that maybe story. when we get to whatever book that we're gonna have to deal with that later. One of the reasons why we had to cancel a Super Sons or what that because I think he's gonna be missing for a while. I don't think that we're gonna get. And if anything, we're gonna see that Lois yeah. stays, and maybe he takes Lois somewhere because Lois. She's in some solicits. John is not. And for the most part, he's right. not. I think that we have seen the last of John till at least after summer. That's just my guess. They, they sh- he shunted him into a pocket yeah. universe, basically. Right. Yeah, yeah, it might be. He had that whole fucking land that was out of space and time. Yeah, that with that. Was, so yeah, I don't he know might do that. And with right that, though, I think that the big telling this is he, you know. I love that you call him Mr. Oz. Yeah. Even though he's been I, know. Revealed I don't him. care. No, no, no. <laughs> I see the way he looks. That's no drill yes, I know. He's not going He'll always be Mr. He'll always be. I'm telling you, Super Man lost. I'll say, Jim becomes a burn victim tomorrow. He's Mr. Ugly, all right? He's never Jim again. You son of a bitch. Really, you can't even call me Mr. Burns or something like that that I can at least seem cool. (laughs) You have to do that. There's nothing cool about you, The latest victim you could call me, maybe Torch. Something like that. Maybe even go with how I got burned. Maybe I got burned saving a kid. You'll call me Hero. Maybe, Eric, could you possibly possibly call me that? Jesus, all you do, surface level I thinking. imagine you, you put too much freaking lighter fluid that on your grill happen. and burn well, your face up trying to make Then you can call me uh, like Grilly or something like that. Hopefully, if grill that up. happens, the uh, the grill blows up into my face and the actual grill part, the metal goes and I have those marks on my face and then you just call me Grill or something. I wouldn't mind that. Grill. Hey, there's Grill. I don't know. Hero. Hero, Eric. Uh, I've had enough enough of these books already. And we're going to go on to your next book, uh, Reggie. And what is that? This is Aquaman number 37 by Dan Abnett, Ricardo Federici, and Sonny Goh. The war between the deluge and evil King Coram Wrath waged mightily for ages, neither side giving ground, none agreeing to conditions of surrender. The armies were well-matched, incurring great losses and achieving victories in equal amounts. After generation upon generation was fed to the mighty war machine, even those just observing this conflict felt beleaguered and weary and presumed there had to be an imminent conclusion. But there's just one problem. The war yet rages on. The 10,000-year war coming fall of 2035, rated yes. R. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, uh, n- neither side's giving uh, no quarter, and I wouldn't give 10 cents for this. Boom. What do you think of that? I don't even, I don't even know if there are sides. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's like, it's like Coram Wrath, the evil fucking uh, you know, squid monster versus everybody now. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's all that, what it's become. And uh, they keep... It, it's like every time they up the stakes in this, yep. quote-unquote, up the stakes, I feel like the stakes get lowered. It just becomes more and more meaningless. Now, and and and, and this one, I did peek at a solicit and kind of see what's going to happen yeah, down yeah. the line, but now he's possessed by the evil ancient Atlantean yeah. demon, and now he's got to destroy Atlantis proper. And it's like, 
So what, what is the end yeah, game? Yeah, I don't here? know. Just fucking blow up the goddamn world. Yeah, and world that's where, where I mean, like, here, so annoyed with by with, with this. Uh, it is, and when, when I'm reading it, I'm like, okay, here we go. MC Scat Cat, we got the one step forward, two steps back. It's always the same. And with this, this is, and if, if I can really stress this, if you are enjoying it, whatever, uh, this is like one of the worst like video game scenarios where you have to go to one place, you get something, go all the way back to where you right. started, and then have to go back to that place again to do Let's something go different, yeah, then go all the way back ride. again, then go back to yeah. recruit. It's the worst. It, it is the worst going yeah, back and it forth. Is like that. You're, you're very and, and the yeah. weird thing about it is, I will tell you, I actually like the art in this issue, finally. I, I really like it. And this is art. where I, really like I, I don't guy. know. Except for Dolphin. Yeah, I, I even there. But I'm telling you, I don't know if maybe he backed off a little with the, you know, the pen. I don't know. For some reason, it really seems well filled out more than I thought it was before and really is nice. And But with that. I, I think I think maybe it's possible. He Like, you know, we've seen this happen. They get a good comfortable. Yeah, maybe it book, is. You know, maybe that, it is that, that I'm comfortable. Now he's settled yeah, I really like it. And, even, and, and even like. The ghosts and stuff so like that. The coloring oh. was really good. And even with the whole ideas, I'm reading this and I'm looking, I'm like, you know, I never really gave enough credit for the fact that it does have that hue of being underwater. Even I'm telling you, I was like, yeah. something yeah, yeah. just clicked with me out of, out of nowhere. So with that, I'm like, all right, I'm in. I'm like two pages in. I'm like, oh, right. And then next thing I'm like, nothing's going on here. I mean, you you have Aquaman who's about to, what they say is kill Cormrath. He knows he can't. But in the meantime, Merc yeah. gets his you know, arm cut off, so he's got to take him back. They yell at him. And then in the meantime, Volko gets the you know the ghost and stuff. And this is the worst part. There was yeah. some this action to be had. This is, the same, yeah. this is the same thing that happened with King Shark. Yes. When they were like, we're not. We're not going to help. We cannot help. We are no. Duty yeah, we're duty bound. This is help. the best. And then later yeah. on, we're helping. I'm telling you, it's almost like a like a RoboCop kind of you know byline thing of like, huh? We can only help Atlantean kings and corn rats Atlantean, and he's the yeah, king. Exactly. And they're like, well, you know, he's kind of making magic stuff, and he looks crazy. So, all right, well then, Aquaman. So the afterlife <laughs> and ghosts knowing all fire. that's going yeah, on. Yeah, they now. don't know anything. They, they seem to just no. be stuck down there. Yeah, they're supposed to know, but yeah, they just use like a, oh, well, I guess I don't want Corrin Rath to be king, so oh, hell, you know, well, Uncle that's, Man. That's, that's so weird, I'm telling you, because, you know, these are the ancient protectors of the Atlantean, like, the Atlantean treasury, but just Atlantis itself, the ancient kings yeah. and stuff. So they are sworn to protect the king because the king is Atlantis. Yes. And all it takes, you know, he's uh, Scott. He's a it's kind of a, it's kind of a monster. Invisible yeah. duck. Oh, shit. And, and I don't like with that, that. Okay, I'll help with that, I'll jump in Thank and you. say, here is what I thought would happen. I'm going to script, Doctor, here, because the weird thing is they keep, uh, hey, we protect Atlantis. That means the king. Okay. You have Cornrath getting talked to the, by the demon. You know, he's like, oh, you got you to gotta destroy Atlantis before we can rebuild it and make it what we want this. All you had to do was wait like another page or so. Cornrath starts to destroy Atlantis like he is trying to. Now you go against the ancient lore of we protect Atlantis first, then the king. You're going against Atlantis. We're in. They jump the gun because then they just say, oh, he's a dirty mutie. We, uh, go Aquaman. Aquaman's not the king right now. You, you can't go for that. If anything, Mara is kind of the queen in exile, so it doesn't make sense. Again, leads to what Eric's saying. These ghosts, they're dumb. They don't know anything. They have, they, they don't have shit. Well, all right, so I, I want you to imagine, Eric, imagine you're an Atlantean ghost, right? You're, you're guarding the magic in the, in the catacombs. He can't see. And it's like, 
So now you got to find out who's the king. Well, now you got to like you go gotta all do the stuff. way down yeah. the hallway. Yeah. You got to open Nobody the door. You got to go up like a, a mega long stair. I, I just, I'm saying though, I just figured since I am a ghost, you a protector of Atlantis, and I serve the king, who in my mind is Atlantis. I'll be able to feel some of this shit out. How would I even know the corn wrath is king? Yeah, yeah. You just hope some. You just hope someone lets you know. Yeah, maybe please. Like, maybe have like an in, internal mail service I mean, uh, or something. You have like that. that. I, uh, whisper down the ghost lane is yeah, the whisper worst. down the ghost lane to guys with no faces. I mean, I wouldn't want to whisper to them. Look at them. I don't even know how they're talking. Get that thing away from my ear. What they're doing? Me. Their jaws are falling off, and nobody wants no, to whisper. I got, I got, no. And so with this, we have not got much action at all. Well, we get. get here's the funny corner. thing. Wait, wait. A huge thing happened. Well, here's the thing though this. this huge thing that happened yeah off panel and that's my whole point no that's what i was gonna say we have yeah. now we have stuff going on i'm not gonna say that's not action but it's action we keep seeing the same so but i'm saying you have that you know you keep having aquaman attack things but but in this the big thing cadaver like his yeah, but he kicked him like out. His, you know, he he fucking gave him the, the kaboot. And then you have this, though, where he goes. And that's the <laughs> biggest thing that happens in this issue, and it's off-panel. He shows up with, with yeah. Cadaver's head. And like, hey, look, we got Cadaver. You should have saw. And even Dan Abnett, I think, is making fun of us, and he's trolling us because he's like... I, this is where I got yeah. angry, I'll be because honest. Because he this even has like, him well, say. He has him say, you should have <laughs> yeah, seen it. Seen yeah, it. I know we should have. How about that? We should have. Oh, it's nonsense. But yeah, yeah there it is. Well, that, on top that, of that, too, I, I I like the whole idea. We have this whole thing that we've let up. You know, Corrin Rath, he wants to be the greatest king of Atlantis has ever known. Now he's got the Abysmal Dark. And the Abysmal Dark, in my mind, it goes inside of him. It's a lot like me when I used to drink. I'd get the drink of me and I'll let this bad idea. The devil's strength. I'm saying it's like Corrin Rath. You, you had this great ambition. You know what? Fuck that shit. You know what I think? I think you should destroy Atlantis instead. You know what? You're, You're right, right darkness inside yep. of me. It's like I get drunk and all of a sudden, you know, it'd be a really good idea. I need to go drive to my ex-girlfriend's house at 3 o'clock in the morning and see if she's up. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, it's yeah. just like I'm telling you, it's long like the drink. You don't even have a car. Dark, just full of bad just <laughs> I did back yeah. in the day. Just full of bad ideas. Yeah. And if, like, how do you just go with this? Like, we've been dealing with this whole idea. Now, Corrin Rath, one issue ago, becomes the abysmal dark monster. You should just destroy Atlantis instead all right. because all this shit ain't going to work out. You're, You're right, Darkness. All right, done and done. Yeah, that's what it is. Yep. Although on Hello, the plus Darkness, side, my old friend. On the plus side, to destroy Atlantis, apparently you have to destroy the Tower of the Widowhood. No, that seems to be know, the base I know Paulie P is going to be happy about <laughs> yeah. that. So Why not get people... set up a goddamn place with a self-destruct system? You of know, course. Like, oh, this one thing goes, everything I, goes. All I right. just like the fact that at one point they, they said one of my favorite things. They basically like, listen, you can't build Atlantis uh, on a, a foundation of sand here and like no 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 that's how we build things in atlantis we actually only yeah. can build them on a foundation of sand. we work. just only have sand around here we're, we're underwater you idiot i'm like sorry, oh, buddy. sorry buddy obvious, i yeah. really don't have an option but yeah I, this is all gonna lead to that nonsense we, we of, our foundation on the corpses of yeah really unions. well it's gonna be that you know this is obviously gonna lead to something getting hit the accident they have this switch that just has people don't know what it means but it actually says Atlantis rises, and he's going to hit that switch. Yeah. Oh no! Oh no! It, it, it's it's like cutting the cord on a helium balloon. Yeah. I imagine you break that tower, and the thing just floats right up. It's beautiful. It's nonsense. It's complete so, nonsense. That, that, that's what that's what we've seen in the solicits. And then to end this, all the ghosts infuse uh, Arthur's trident yeah. or five dent <laughs> with uh, mega power. He stabs Cormac. Doesn't work. I, 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 it's not quite enough to destroy I, I him. I love this whole thing from the ghosts when they decide to help. Now it's like, look, like you know, I I used the trident this power it didn't do anything 
That's because you didn't believe, young king. The more you believe in Atlantis, the stronger you are. All right. All right. I, I, I guess I believe. I'm telling you. I believe more. Well, than again, that's what this. That's what this whole issue is. I mean, if if Corn Wrath can just say, "Oh, you know what? Darkness in me. I'm gonna bring this shit down." Uh, Uncle Man could just say, "Yeah, I believe." Boom. All right. Everybody. Atlantis. Is is it the weirdest thing that we have been? You know, we make the joke treading water, but the pacing has been so slow. Yet every bit of progression is forced. How is that? How can you go this long with well, all this nonsense? Now he has to get everything wrapped and up. That's crazy. Basically, yeah, like that, now they've come to a point where they had to like shunt cadaver off. Who knows why <laughs> Dolphin so is even in the fucking mix? Well, she's got to light of, some rooms. I mean, what else? Most, how interesting she characters. was when she first showed yeah. up. About, the idea of a free triangle of love. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that, that went away. There was supposed to be a love triangle. Undine, the uh, renegade widowhood <laughs> woman, is nobody again. Yeah. Like all, the, all these characters got thrown in here. I was thinking, and I might be wrong, but to my memory uh at least since rebirth this story really kicked off last june a year ago right and that's about when it went i think this kicked off fucking three years ago i I don't know what's it's just nothing (laughs) happens well that the original shit with the drift happened before rebirth so in a way it's the seeds but as far as just this you know coram wrath assuming the helm uh arthur getting stabbed i believe all that happened last june so that's 12 issues right one a month at foot that's fifty bucks worth of stuff. That's pretty sure that started though when it was still doing twice a month. Yeah, it's just I was thinking that too. It might have been that. So it's it's fifty plus then. We could say like sixty or something. Uh, and we are really nowhere much further than we were then. I don't understand. This book, as gorgeous as it yeah, is like this it. time and so many times. I mean, this truly, I think, is one of the best drawn books on the stands of, of any company. This uh, Most of the time, not every time, but a lot of them, they had Stephen Cedric for all that time yeah. uh, and a, cu- a couple of great artists on this, but what a fucking go-nowhere-do-nothing no, book. They, and this yeah. this is one of the times I look back over my scores and it seems like about every third issue I, I get real yeah. pissed off. Hey, uh, yeah. didn't, didn't, this series, didn't this arc start with Stephen Cedric coming on? Yeah, it probably did. I yeah. it was a because that's Aquaman number twenty-five. Yeah, he oh came my on. God, it, it just won't end. Uh, but really, the the problem I have is the problem that I had even then was this isn't exactly like a fresh new story anyway. We've seen a lot no. of this. I mean, it really based itself off of well, the see, surface guys, world nonsense guys, and all that. Right. We've been having this forever. I, and, and as a matter of fact, going way further. I mean, in a way, this is an Aquaman story that's been coming and going since the nineties yeah, in, in yeah. different ways. It's Ocean Man is involved, but it's always trying to usurp Arthur for the throne. They've got to get together a, a, a yeah, We got Ocean force. Master over there and Mara doing his yeah. thing. It'll all come they're together. Their thing, you know, he's in the mix. Uh, it really is. It goes on and on. But like, yeah, you guys, uh, see, I wasn't reading Aquaman then, so at least it was new to me when, you know, at issue 25, but uh, it's it's way yeah. past Warren. It I think it's just holding, it's in a holding pattern waiting for whatever the big July fucking soft the reboot yeah, yeah. that's happening I, have no, I really don't i really have no idea at this point but except for the art which i really truly think is top notch and may yeah. actually be worth the the price of the comic by itself because it, it's truly that good if, you, if you're a super art fiend you got to check this guy out and and i think like we were saying he's he's gotten more comfortable in this book yeah. and he seems to be handling the architecture handling all the characters a, a, a lot better uh i gave this on the side i would give this a fuck you five Right now on the show, no problem, because fuck this book. Yeah. Uh, every every point, every accolade goes to the art on the site because I didn't want to 
Give it a fuck you five. I gave it a five point one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the deal. Breaking the fuck. Yeah, I see you going all positive with that. I, I, I okay. just. It's one of those where when I read it, I just know nothing's going to happen until that day that that does happen. I, I told you I love the art. I'm giving it a fuck you five, my second in a row. Uh, and with that, uh, the art actually kept that from uh, being that positive because how can I rate something positive when we just get nothing? We get nothing from this. Now we're going to go uh, – we're going to have some stuff going and then later we have a crossover with the Suicide Squad and hopefully that will at least be fun and we'll go from there. But right now I just can't enjoy this book. Actually, I'm yeah. going to go 4.9. I'll go a little under a fuck you five because the art is so good. It's tough to attach that. But, yeah, I'll go 4.9. What about you, Eric? Mm-hmm. 5.5 out of 10, and that is mostly for the art kind of thing. I'm telling you, while we don't get much of a progression, we do get some pretty pictures that show us some really cool action scenes. Like, yep, it's like Merck getting his arm ripped off right away. That changes that character for what he's been up to. Yeah. And just the idea that we're – I'm telling you, I think I was mostly excited reading this issue just because it's the penultimate issue. Next issue, it's the final yeah. issue of this whole saga. It's almost over, Eric. It's Whoa. almost over. It got me excited, so I, I am going to go to a 5.5 Yeah, 5 actually, this yeah all they're going to give Merc is a metal arm. That's all you'll have. Maybe. It'll be a hook. It'll be like the callback to the Aquaman hook. It'll be nonsense. Maybe. Uh, what's the last – The harpoon. Yeah, what's the last deal for you, Reggie? Your last book here. The, the last dealie <laughs> yeah. is Harley Quinn number 44 by Christopher Sabella, Mirka Andolfo, and Max Rayner, Gabe Altayeb. He's a Dolatron. She's a Reaper. And together, they've got to save New York City. With a little help from Harley Quinn? You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll learn to love a man with a creepy plastic mask welded to his face. It's This Was Written in the Dark While Falling Down a Flight of Stairs, rated R. Yes, yes. And, uh... Yeah, yeah, go with it, Reggie. You you go. You I are mean, We're going to put the spotlight well, on you for all, this one. First of all, gentlemen, let me just say, this book was Everly Cover. It's just not a lovely cover. I love this thing. But anyway, <laughs> going, nice. going on from there. It, it, it actually is horrible for selling the book because it doesn't look like a Harley Quinn cover, but it looks like the cover to my heavy metal album. So yeah, I like yeah. To see that. It, it looks like a so, Constantine cover is what it looks like. I, I like the Frank I mean, Show cover. There you go. Oh, I like that. Yeah, too. He always draws a lovely, yeah. a lovely uh, Harley. And, and actually, the the, the uh, artwork throughout is yeah. The art nothing. art's okay. Now, before you go, because uh, I'm going to let you talk about this the whole time, but just the whole deal is this is another one of those books that we mentioned where you're getting a two shot to fill in a blank before you get to the real deal, which is Sam Humphreys joining onto the book where he's going to take her off to Apocalypse. So with this, you're not going to get anything. You're going to get. Something that at the end resets what you do, and just yeah, nothing it's, it's comes from this. It's going to have to lead to where, where the yeah. So this is what's well, been upsetting uh, me. And, and you know, I know this was kind of an opportunity in that way, and be like, wow, we could do something really fucking crazy. I feel like if this was, uh, you know, uh, Palmiotti and Connor. Uh, they might have sent her to Dinosaur Island. They might could have, have tied up the Batgirl of the future. <laughs> they might have. They might have actually tied up that and used it to tie up other stories. Uh, there's a lot of ways they could have yeah. gone. Instead, they dredged up Professor Pig and Dolatrons, which are kind of creepy, and the Reaper, which is really like a fairly obscure Batman yeah. Gotham City character. Yeah. And they're in New York City anyway. So what the fuck? Why? Why bother? Why don't you just pick? Fucking Sinestro yeah. and uh, you know the, the Joker. Anybody you want, really. I mean, you could, it's you're taking them out of their environment. Uh, so that was sort of, sort of a, a downer. Also, Eric, maybe you can help me because usually you pay a lot better attention to these things. Uh, what the hell was the deal between the Reapers and Professor Pig? I, I couldn't figure it out. 
how they were benefiting each other at all. It seemed like a weird thing where the Reapers were going out and doing their thing, but they were bringing the bodies yeah, back to I Professor thought. Pig yeah. to keep like you know working on his experiments and whatnot. Yeah, it was, but also still turning some into Reapers. Like no, the Reapers were, themselves were actually like a, a cult that actually just went like they. It's the thing. It was almost like a self help group at one point that just like you know. All right, the next step in helping yourself, put on these costumes and grab these sides. Yeah, yeah, we're going to go to town. They don't need new members, but then why are they collecting live people for Professor Prigg to turn eh, the dollar? You know, how does, just how doing does that stuff. help them? I, don't really, I didn't really get it. Well, they're, they're I, cleaning up the streets yeah, of the cleaning them and everything, up. but also working uh, with Professor Prigg. That's why it was so easy to get them to turn on each other by the end, because really they don't need each other, and one each one thinks it's better than the other. Yeah, I guess, I mean, that, that, that part makes sense, because I really... I really was like ra- racking my brain but obviously not reading it closely enough to rack it fully because i was just like i don't understand the fucking benefit here you know it's like yeah professor pig gets a supply of dollatrons and the reapers get to go out of the street they get their location yeah, it's, it's like you know how, how they're paying rent location I location location they say but yeah uh, so we basically gave up the whole thing uh there's a renegade dollatron and a renegade reaper Frank and June. Uh, yeah. That that Harley calls Frank and June, though they're those aren't actually their names, but uh that's that's part of the comedy jokes, folks. Oh yeah. And, and that's as much comedy yeah, that's as we about get you're gonna get. Because yeah. goddamn much, yeah. this is uh, a, this has one job because it's not in continuity, it's his own thing. Have fun. Be a funny yeah, have fun. and it is failing it miserably. Failed miserably because it seemed like Chris Sabella just wanted to force in a darker story. Why? Why? Why do this for the, you know, well, it's nonsense. It's dark, but there's, there's a goofiness to it because the Reaper is just like some, you know, regular chick. And the Dolatron, you know, the fact that that's a dude is is uh, something. But, I, I you know, even like the whole plan to like sow Discord is just really convoluted and overly complicated. Yeah. Essentially, they go over, they play a game of telephone over in the uh, respective camps. And uh, there's like a mutiny against Pig and uh, Reaper number one. Who is this? The this is the Reaper from Golden Age that then came back in Batman Year Two, right? Or am I wrong? Or is this a different? Yeah, Reaper? yeah. This, this should be the same exact yeah. Reaper. I don't think I ever say his name, but it's okay. just the Reaper. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 the Reaper. I mean, it's just a mask and a hood, really. Yeah. Uh, also, I didn't understand. It could just be anarchy underneath there, upping his game. I don't know. This makeup she puts on. This is the Crow, right? Is that what this is? I'm telling you, I think she just smeared her makeup and that's I don't, it. Yeah. I don't really understand what was happening. Like, I, why? What was her? What was helping her here? Uh, I had trouble understanding why any of this was yeah, going I, on. I, I'm telling you, you're talking. I had already checked out on this. I, I was reading. I'm like, like you said, Reggie, I'm like, I don't even see the benefit with these two. I don't know what's going on. There's really not a story here. Harley all of a sudden starts doing things because of her makeup. I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. And it just, it's not good. But keep going. I just wanted to get I got to imagine that makeup thing. In. It's like, you know. All right, I got stealth mode. All right, I, I smeared this makeup and my mascara a bit, so now I got some black on yeah. my face. I'm like, I, I don't know what you're doing here, Harley. I guess. I, I Time really to beat up the world. I, I, I don't know what you're doing. I don't, I don't really understand. But uh, anyway, they, they sow discontent among the Dollatron and Reaper camps. and then uh, I, really think it's, I just got to it again. I really think that's just him trying to do, because he said the stealth mode kind of thing, but it really just seems like this is adding on the whole thing, the forced craziness that we never really get back to, except for a Carly said, I'm going to face my demons head on from now on. Yeah. Gee, golly whiz. Yeah. yeah, she sees all these uh, green ghostly demons. That's been like a thing. And, and I thought in last, in last year, so I thought it was like reestablishing that she's insane, uh, which I guess you could still say it does, but not really. I mean, yeah. uh, she doesn't. She's actually seems 
a lot less wacky than she did in yeah. fucking yeah. uh, Palmiati and Comets yep. run when she was like a, a, a psychiatrist in her day job. Yeah. So I don't really I don't really understand how this is supposed to be so crazy. She uh, nothing comes together. In no, it's because it's just a fill-in. It, it, there's nothing. It, it's, there. it's, it's it really is forced. This whole like conflict. It's just like. Sort of, they decide it's going to happen. The Dollatron and the Reaper fall in love, Frank and June. Yeah. Uh, because why not? When no one gives a shit. Then the gang of Harley show up and they're like, yo, crazy bitch, let's get the fuck up out of here. And that's it. That's it. Yeah. There you go. There and, you and go. And they, they show her that and she. Everything we just did was a series of circumstances because they actually caught the guy who robbed the Delia. They got everything here and she just kind of yeah. fell into this yep. by, accident. by accident. It was all by accident. Oh, it was not our actual conspiracy, despite appearances or whatever yeah. and uh yeah it was just <laughs> whatever you know what i mean I, the thing is i really didn't get furious like you know aquaman made me mad at that point where i was like fuck you you book this book no. was kind of like i don't even know what's happening i almost want to like help this book across well the that's street. the problem the problem you know is, I mean? is that it's i think hard. that you realize that aquaman there's something there you're not getting Harley, you just don't expect anything anymore. And maybe it has one job, like yeah, I said, and it and, can't and do it. And half the time yeah. it doesn't do it. And the thing is, maybe that's where I, I'm telling you, maybe this is a setup. I know that Chris Sabella would not be like, okay, I'm gonna make a real shitty two thing so that when Sam Humphreys comes on, like, you oh, know, what would he do that? But yeah, uh, that is definitely not gonna be, but Thinking of Sam Humphreys coming up, and she is going to go off to Apocalypse. It even says at the end she's going to be a fury. She's going to get uh, some superpowers, things like that. Maybe it's about time that there is something new, and maybe we'll actually enjoy that. We'll see. I'm not... Well, that's what happened when Frank Thierry took over. When he first took over, I was having a really yeah, good time with yeah. this book. But then when he had to rush his stuff to get out of here for Chris Sabella to jump on, it started getting late well, again. Actually, the way that things. seemed to go down to me is that Frank Thierry was going to be on for a certain amount of time, and then they told them, listen, you're not going to get seven issues. You're going to get five. Now, you know, go yeah, and, and get they, out. Either they told him or he, he got a better deal. Yeah. I, don't, you know, I don't know exactly Something what happened, happened. But he, he definitely left early because – yeah, they they had talked about that whole story of her going to Miami and whatever the yeah, fuck. Yeah, yeah, and we never had that. None and then of that, all of a sudden we get this, happened. and this is but, just uh, like, a, oh yeah, my god, Chris Bella's watch. Yeah, yeah, after really. That weird, after that weird Paul Dini uh, such, so, so it's, it's been a, it's been a weird time, and I think I think we can all agree that this this uh, book definitely needs a change up of yeah, some kind. Yeah, so I'm looking so, forward to see how Sam Luthers does. See what it is. And, and I'm, it's got to be better. Out of all of us, I think I'm one of, the, one of the people that hates the the new gods the least. Yeah, yeah. Is that true? Yeah, I that know Eric true. hates them. Eric loves I them. hate the new gods something fierce, Eric but at least I enjoy them. Apocalypse as a villainous kind of But concept. also, if you go yeah. with it as a humorous thing, maybe it's going to poke fun at the things Eric does, uh, doesn't like and he'll really think that's funny. We'll see. Maybe. That could be good. Yeah, yeah it could be. Yes. She could be hanging out with Like, her. I like Granny Goodness and the Furies and stuff like that. It's just when you get into the real deep cuts of the Apocalyptes and the New Gods. I don't, like, you know, if you give me the surface-level New Gods of Apocalypse, stuff like that, you give me, like, you know, a Desaad, a Steppenwolf, a Dark Side of the Female Furies, I'm fine. You go beyond that, I'm like, here we go. This fucking nonsense curvy Boy. shit that they – it's like they have a deal <laughs> of – Bug I don't, and, I don't uh, all those Kanto weird... and everything like this. <laughs> Why did you give all those weird deep characters? Uh, I was feeling pretty good about it, to be honest. By the end, even though I probably, I really think I took a lot of pity on this book Damn. because it's like it, it just wasn't horrible. It just wasn't really anything interesting. And uh, I do think this is a little more closer to what a Harley fan might want to read, as opposed to the Paul Dini thing that came out of nowhere. Yeah. But 
Uh, I probably went a little too positive when I said 7 out of 10. Yeah, uh, I hated it. I hated every bit of it. I thought it was garbage. It led to nothing. It reset at the end and made you just realize it meant nothing. Uh, I didn't crack one smile. I didn't get any laughs. I thought it was ridiculous. I'm giving it a 3 out of 10, and that's all art. And actually, the story what about itself... about that was heavily covered, I'm though, telling man. you, I, I'm going with that. The, the actual story, to me, is like a negative 4. So that shows you how much I like the art. <laughs> I mean, this was not... This was another one of these things that's been driving me nuts where you are actually seeing the idea of let's just throw shit at people to buy instead of having a delay or let's just just instead of getting this guy who's going to be going forward to Sam Humphreys he needs some extra time so let's just fucking throw whatever we have in the drawer or whoever we can grab I mean Chris Sabella God bless the guy he keeps ending up in these situations he's the Lansing yeah. and Kelly you have certain people that, that if the problem is if I'm Lansing and Kelly if I'm Chris Sabella if I'm uh, you know the uh, uh Michael Morikai, I guess, is the other one. They're going to get – they better watch it because they're going to get this typecast deal of, oh, they're they're on two issues? Yeah, fuck that. I'm not going to waste my money yeah. on that. They are only called Always in for the, these the things. Yeah, stuff, that's yeah. all they are. They, you know, they're not Rusty Staub here, a great pinch hitter. They just come in just to do the deal and get the hell out. And, yeah, they're doing it – all the power to them. They're getting some work and they're you know filling in and doing what they can until they can get uh, you know an ongoing and things like that. Like Chris Sabella has a bunch of other books, non-DC stuff, uh, and maybe that's it. Maybe they're like, you know what? You didn't sign exclusively with us, so we're going to give you this bullshit. But that's what it is. It's bullshit. And they throw it out there at, you know, this story now, like you, you say, Reggie, you know, it, it's too expensive for what we got. It's not even yeah. anything worth reading. And it, it's a shame. And I just sell bullshit. What do you say, Eric? I'm going to give this a four out of ten, and that the majority of that is just art and the idea that at least this two-part, you know, nonsense it wasn't fun at all to get through. It got us back to our status quo, so we don't have to deal with something like this for a long, long time. Well, yeah, time we again. won't. But that's because I bet you this was another one of those that was written fucking eight months ago. So it's always going to these always end up with the last page of, hey, you know what? That was a crazy adventure, wasn't it? All oh, right, we we had that with Nightwing. Like yeah, at I mean, the end, I think it's like the whole thing where Harley is back together with her gang of Harleys yeah, that, and whatnot, but, but, so we don't have to deal with her being on her own and like you know deal with more of that. No, yeah, but the problem is they're not going to apocalypse with her. She's going on her own. I'm that's the saying, reset. When they when that's down and over, like we don't have to talk about her being on her own or yeah. getting back. It is just what it is. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We will see because I bet you that's the last we see of the gang of Harleys for a long, long time. But we'll see. We'll see if I'm right. But we're gonna go off now to some mail and then come back with Reggie and Chris. Talking about Cave Carson and that interstellar eye. Yo, it's mail call. It is the best podcast a week. Even though Shay is such a freak, I've got to hear all the reviews and the mail with Jim. And I've got such a long way to go to make it to the end of the episode. First, I'll hear. Jim. 
Alright, and we're back with mail section number two, and this is going to start off with Pete from NYC. What up, Pete? He said, what up, Jimmy Stray and the Fresh Cup Poop, 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 and I will say that... Ding sound. I keep hitting the wrong one. Poop. Poop. <laughs> I am the worst when I'm by myself. I don't know what I am doing here. How about this one? Get Fresh Crew. That's pretty good, right? How? What up, Fresh Cup Crew? There we go. Poop, Poop. Poop, Poop, and finally... Get fresh, <laughs> Ship. Ah, uh, ship indeed. Ship indeed. Finally, Reggie's bullshit singing is over. I can only hope my incessant complaining has contributed to this huge improvement to the podcast. I'd like to know how the decision was finally made. Uh, the def- the decision was finally made because Reggie didn't have time to write up his songs, did the movie trailers, and people liked that uh, more, it seemed. It was obvious over the past few months that Jim and Shay had lost patience with the singing nonsense. What was the final nail in the talentless coffin? I'm assuming you told him to do the stupid shticky movie intro reads as a way to avoid hurting the big pussy's feelings. To be honest, I've noticed some tension in that relationship. Jim and Reggie seem to be butting heads over the Man of Steel. A little trouble in paradise. Is that possible? Is that possible? You hear me, Jim? Oh, my goodness. I do hear you. Hey, we're, we're not really uh, eye to eye on that. I believe this week, uh, we would have already have listened to it, but I believe uh, I'm convincing Reggie it's not as good. But Shay is going away this weekend. Fucking Rockefeller. Fancy Red Lobster lunches, Walmart late night shopping sprees. Jeez, the Patreon dough is letting him and Lady Jessica live the high life. Is this the weekend he goes, sees me, mom, puts flowers on daddy's grave? Daddy! Yes, it is. He's, he's probably on his way back. Actually, at this point of me recording, that lazy ass is probably home and just sitting around. I'm going to look because usually he would have messaged me if he came home. No, he has not. But if he messages me, though, actually, he, he would think that I will rope him into doing this and he would not want to do that. All in all, the shows have never been better. Jim's Adderall roller coaster rage is fascinating. As a recovering addict, I know the signs all too well. One, uh, an, one other fascinating tidbit. The two of you spend so much time together, yet you seem to have zero personal relationship or connection. After all this time, Lady Jessica wouldn't know Jim if, he, if she hit him with her Walmart shopping cart. Do you hear me? Jim. You hear me, Jim? Edit that out. Edit that out. <laughs> I'm very angry about that. Where? <laughs> Have fun. There's that. Uh, I'm not a crazy bitch. Oh, no. Here. Oh, I'm no. I'm not here and tell you what you can and can't talk about, but that is inappropriate, and I'm angry about that. She's you hear me, Jim? Angry about Edit that, that out. Have fun. Have fun. Have fun. <laughs> he has all those listed. No, Jess would not know me if she hit me with the shopping cart. She wouldn't. I met her once, but I see her all the time. I see Eric dropping her off uh, at work, so I would recognize her and did recognize her the other day that we saw them at Walmart. Eric was about two feet away from me, didn't even look. And in the meantime, I didn't say anything to him. So there, I didn't need to talk to him. And uh, there were times when I had something of his... And I had to take it over. Like, he left his glasses in the car one time, and I had to take him over because it was a night of reviews. And he, he can't see without his glasses. And I took them over. There's no way in hell that he would ever let me know where he lives. I have to pull up where I drop him off after work, and he just came out and met me there. There's no way that he said, like, oh, it's apartment 3B or anything like that. Screw that. 
And and he came over when we first started the site. He did not have internet, so he would have to write his. He had a laptop and no internet, and he'd have to write up his reviews, and then he'd put them on a zip drive, and then he'd walk over to the house to give it to me, and I wouldn't even answer the door. I'd have him put it in my mailbox. That's how we roll. I'm Audi Five Thousand. Pete from NYC. See you, Pete. Thank you for stirring the pot. Anthony Jackson is next, and he says, "Hey, Jim and Eric, and the." of the get fresh crew poop poop now i'm gonna get it right poop 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 poop. shout out poop poop thank you shout out poop poop just finished last week's podcast i'm writing in a reply to that ending jim imagine for red hood and the outlaws and say it literally depressed me i hope it's nothing like here jason i helped make you and a new family because i was never there but going off of dc's track record of late it wouldn't surprise me if you were right jim but in truth i'm going to give liddell a little good faith he's built up his last year being that he's been the most consistent book of all of rebirth especially since he doesn't get to be on uh, one of the cool kids with a bi-weekly book the the story is a long buildup, but I'm sure that he won't pull a Tom King and make us think that there's more story than there really is. I'm looking at you. I am suicide. Yeah, me and Eric went down that rabbit hole. I should have put that on that Batman podcast where we spent a whole week trying to figure out all the tells of punches, left-handed, but Jim Gordon was right, and that was going to play out. That never did. Then, oh, my God, they, they have Bronze Tiger because he's going to dress up as Batman. Got, no, he never did. Uh, uh, Batman repeating himself. I'm going to break your damn back. I'm going to break your damn back because he was being controlled uh, by a mind control thing that would make him that. No, it didn't do that either. It was just nonsense. It was all nonsense. Ah, yes. But I actually, thinking about this uh, Red Hood and all that stuff, I do think that what's going to actually happen is Jason's going to find out that this team was set up by his piece of crap dad, and then he's just going to disband the team. But the way I think it might go down might be a little spoilery. So if you don't want to hear for some of the future solicits, skip ahead in the podcast. And since, Jim, you have a solicitations podcast, I don't think you'll mind. He'll probably say the same thing as as what I just did, but especially if it might put a positive spin on a book you're not having a good time with. And I I'm not minding the book. It's just I think that the pacing has been way off. It is a slow burn, uh, and we're just going dribs and drabs. So I think the reason Maga never gave letters to Jason was the way she manipulated Jason back when he was a kid. I, I just think if she, if he got a letter from a dad, he'd go to see the dad, and somehow he wouldn't have to stay in the, the home. But she later found them again and felt bad, and she kept them from Jason, especially since they reconnected in this run of the Outlaws. Smitty Pants Bizarro got to read the letters and used in his new and Intelligence figured out not only is Willis taught a lie, but also found out he was solitary. When Bizarro found and confronted solitary, Willis wiped his mind of that night. He confronted him at the bar. The solicits say Jason is going to break his promise to Bruce, and that means he's going to kill someone, and I think it's his own father. My guess on the reason why is he will wipe Bizarro's mind fully the next time Bizarro confronts solitary and maybe threatens to do the same to Artemis if she finds out. Jason will kill Willis out of anger for what Willis will do to Bizarro out of protection for the same thing that could happen to Artemis, which will anger Batman. Anger Batman, if he kills his dad, he's done. He's out of the Bat family. There'll be no coming back. So I really 
I wonder. Artemis will be dealing with a mind wipe. Bizarro, goodbye, smarty pants. Bizarro, and the solicits after Batman and Red Hood fight say Jason is on his own since he killed his biological father and fighting his adoptive father and exiling himself from Gotham. The Bat family and the outlaws, I think, should make for one hell of an ending to an arc. But I could be wrong. I think he does break up the team because that's what it kind of says. And your lackluster ending might actually be a possibility. But I'm not quite ready to give up on thinking that this long story arc just might have a positive word worthwhile ending i'm telling you if the positive is him killing his dad and batman getting mad they're not just gonna fight he'll never get on that painting then anyways thank you guys for listening to me ramble on about one of the three titles at dc i have any faith in red hood and the outlaws deathstroke and the flawless injustice and i hope you have a more positive outlook on what could happen instead of expecting the same dead end endings we've been getting from dc as of late and that is from Anthony, and thank you, Anthony. And uh, yeah, it's again, I'm not totally down on Red Hood and the Outlaws. It's just we have had this Smarty Pants Bizarro. I, it really does seem like we've had it for over a year, and it's just it doesn't seem to be going anywhere. You you get these little hints of a story, and then that pulls back to go another direction. And that's what actually kind of drove me nuts when we had this, you know, father thing. Uh, though when you said to everybody in the comments, Anthony, you really spelled it out and then really came up with something that is dead on. Uh, but even before that, and even after that, it's like, why can't we mix in things? There's just no progression of the story. At points, you think that Bizarro is huffing the synthetic kryptonite, and then that's never done again. At one point, you think that Artemis is going to do this, Jason's going to do that, and then we just kind of reset every two or three issues, and it just drives me nuts. Uh, but that is the second male section. Obviously, that's where Brandon's usually at. Brandon would usually end this section. Uh, he is not because he's in San Diego, and, and they do not have email in San Diego, even though I think San Diego is one of those cities that actually has like free citywide internet. I, I may be thinking more of San Francisco, but I'm going to go San Diego as well because they're fancy there. But uh, that is it for that, and we're going to go back to some more books. Once in every lifetime comes a love like this. Oh, I need you. Welcome back to the Young Animal segment on the Weird Science DC Comics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And today we're going to spelunk and read a Young Animal book for you. It is Cave Carson Has an Interstellar Eye number four by John Rivera, Michael Avon Oming, and Nick Filardi. And actually there's a backup and I don't know his name. But hmm. uh, a great a great man, a great man did that back up. One of the best. Take my word best. for it. So uh, <laughs> since leaving the last planet and that conflict between the laser monks and the Najire, uh, Cave Carson, Chloe, and Dr. Mark Barstow have been holed up in the cybernetic eye's pocket dimension for weeks. There was a breach in the Mighty Mall's hull. Presumably they're working on it, although you don't really see any evidence of that happening. But right now, they've got to head out into the world in search of food. They come up on a crashed spaceship, fungus growing profusely from the hull. Uh, you know, not this fungus shit again, but no, this is mm. different fungus, much more mushroom-looking. This isn't that same uh, whatever the hell that was in the first Oop. volume. Yeah. Uh, 
and Cave discovers it's edible. Of course, Dr. Barstow is the first one to eat a mushroom. Uh, Cave also says they can strip this ship of useful parts for the Mighty Mole, and they can get Chloe home. And Chloe's like, you mean get us home, right? And uh, that's when Cave says he overheard Chloe talking to Zot in the Cave of Acquisition last issue, which actually we saw not only the conversation, but we saw Cave overhear it. Uh, And in that conversation, Chloe was complaining about traveling around with her dad, which, you know, is something you might expect a teenage or a young woman to be complaining about. Certainly. Uh, At the same time, Dr. Barstow, uh, well, he ate the mushroom, so he is tripping balls, as uh, he is wont to do. (laughs) Yes. Uh, He sees visions of what happened on this ship uh, by examining a long-decayed corpse. Uh, It looks like when the engine died, there was a mutiny. Um, Chloe and Cave are looking for Dr. Barstow, and in so doing, uh, they activate the ship's defenses. Sort of a techno-organic thing happening here. Uh, The fungi appear to... uh, they appeared in fire lasers. Yeah, okay. they, they sprout guns and just start shooting at them, I start guess. Start blasting. Yeah. Uh, now, there are also organic creatures with guns attached to them firing on the crew as well. Uh, while they're running from the, from the defenses, Cave makes an observation that the growth on this ship is hundreds, if not thousands, of years old. Uh, then Cave pops out his cybernetic eye, uh, which then pops out the Mighty Mole, and it has anti-laser coating, oh. which is very, very, very advantageous. I guess that hull breach is all done now or something. I don't know what the deal is there. Uh, so Dr. Hmm. Dr. Barstow starts freaking out over some sound only he can hear. Seems the mushrooms are full of memory and sound, according to him. Cave adjusts the Mighty Mole's radio and picks up the sound. It's rabble-rousing speech not about not forgiving traitors and remembering their dark deeds. Dr. Barstow conjectures this is connected to the mutiny and that the former crew may have sabotaged their own hyperdrive. Not sure why he got that from there, but okay. Uh, then he, sur- he then surmises that the creatures attacking him evolved on the ship and absorbed all the mean thoughts and weaponry of the crew before them, and that's why they were shooting at them before. Uh, While driving away, Cave talks to Chloe about her idea of turning their podcast into a video documentary, but she recalls a time when, as a child, he almost got her eaten by a giant glowworm for the purposes of research and filming it. He's sorry about that and admits he spent a lot of years acting like an asshole. After mm-hmm. having to leave his former, that's a quote, by the way, I did not call <laughs> Cave Carson. Uh, after having to leave his former teammate Bulldozer behind, he says he was never the same. And we saw this happen in last issue's backup story. This is actually what the backup has been about, which I have to say, I like that, Chris. You know, at least Absolutely. it made that those stories meaningful. And There's that has been, yeah. that has been, I think, the best backup in all of Doing Animal in the way that it's actually been, like, not a pain or For sure. not a pain to read and also not. Uh, not overly told, artsy. <laughs> yeah, it's like I could at least understand what was going on. Each, I was like, well, this is just a story of you know Cave Carson. But uh, so Cave says he could never apologize for losing Bulldozer, who he calls Bully, very cute, because he meant uh, it meant he would have admitted failure, and so he found he could no longer apologize after that. Uh, he even got too intense while working with Star Adam, recording his voice that had the power to blow Cave's clothes off, and we saw that like two issues ago as well. Uh, Star abandoned that album they were working on together to Cave's chagrin. So Cave could never apologize to his own daughter for being a lame dad, which really only makes him a way lamer dad. And Chloe (laughs) says that the only thing he truly lost was perspective. 
Uh, two hours later, the Mighty Mole nears the bridge of the spaceship, which, uh, wow. boy, you know, this must, must be a pretty big spaceship. <laughs> big spaceship. Uh, <laughs> uh, there, they see the corpses of uh, lightly armed men uh, scattered around uh, uniformed soldiers. Uh, Cave guesses that they must have been following orders they weren't all that thrilled about. Uh, Dr. Barstow decides to pop a mushroom and to find out, because that is how he reads. That's what he does, yeah. yeah that stuff. <laughs> now, he learns that the inhabitants of this ship's world uh, was destroyed by another empire. Uh, they left that exploded world in a ship armed to the teeth, ready for revenge. But the hyperdrive was sabotaged by the crew, as Dr. Barstow guessed earlier. Uh, then there was a lot of infighting on that ship. Uh, the weapons on board were some kind of biological agent, which is deadly to their enemies and also to the crew of the ship. Uh, the, uh, but this agent also formed new life, which we know as the ship's defenses. Right, and all the mushrooms and fungi around. All the fungus. So, uh, Cave now eats a mushroom from the corpse of one uniform fellow with very, uh, you know, well-designed epaulets, and turns out this is the captain, and his own son was the one that sabotaged the hyperdrive. Uh, the son, in this uh, vision, implores that his father drop this war but his dad says he cannot and murders his own son and then names the empire they're from, the Barry. This might be meaningful later in the next two issues, we mean. That's <laughs> all we have left. And uh, this resonates with Cave, who, as we've seen, is also a crappy dad. Yeah. Fiddling with the ship, Dr. Barstow <laughs> finds out that the uh, other empire were known as the Metri. This, again, this may come up again, so I'm just mentioning it. Outside, <laughs> hearing the anti-Metri propaganda uh, activated, two blue space monkeys react to it. And no, they aren't Gleek. Actually, maybe they are Gleek. I'm maybe, not sure. Yeah, Possibly. Huh. They look like they could be Gleek. Uh, somehow they're able to fly this ship away. And Cave hopes it's somewhere that the life forms can get a fresh start. But before they get very far, the space popos show up with 5 O emblazoned on the front. <laughs> and uh, the, I thought this was funny. Dr. Barstow runs to flush his pills. I was just. Yes. But I thought it was hilarious because it's like you're, you're taking drugs everywhere. Like, is this real? Is this illegal in interstellar uh, law? I don't know. Sure. I don't know what the jurisdiction is. I have no idea. Yeah, I just want to know how that works. So, uh,. So yeah, the backup, as uh, Chris has has very helpfully informed uh, me, is was done by Paul Mayberry, and uh, this continues from the last issue. Cave heads back to wherever to try and free Bulldozer, but some kind of teleportation field manifests or something. It's sort of hard to tell, but it whisks Bulldozer away forever. He can't do it, and Cave is very remorseful about it. Yeah, and that wraps up the. Uh, you know, the third to last issue of Cave Carson has an interstellar eye. So what are your thoughts, Chris? I think I'm starting to get over Cave Carson. Yeah. <laughs> luckily, luckily, it's not, not far to go to true. just get over. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. It just seems very samey. It's uh, I, I appreciated the uh, the nice moments between Cave and uh, Chloe. Yeah, I thought those were really cool um, because they they do come across as you know estranged family members, and I I think that was really neat. Um, gotta say I'm I'm really really getting tired of the tripping. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean it's sort of a hallmark uh, of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I know of the, of the comic, yeah. It's just like uh, it's like hard hard drug. Uh, we we get it. I, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure folks still dig it, but uh, well, it, it's kind of it's kind of run its, it's course. With it's me. become a formulaic device now, and it's yeah. it's, it's become a way to tell uh, any part. It where... facilitates weird art, which usually is great. Yeah, but uh, well, they they picked a, yeah. they picked a good artist for it. 
you know, for yeah. that kind of thing. But now we are 16 issues. And <laughs> I think we've seen a psychedelic trip every every single one of them. In fact, I'm at least one virtually positive. That's what they that's what this team does. And uh, yeah, it gets to be sort of a lazy storytelling device. Uh, you know, I, I, one thing I did really liked about this is I was really worried we would just get nine issues of story collapsed into these issues. And this, even though this does feel compressed and we'll talk about that in a second, uh, it was essentially a one-off. This is a, you know, Star Trek episode, a, you know, planet of the week type thing. Um, and I was like, all right, well that, that's how I would prefer to see it done than to see it, it, it shoved together. That being said, this did feel like a, a story that could have expanded over two or even three issues. Uh, yeah. A lot of convenient things that we mentioned happened, like the Mighty Mole being suddenly fixed, uh, you know, uh, Barstow realizing that they, that they sabotaged <laughs> yeah. their own hyperdrive. Like, right away. Was, yeah. A lot of very convenient things. In fact, the whole the whole mystery comes down awfully rapidly, I thought, you know, not doesn't unfold uh, the same way I think that this, this book usually does. Mm-hmm. Um, something that, and this, this, is, this is the most nitpicky thing, because Michael Avon Oming has a very unique style um yeah. you know this isn't something where I, where you can open your average uh oming book and say you know this is this is crap because it doesn't look like whatever you know jose luis garcia lopez it's a it's a totally <laughs> unique style that being said though being having read so many issues of this this felt uh rushed it felt a lot yeah. of the, a lot of the pages felt a lot rushed. of the polish was uh wasn't wasn't it wasn't there. as polished yeah he does a lot of after effects i didn't see you know and and a lot of the faces didn't look quite finished being rendered even the yeah. psychedelic scenes which which sort of emulated the uh, beatles yellow submarine cartoon uh just wasn't as as wacky as he usually does kind and, of boilerplate and, as far as yeah. tripping is concerned yeah. yeah pretty much yeah exactly this this is what like a lot of people would do and, and he's really developed such a unique style throughout this book and throughout his career uh that this didn't evoke it i really did get the impression that he had to step it up maybe make some last minute changes the backup Shift definitely years, looks yeah. wildly different than the uh, last three issues have it looks like it, they had to st- hit that uh Paul Mayberry had to step that up. That's conjecture. And I think to say it looks bad would be wrong also because sure, it, sure. it looks like a Cave Carson book still, you know, and then and it looked familiar. It wasn't like I was it was something brand new, but it definitely looked unfinished to me. Uh yeah. however, I was okay with it. I, I had a good time with it, and like I said, I, I was more glad that we were getting a one off story that, you know, in the end is not not a, not entirely original. But not an entirely bad story, you know. Tripping aside, uh, sure, it's it's this. I really have no great feelings for or against this. Uh, you know, the mutiny, <laughs> the, the mutiny aboard a ship, uh, the uh, son, you know, uh, getting killed by his father. It's it's uh, you know, you take that what you want. So, uh, but I, I did enjoy it, and uh, you know, if the last two issues are more like this. Uh, and you know, you you pointed out to the the moments between Cave and Chloe, which I think were the is the story really being told here? Yeah. Uh, that Rivera, John Rivera, will have to conclude in some way by the sixth issue. Uh, that was nice. So sure. uh, I ended up giving this an eight out of ten. Where do you think you might land with it? I'd probably go between seven and seven point five. Um, and that, that's just personally. It feels like we. And I always get on. I always. I think it's uh, knowing. You know, knowing where the sausage is made here. It's a. Uh, we only have so few pages of the story left, and it feels like we're wasting 
what we have left on yeah. on excessive pages of of really subpar psychedelics here this time and uh and i mean i don't like i don't care about the mutiny so i don't know what the point like if there are other stories that need to be told for this character mm-hmm. in this volume that was supposed to be i don't know why we're getting this one. yeah i you mean know, it the, the, seems the like mention, such a weird gap the mention of the barry and the metre or metroid i i was surprised to even see them named which is yeah. why which is the only reason i, I brought it up and makes me think we that may come into we play over it. the next yeah. two issues uh, how or you know I don't know I really you know what I mean I it's like it's so weird looking at it with two issues I'm like where are you going to go with this you know is it yeah. just going to be like they're going to pass by the Barry thrift store and that'll be that you know what I mean I, you know what I mean it could be a little tiny thing it could be the uh, crux for the next two issues so we will have to find out I guess but uh, mm-hmm. you know I think that uh, there were definitely worse uh, fourth oh, issues certainly. and we read two of them recently. So. <laughs> But anyway, uh, uh, we got a comic next week. We're pretty sure. What is that one? That one is Mother Panic, Gotham AD number four. That that wraps up our fourth issue of every Young Animal book. That's right. I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. Every issue we'll have done um, all four. So then we're going to our five is... Our penultimate month of That's Young Animal. That's right. Oh, man. Penultimate. I, I, I love that word because Eric hates it so much. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we will be cracking on with that, and Young Animal is coming to a rapid conclusion. But uh, I think that's all we got from this week. Chris, got anything else for him? That'll do it. Well, until next time, folks, I want you to keep it young and animalistic. See you. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another week of Vermillion's Visions. Josh Vermillion here, um, and this week I'm going to be getting back to the basics. I know last week I uh, kind of strayed from the path and went with a DC book. I've done a couple Marvel, technically Marvel books in the past, but weren't really part of the Marvel Universe, and then last week was my very first ever DC trade that I reviewed, and I believe it actually turned out to be my longest segment ever, Um, but this week I'm going to be going back uh, to the classic standby, another one, it always comes out being from Image Comics, I like to try to stay away from the big two of DC and Marvel as much as possible, and this week it's back to Image um, for Rose Volume 1, The Last Night. And it's the first uh, six issues of the Rose series, like I said, from Image Comics. Um, written by Meredith Finch and art by Ig Guerra. Guara? Um, we're going to go with Guara, I guess. But, yeah. So, basically, this story starts out with some backstory exposition. Um, so, there were these magical creatures known as the Cats... Um, and I know it sounds like I'm just saying cats, but know that it is spelled a little weird. It's spelled K-H-A-T-Z. Um, and these cats were linked to guardians. Um, and each cat and guardian represented a different virtue. Um, so you had the, the panther, um, which represented temperance. 
You had the lion, which represented justice, and you had the tiger, which represented courage. Um, so these cats and these guardians use their power to bring peace uh, to the world and to, to the land, and they also helped help the land flourish. Um, but when the cats started disappearing, the magic that had protected everyone and everything started to fail, and things basically turned to shit. When a new evil power rose up, the king and his men, they, they tried to fight back, but, but they couldn't do much to win a war without the power of the Guardians against this, this, this powerful evil. Um, so the Guardians, they're known by their hair. Their hair turns white when their power kind of starts to awaken and when they start um, getting this connection to their cats. So the new queen basically just hunted down and killed anyone with any possible signs of being a guardian so i guess if you were old and had white hair or um for some reason your hair just started to turn white but you didn't actually have the abilities of a guardian well you were fucked anyway because if you showed that white hair the queen was gonna hunt you down and kill you so this new queen she is kind of She's poisoning the land a little bit with her evil, and, and a new dark time has fallen over the kingdom. But our story actually starts ten years after the new queen came to power. Our main character named Rose, actually, if you can believe that, the book is called Rose and the character's named Rose, is having a birthday. So her mom gives her uh, the exact same rose as in a flower um, that Rose's dad had given her when Rose was born. And along with that, she also gives her a necklace that will shield Rose's magic power so that she isn't kind of found by the queen. Rose has recently discovered that she has the ability to use magic, although she's not very good at it yet. She's kind of still learning. Um, but her mom gives her different trinkets, including a bracelet, but the bracelet is wearing out, so now this necklace, 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 that, that, that will kind of shield her magic power from the pain. So Rose goes out on her birthday, and she's just kind of enjoying it, hanging out. She's actually laying in a stream, just kind of laying there, trying to use her magic to guide a leaf into her hand, just practicing a little bit, uh, but she's not having much luck. Rose is, you know, kind of thinking about how her mom worries too much and that, you know, if she has magic, she should be able to use it whenever she wants and not worry about the queen finding her and, you know, everything's going to be fine. But she's walking back to the village and she comes up over the hill leading back and she finds the entire village just roaring, absolutely engulfed in flames. So Rose flips out and she goes running and she bursts into her house and uh, finds her mom lying there on the ground, just just barely alive. Uh, her mom tells Rose to, to run, you know, get, get away from here before they find you, before they find out that you have magic, you need to go. Um, so as her mom kind of, you know, lays there in Rose's arm and dies, Rose places the... Uh, the rose flower that, that, that her mom gave her that morning on her mom's chest, and she takes off. The final panel of that page actually shows two eyes of a panther opening, and uh, it's, you just, you know, you get the black the black background of that panel, and then the two eyes are open. Um, it's actually, a, it's, it's a pretty cool kind of progression. It's, it's very cinematic in that you know, you would just see kind of a black screen and then a pair of eyes just open. You can kind of imagine that. And I 
I personally really like when the art in a comic book gets gets cinematic and you can imagine it, how it would play out on the screen. Uh, but now flip the page and we are in the city of Vinta Belgarum, uh, where the queen is currently. So a peasant is in there talking to the queen, pleading with her to help them fend off the, this new disease that, that's that's plaguing their village. And, you know, she worries that it could actually turn into a plague and sweep the whole village. So a, a soldier, one of the queen soldiers, he comes in and he, he rattles off some nonsense about, you know, the weak dying and the strong beating the plague and, you know, the strong have to endure hardships to, 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 to come out stronger. Uh, but the queen, she cuts in and she tells this pat, peasant, uh, Madame Grey is her name, that she will consider the request. But, you know, when Madame Grey goes to leave, the queen turns to her assassin and orders him to kill Madame Grey um, just because I think she said, like, her her request uh, begin to, to wear on me, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the requests from Madame Grey are getting annoying, and she is kind of over hearing from Madame Grey. So she wants Madame Grey to be killed. Pretty, pretty brutal queen that we have here. So now the queen is going to turn to the soldier, whose name is Dante, to get a, a report on what's going on. Dante tells her that they burned the village, but they, they didn't find the rebels. The queen actually views this as a failure and begins using her own magic to... Uh, it kind of looks like she's she's sucking the life force out of Dante. It's uh, There's some kind of stream going from Dante's head to her hand, and, and he looks like he's in some pretty bad pain. Um, but instead of actually just full-out killing him, she releases her hold on him and sends him out to find the source, the new source of magic being used again in the kingdom and, you know, bring this source to her. So after letting Dante leave, the queen goes to talk to her father. Um, But father's not going to be talking back because father is just a skeleton chained up in a room in in the queen's castle. Um, She's kind of got some daddy issues here. Her father had apparently once told her that she was weak and sold her off uh, as if she was like his possession to just you know sell and barter. But she she wants to cleanse the entire kingdom of all of its magic to prove that she, Queen Drusilla, we finally actually just now figure out her name, Queen Drusilla is anything but weak. Now meanwhile, Rose managed to escape the village and get out of the get out into the forest without you know being burned or being caught. Uh, by the soldiers, so she's running, constantly looking behind her, watching her back, and she runs right into the back of this this, this big hulking guy. His name is Bjark, uh, I think is how you say it. Uh, but so Bjark is kind of he doesn't really react too much, but he turns around and three more dudes come running up, and they think she's they think Rose is a spy for the queen. She tries to tell them, you know, I'm not a spy. The queen just burn my village but they're not really believing her and one of the guys a real a real creepy looking dude um he his name's william he is going to interrogate her until he gets whacked on the head with a stick and that stick which kind of looks like a cross between a staff and a cane like a walking cane uh but it has a skull dangling from it as well it's pretty it's pretty wicked looking wicked looking stick Uh, it belongs to an old lady named ela that is the leader of of this group of rebels. 
Rose is kind of talking to them, and she's she's real, real upset about everything that's happened. Obviously, you know, you just held your dying mother as your entire village burned. You're going to be a little bit upset. Uh, but they're about to leave and flee from the queen's men. But Elin notices that a little piece of Rose's hair has started to turn white. And that's something that I don't really know if uh, Rose notices at first, although she does cover it up, but they don't actually address it. But you know what that means as a reader by now. Rose is going to be a guardian. So Queen Drusilla is plotting her revenge, and she really, really wants to find this this new source of magic in the world. So she goes down into the crypts below her her castle and into this room where she finds uh, that well she doesn't find she keeps her wraiths down here and these wraiths are just they're pretty much copies of past guardians and their cats um, and the issue ends as she sends these wraiths out to find where this magic is coming from which as a reader you know must be from Rose um, so the the book kind of continues along that path uh, Drusilla is trying to find Rose and Rose is trying to fight back against Drusilla and her her oppression of the entire kingdom. And you know, I had a really I had a really good time with this first issue. It sets up a really really cool premise. Um it's it's very it's a, it's an interesting story and the whole concept of it is very cool. Um it kind of revolves around Rose becoming this guardian fighting back against the queen and it is it is pretty good. I don't think it lives quite up to how cool I found the premise to be, but I did enjoy it enough. Uh, the art is pretty good throughout. There's little dips here and there, but when when the art is on, it looks awesome. Uh, but there are a couple of times where the facial expressions and just uh, some of the proportions and the different angles look a little bit weird and a little bit overdone, but you know the art is pretty good throughout. And like I said, it is a very fun premise, and it follows through and delivers a, a pretty cool story, but it doesn't quite live up to the to the intrigue uh, that is set up in this first issue. I really like a lot of the characters and the development that they get throughout, especially Rose and Drusilla. Now, granted, a lot of Drusilla's development is right there in that first issue, and... It kind of takes a back seat throughout the rest of the trade, but she does get enough, and I really like Rose as a character, and I really like this world that's been that's being set up. Now that being said, some of some things are are heavy-handed and a little bit over-explained and over the top, uh, not just in the dialogue but in the art as well. While there are some other aspects of the story that I felt were a little bit underexplained, um, so it's just doesn't quite have that that right balance of the things that I I want to learn more about and overexplaining some of the things that you know you can just kind of get like you just understand that from reading. So you know it's not terrible. There are really only a few places where that's the case where it's kind of overexplained in places that you don't need it, but those places do become a little bit more frequent as you reach the end of the trade. Um, the first issue grabbed me, and I was I was pretty much all in on that first issue. I was I was loving it, but my excitement and my interest it, it wavered a little bit throughout. It's still it's still a really really cool world, and I I had some fun with it, but 
I'm not sure if it is interesting enough and if I was really invested in the writing enough to continue reading this one on. I would like to see what becomes of Rose and how much more progression Drusilla gets and you kind of learn more about her motivations. Um, That is something that I would like to see, but you know, it would kind of have to pick up the pace for me. Um, So if it does pick up the pace and you have read the series and it does get a little bit better from here, please let me know and I will definitely continue on um, because, like I said, this this premise is really cool. But as, as a trade within itself, this first volume, it doesn't tell a complete story. It is pretty much all setting up more to come down the line, which is fine. I would have just liked to have a little bit more wrapping up to this story um but overall you know like i said the 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 premise is really cool it doesn't quite follow through on grab me too much based on that but overall i did i did have some fun with this and i think uh to give it a score i'd probably go with like like a like a solid seven you know it's not mind-blowingly good but it's not it's not bad by any means i did enjoy it enough um, just, it, it, it kind of fell flat as it went along. So, like I said, if anybody out there has read it and it does pick up a little bit more after the sixth issue and into the second trade, let me know because um, if it does, this is definitely a world that I would like to revisit and read some more about. Um, but as of, yeah, as for this, this review of Rose, that pretty much wraps things up here. Um, a little bit shorter one this week, um, but... I'll be back next week, and I think if all goes according to plan, I will be talking about Birthright Volume 1. Uh, that's a Joshua Williamson book. Um, that's what I'm planning on reviewing for you guys next week. But if anybody out there has some recommendations for me, please hit me up and give me some of those. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Vermillionaire3, or if you're in the Slack chat, you can uh, send me over some recommendations on there. Uh, but I want to encourage everyone to go over to patreon.com slash weirdscience. Support Jim and Eric if you can for all the work that they do, not only on the big main podcast, but you also get so many extra shows in there as well. You got your your monthly necessary nonsense. You got your Jim has issues with his wife. You've got your uh, pop culture podcast every other week. Sometimes every now and then the seller dweller, whoever that actually is, pops up and he'll give you um, some horror movie talk. You got the boys toys. You got the, the Patreon spotlight. Just so many extra shows. It is well worth the money. So Go check out the Patreon and support them if you can. Uh, But like I said, that pretty much wraps things up here. So I'm going to send it on back over to Jim and Eric or maybe just Jim or whoever Jim got to do the mail with him this week since uh, Eric and Reggie and seemingly everybody's out. Um, But whoever I'm sending it back over to, I'm going to send it back over to them. All right. Thanks a lot for listening, guys.
Hello and welcome to another edition of The Wild Storm. I am your host, Jeremy, and I'm here to talk to you about The Wild Storm issue number 14. Uh, this, of course, is written by Warren Ellis. Uh, art is by John Davis Hunt with colours by Steve Bucciolato. The letters are by the incomparable Simon Boland. Uh, and it is published by DC Comics and, of course, will cost you $3.99. Well, that's a shame. This is issue 14 of the Wildstorm's imprint flagship title, not 13, as indicated by the numbering on the cover. A small mistake, you might think, but when this comic manages to produce something approaching perfection, most issues, not an insignificant one. A fly in this comic's sweet-smelling ointment, a little fox to spoil an otherwise luxuriant and abundant vine. Still, that is a nice cover. The image of this version of Furchild, from Gen 13, lifting a jeep, one-handed above her head, is a typically Davis-Huntian, Davis Hunt-esque, study in feminine power and understated menace. Last issue saw the Wildstorm universe expand in intriguing and unexpected ways. Can we expect more of the same this time round? Let's find out. Uh, the first thing I need to say about that cover, apart from the fact that it does indeed look damned impressive, uh, well, Davis Hunt's artwork is in any case phenomenal it, it, it it's it's incredible the cover work though is it, it tends to focus on on a strong central image with very little to distract it uh, and that's certainly the case here it works incredibly well i love it uh i i must uh say the review copy that we got definitely had issue 13 sort of highlighted on the marker uh, uh, on the cover if you remember there are uh, numbers 1 to 24 going across the top. Uh, Michael Cray has 1 to 12, so it's just the same kind of idea. So it's it's telling you how many how many issues there are going to be in this series. In in the review copy that we got, it definitely says 13. Um, I'm told uh, by a very nice gentleman who commented on the site, and thank you for this, by the way. Now I'm going to try and get his name right because <laughs> it'd be terrible actually to. <clears throat> to acknowledge somebody uh, and get their name wrong. So, uh, Adalberto Duarte, I'm hoping is how is how uh, I pronounce that name. But anyway, he commented on the uh, on my review on the site, and thank you very much for that. Uh, but he did say that the printed version did in fact actually come with the correct uh, marker at number fourteen. So that is is cool. They have they have kind of corrected that, so that's good. Um, once you get past the cover, uh, you get into a very well. It, it's a it's an unusually almost abrupt. I want to say abrupt. It isn't abrupt really, but it 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 feels quick. We get into an action scene, uh, and it's Zealot. She's reporting to uh, Skywatch Ground Division, which of course is who she works for, and uh, she's talking to. Uh, one of the managers, one of the uh, about this meeting that she's meant to attend, and um, while she's having this conversation, six uh, heavily armed and armored um, IO operatives uh, storm the building and start killing people, and Zealot responds, 
Uh, and what you get is a wonderfully kind of kinetic, very sort of cinematic fight scene. Davis Hunt, you know, I, okay, do you know what? I mean, I'm just going to go on about Davis Hunt for a bit. Is that, is that okay? Davis Hunt doesn't do, uh, he doesn't do like crazy layouts like, like some artists do. I'm sure you probably could if you wanted to, but he's, he's chosen uh, for this comic to essentially tell the story in, in very kind of uh, geometric, sort of basic panels that they're, 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 they're kind of shaped as squares, rectangles, you know, how you would expect kind of panel layout to be, except, except he, he mixes those shapes and sizes up uh, to a great, uh, to great effect. And you get this here. This is, this is page two. So, so you've got sort of an establishing shot of the office. People are at their desks. This is, what is this? This is about two-thirds of the the way across the page, and it is about a third of the way down. Okay, so it's it's sort of that. It, it, there's quite a bit going on in here, actually. There's, there's quite a bit of detail. In the foreground, there are people. There's a there's a guy sat at or girl, sorry, it's a girl. No, could be a guy actually. A, a person of indeterminate gender sat, sat at a desk. A couple of people are are to the right uh, of the panel, uh, behind a couple of further desks, and they're just sort of standing around chatting. And, and and this is the great thing about about Davis Hunt. You've got two conversations going on here. Only one of them actually matters. It's the the conversation between Zealot. And this uh, this subordinate that she's talking to about this meeting, uh, but there's 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 also two other people kind of chatting at the ba- in the background, while two other people uh, in the foreground working at their desks. It's just a fantastic way of establishing the office environment, and it and it works really well. In the background, uh, you've got uh, through the picture windows, you've got the New York skyline. It it all looks busy and great and creative. Um, then you get uh, a close up on the face of the woman that Zealot is having a conversation with, and she looks a little bit disturbed. We know that she's kind of turning her head a bit because her hair has moved somewhat. And she's looking startled, and she and the dialogue says, "Did you hear something?" And she's about to 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 finish off that word, and indeed she does finish off that word. We hear her, in fact, finish off the word, right? But before we get to that, we get a series of six equal sized panels, small panels, which focus on. Uh, a gun going off. We don't know where the gun is. We see the barrel of the gun. Sorry, we see the muzzle of the gun. Uh, we see uh, Zealot's eye flick around and, and, and widen in reaction to the sound. Uh, we see the discharged casing of the bullet uh, sort of firing from, you know, falling to the floor. Uh, we see the bullet itself kind of being propelled through the air. And it's all done in close-up. Uh, we see uh, Zealot's uh, gloved hand gripping this woman's shoulder, and she moves her aside as the bullet that was intended to hit her uh, just sort of cuts a, 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 an inch or so off 
of her hair on on the right hand side of her face it, it is cinematic uh, and i keep on using that word and and i think yes it is but it also isn't i i i think one of the interesting things about about comics comics you read at your own pace now i'm not, I'm not saying that that creators can't speed or 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 slow speed up or slow down a comic they can um and and this this is in effect actually what what davis hunt and ellis are doing here they're, they're slowing the narrative right down so you actually get an understanding of how quick zealot's reactions are because because that's really what this is all about so so after you get those six little panels and then you get the uh the larger panel which is full width of the page it's it's kind of narrow in, in terms of uh, of depth but it's it's width is is full width um and you get uh, zealot kind of shoving her or, or, or moving or pulling her i guess actually to one side while she's completing the word something and, and and so so you get a very kind of clear understanding of just how quickly zealot can move now the reason i i've i've gone into all of that is is kind of uh very detailed i guess um is just to make the point that this is i i can't remember how many action scenes we've had so far i i, I want to say action scenes i, I mean kind of uh, up close and personal fight scenes. There, there have been a number of, of tremendously kind of memorable ones. Uh, there's been two involving John Colt. One, one uh, at the High Tower facility, and one in the past in China or Japan. Then, then you've got the Michael Cray stuff in in the first sort of six issues. Uh, towards the end of that sequence, uh, there's uh, towards the end of that arc. Uh, if in fact you can call it an arc, actually, I'm not sure that you can, but 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 that 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 section of the story, um, there's there's a there's a brutal fight uh, that that Davis Hunt renders extraordinarily well. This is different again, and I make make this this point in the uh, in the review on the site. This is different again because it's a different character, and and Hunt Davis Hunt has obviously given. And Ellis, actually, to be fair. I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, it's a collaborative process, isn't it? But they've obviously given considerable thought to the way they want this fight to play out and how they're going to use this fight to give us an, an, an understanding of just how good Zealot is. And my goodness, she is very good. Um, and I think this is... I think I might say this is the first time we actually see her uh, in a fight. We've seen her execute... Um, We've seen her execute Mitch and uh, Yoho, poor Mitch. But I don't think we've seen her in an actual fight. She's in a fight now. So it's her uh, against six, well, two Razor Cats. Each Razor Cat is, is made up of three operatives. So you've got six men, possibly women, that that, that she's fighting against. And you see them just, just cut down um, the, the guys in the office that that we've just seen and and you see them come through the the main doors and they just start killing people indiscriminately uh, and this is obviously you know there's a this is a hit hit on on skywatch ground division from io this, this is what miles craven was talking about last issue so people are dying and uh zealot pushes the girl out of the way tells her to to head for, for the elevator bank 
and starts firing. And again, you know, she's up on a desk. She's she's firing her pistol two-handed, and and she starts killing these these operatives. So the the, the first the first operative <laughs> dies within within like three panels of this of this happening. Uh, she flips over a desk, and and you think actually, and this is quite clever actually, because because you see her do this. And you think that she's going, she's going to use it for cover, uh, or at least I did. It, 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 it seems that it's kind of set up that way. Uh, and she flips it over, and and she's kind of she one panel she reaches the desk, the other panel she starts to flip it over, and you think to yourself, okay, she, she's just going to flip it over, she's going to hide behind it and use it for cover. The next panel, which is the, the final panel on the page, it's a uh, full width panel again. Uh, you see her; she's actually th- thrown it at these at these IO operatives, and it's like, it's like she's taken two of them out by just throwing this desk at them. So, so it, it gives you this kind of idea that not only is she kind of quick and she has, you know, superhuman reflexes and incredible accuracy, but she's also very, very strong. And uh, it's it just. And it's surprising because it's it's not what you expect when when you've you know when we we've seen people like Colt, uh, John Colt, we've seen people like Grifter, uh, who who have a similar and Cray, who have a similar kind of fighting style in the sense that they are using uh, handguns for the most part, and they're and they're quite acrobatic. Okay, this adds a, a, a kind of a, a twist to that and a, and a, and a kind of unexpected. Uh, kind of aspect to it, uh, and it's it's cleverly done. It's uh, it's really really well done. Uh, the rest of the fight plays out pretty much as you ex- would expect. She uh, she does not hide. She does not hide behind anything. She uh, she takes the fight to these soldiers, uh, and for for a good few panels, she's she's on she's fighting on on the desk just kind of coming towards them and at one point she kicks a computer monitor uh into their faces which is it's just it's kind of badass i i i i do want to see this on screen some someday it would just be awesome um and and you know davis hunt he's good at drawing debris davis hunt he's good at drawing uh he's good at drawing leaves uh, autumnal leaves sort of floating in the in the in the wind and he's good at drawing debris flying around uh, sort of his uh, his characters and uh, bucciolato does that thing again where the uh the the deaths are kind of rendered in red so 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 that the panels are kind of predominantly red when she kills people which is quite a kind of a nice touch when she's moving and shooting it's it's not it's a, a more a more standard color palette uh, and i do i do kind of like that the, the 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 final one she shoots through the head when she's upside down which is which is ludicrous in one sense I, she, she's kind of doing a sort of a roll basically off a desk and and she just she just shoots this guy through the head this is really, really well done. Um, and when she lands, uh, after having, you know, having kind of done this somersault, when she lands, uh, she lands in the, exactly the right position to shoot the last remaining one through the head. He's lying on the ground at the time. Uh, and then just, like, 
completely kind of cold and badass, she she asks to be put put through to uh, Henry Bendix, uh, who we'll see later on. I always like seeing Henry. He's uh, he's like a kind of uh, aged, twisted, paranoid, slightly mental uh, Jean Luc Picard. Uh, I always always like Henry Bendix. Right, all of that was I uh, was done in about five pages, and it's our pre-credit sequence uh, because the next. Uh, the next uh, the next page is a shift in location and we get the the title page it's the, the wild storm chapter 14 blah 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 all that kind of stuff it's it's all good uh, what we get is we get a desert um if my american geography was any good i could probably tell you which one it is but i can't because uh, my american geography is crap uh, I want to say it's like the Mojave Desert, but that's actually one one of the only deserts I actually know of in 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 North America. So that that's not good, is it? Uh, anyway, we've got a um, we've got a a garage, an old fashioned garage. Uh, we've got a pickup truck coming uh, driving in uh, to the garage. Uh, somebody's working on a car. Uh, that somebody looks female to me. Looks very suspiciously like the person on the front cover of the comic. Uh, there's a couple of, you know, antiquated petrol pumps. Sorry, gas pumps. There, you Americans and your weird language. Uh, and it's John Lynch, and he's talking. Uh, he's going to get out, and he's going to talk to uh, Fairchild. Fairchild, this should, if you are uh, a Wildstorm fan from back in the day, you'll probably get a bit, a bit excited about this. I, I was never massively into Gen 13. It's kind of aware of them, but I was sort of, I was more of a Wildcats Stormwatch kind of guy myself. But anyway, um, Fairchild, uh, here in this universe at any rate, is a mechanic. Uh, she's hiding out in the middle of nowhere, working on cars and generally trying to keep a low profile. Um, this conversation between Fairchild and Lynch is is the kind of the beating heart of this issue. It, it is a phenomenally well-written encounter. There, there are bearing in mind the context of this, because because last issue his encounter with uh, Mark Slayton, uh, who is uh, Backlash, uh, that didn't go very well. Uh, Backlash turned out to be a bit of a of a nut job. Uh, the idea is is that Lynch, when he was working for I.O., he was in charge of something called Operation Thunderbook. Uh, that involved uh, placing alien. Alien biology, alien DNA, alien uh, biological matter uh, within human beings and causing them to develop superpowers as a result. A fertile superpower is strength. It doesn't say she's invulnerable, but she is. She is strong, and. Both Backlash and Fairchild have the same problem. And the problem is, is that the alien matter that has been implanted in them seems to have a consciousness of its own. 
and seems certainly seems to have a will of its own. And she talks about this, and she refers to it kind of somewhat obliquely, more obliquely than Slayton does. Uh, but she kind of says, you know, every time uh, I use my power, I, it gets stronger. This this alien matter inside me uh, wants me to keep using the power, wants to, you know, encourages me to hurt people and what have you. And she's just been incredibly strong and and tried not, you know, not to use the power, tried to carve out something approaching a normal life for herself. And and one of the great things about this is that Lynch feels... It's clear that Lynch feels a sense of sort of almost paternal responsibility to these people and also a certain amount of paternal guilt in, in that he's not been able to kind of provide them with with a life that he can be proud of providing them, I guess. The, the big thing about Fairchild is that her her baby has been given away she's given her baby away i should say um and she has done that because she she doesn't want ever to be in a position to hurt her child um and that's that's that makes sense within within the context of this of this world and within the context of the of the conversation that she and lynch are having it makes perfect sense uh, she talks about uh, having killed her child's father, and th- we we get a flashback of that. Um, the, the way the way she kind of refers to it, uh, and I, I'm just I'm just going to talk about this because because this is this is there's a bit of ambiguity here, and those of you who um, who are reading the Wildstorm, I'd be very very interested to know what you think. They're having a conversation. They're, they're sort of drinking coffee. Um, and she says, I had a daughter, John. Where is she? I gave her up for adoption. Had to. Is the father around? I killed him. I killed him the day I told him I was pregnant. Only a tiny bit more good than bad, it turned out. He attacked me. Tried to kick the baby in my body to death. I killed him. I literally crushed him to death with my hands. And as she says that, she's holding uh, a wrench, which she which she bends out of shape. We turn over the page. There's something really odd going on here because we get two panels of, um, and they're in red. Again, the, the, the color palette here is quite, is quite important. They're in red. And he, uh, she is killing this man. Uh, we don't know anything about him. We don't, we, don't, we don't know what the circumstances are. We do know that he is clothed, or seems to be clothed. He's lying on a bed, and she is she's squeezing the life out of him. She's she's strangling him, and obviously he's trying to get his her hand off his neck. The second panel is really disturbing because because it it's her, she's just in a we only see her, her top she's she's just wearing a bra which suggests that. Well, you see the thing is here's the thing it it, it could be that she's telling the truth, right? It could be that she is uh, she's telling her fellow 
that she's pregnant. He's reacted badly. This could have been at at an intimate moment or whatever. And she has taken steps to protect herself and to protect the child. It's not not really to protect herself. It's to protect the child, really. The the problem with that is the, the expression on Fairchild's face. She is smiling. She's smiling like she enjoys it. She, it, it's a. I want to say it's an. Yeah, I want to say it's an evil smile, but it, but it's, it's kind of close. That there's a sense that that she's really kind of in, enjoying having this power. Now, 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 this, this then puts the conversation with Lynch into a slightly different light. Is she, is she telling Lynch the, the full truth? Is she putting a spin on it? Should we trust Fairchild? We want to trust Fairchild. She seems to be very, she's strong, yes, but uh, both mentally and emotion uh, and physically. But she's also there's a vulnerability there. She's had to give her baby away. There's you know there there's a certain sympathy for this character, but she's not she's not squeaky clean. Um, now she doesn't claim to be to be fair, but. The, there's something quite disturbing about that about that those two panels um so we don't know we know that Slayton's bonkers but we don't know about about Fairchild is is this a moment of of uh of violence where she loses control and now she's she's wanting to move away from it I, I don't know it's it's difficult to tell um it's great storytelling though um and there's there's just a, a a ton of just really interesting things going on here uh one is 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 that she is preparing to meet uh the local mob uh or crime family and what she has been doing is is preparing a the the truck that she's been working on she's fulfill it with explosives uh, and she just takes it out to the desert. You see a dust cloud on, on kind of the horizon. Uh, and Lynch is kind of watching her just carry this thing out. She's just carrying it in one arm, uh, carrying it over her head, this this pickup truck that is full of explosives, and she just tosses it uh, at the... Or presumably she does tosses it at, the, at these bad guys that are coming to get her. And Lynch is driving away, and, and he kind of says, no, no, this is wrong. And he stops. And and I think he's probably, you know, going to turn around, and then suddenly he sees the explosion, and um, he's sort of visibly upset by that, because it would seem that, that sort of Fairchild has perished in the explosion perhaps I, we, we don't know um but but he's kind of he's upset he's upset about it and and we are too you know because in, in the short sort of time we we've, we've met her um we've really come to like this this woman and uh you know she's gone out on her terms if she has died she's gone out on her terms she's she's sort of done what she felt she needed to do um but it's 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 very powerful it's a powerful piece of storytelling uh then we go to craven and bendix talking to one another 
Bendix is probably the more agitated agitated of the two. Craven still thinks that it was Skywatch that took down Hightower. So that's that's kind of interesting. Um, they're basically just kind of throwing insults at each other at this point. He doesn't last for very long. It's it's just two panels uh, across a across the full page. And then we go to Shen uh, and Jenny May Sparks and Jack Hawksmore. If you remember the last time we saw them, they kind of they kind of kidnapped Jack Hawksmore basically. Uh, Shen used her magic to cut him off from the city, and um, he's a bit freaked out by that. Shen uh, gives him one of her pills to try and heal him, to try and get because he says he can't remember who he is and, and what have you. And uh, he, uh, she gives him one of her pills, and and he begins to remember, and that's that's it. That's that's all we get really from that section. It's pretty cool, actually. Um, the last thing we get in the issue is uh, Mark Slayton, uh, who looks like he's sort of broken down on the side of the road. Uh, there's a there's a car coming towards him. Uh, nice looking guy. Sort of rolls down the window, says, "You know, you having car trouble? Anything I can do to help?" And uh, Mark Slayton says, "I owe Skywatch." And the guy goes, "What?" It's a simple question, Pilgrim. I can smell the number of altered people out here. There's no way Io did them all. There's no way Skywatch wasn't keeping up with Io. Uh, and so the, this this guy is, in fact, a Skywatch operative, and something changes his face, um, and he, he looks all sort of bestial and what have you. And... Um, Slayton takes him out with his uh, weird glowing alien whip things that he that that come out of his wrists. And as he's saying it, he's uh, as he's doing this. Sorry, um, he's uh, he's singing that uh, spiritual song, uh, "Dem bones, dem bones, dem dry bones." Uh, so he kind of comes across as being completely bonkers, which he is quite frankly. Um, I, I think, to be honest with you, th- this last section, it's okay. It, it doesn't have anywhere near sort of the level of kind of intrigue or or emotional impact as the Fairchild stuff that we had earlier. I, and I said this in the, uh, in the review on the site. There is a kind of a dip. Not in quality. I won't say quality, but there's, but there's, there's a dip in, in kind of um, in tone. And in engagement, um, and that's a bit of a shame, really. So, so, but you know, it's still a very good issue. I mean, it really is. It's 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 a tremendous issue, and I think that there is something rather wonderful about seeing different members of the authority get together. There's something great about seeing Zealot uh, in action, and and the the conversation between between Lynch and Fairchild is is just absolutely phenomenal. It's 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 wonderful. Really really good storytelling. Uh, I've given this nine out of ten. I think that's that's probably fair to be honest with you. Uh, I I think this remains one of the best told comic books that DC are putting out. I, I I'm really struggling actually to find something on a par with this. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I'm just going to say this. I, I, I think I've read three issues of Doomsday Clock, um, and Doomsday Clock is doing 
Uh, Doomsday Clock is doing something very different on the one hand, but also something quite similar. Uh, there's a there's a long kind of slow burn with with Doomsday Clock going on as well, and there's an attention to detail and there's a detail in the art uh, that I I guess is is kind of similar to to what we've got here. Um, I would rather read a Wildstorm book than than Doomsday Clock though. Um, I think and and, I, and don't get me wrong, I think Doomsday Clock is a is a is a quality product, but um or the wild song just something about it it's um you know ellis is a really versatile writer um he's doing he's playing this ludicrously long game which ordinarily should turn you off i i, I think you know there are there, there there are there are sort of you have to wait for payoff you have to wait uh for for things that the script has promised you uh to be delivered on but you do trust Ellis to do it, and because because at this point at issue fourteen he has started to deliver on some things already, and so you know what to expect. Um, so there is this kind of wonderful kind of uh, luxurious depth to to the, the the series in the sense that you've got the different characters, and they they are working at their own pace. They're not going to be hurried just to you know provide a a confrontation that you know we all want to see you know i i would love to see you know zealot on a team with with grifter that that would obviously be awesome um i would love to see um sort of more characters from from stormwatch I want to see Rose Tattoo, actually. I want to see Rose Tattoo, and I want to see Mr. Majestic. That's what I want to see. But anyway, whatever. <laughs> Whether that will ever happen, I don't know. But, yeah, I, 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 mean, I mean, you know, Ellis is taking his own time, is what I'm trying to say. And, and he's, he's doing it, and he's not annoying me. You know, he, you know so sometimes when... when, when I mean, I, I know... Reggie, I think, uh, has just reviewed the latest Aquaman issue on the site, and 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 that that is a that's that's a long story arc. You know, I I, I know it's sort of broken down into convenient six issue chunks, but it it's been going on for a, for a ridiculous amount of time that that Aquaman story, um, and it moves really slowly, and and you can quite justifiably kind of get get hacked off with this with that um i i don't think you i don't think you can with this book because it's just so damn good and and because you are very much aware of the fact that what you're seeing is something unfolding uh something that is coherent that will make sense at the end but is is unfolding before your eyes uh, and it's it's really well done it's really really well done it's really skillfully done uh, Davis Hunt, Bucciolato, great art team. Simon Boland's letters, understated. Everything's understated in this book, uh, and that means that when you get to a point where something dramatic happens, when you get to a point where something emotionally affecting happens, my goodness, it really does make an impact. Uh, it's it's great stuff. Nine out of ten. 
nine out of ten. Do you know? I'm not even going to try and speculate where we're where we're heading with this. I I have some ideas, but I, I'm not going to because because you just never know with this book. Um, but I am very excited to see how things to see how things pan out. Anywho, that's me done for for this week. Thank you very much for listening. It's been very very good of you. Uh, I'm always up for for feedback. If you if you want to let me know what you what you think of the review on the site, by all means, leave comments there. If you you want to uh, to talk to me, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dor Jeremy. Um, you can also you can also visit my blog, which is www jddunsani.wordpress.com feel free to check it out all I have to say is uh, have a great week Uh, please do support the Patreon uh, with Jim and Eric Uh, they do a fantastic job, an amazing job really Um, and and, you know know what I I will say this because one of the great things I have really really enjoyed um some of the re- reviews on the on the website uh from uh, from people that 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 like myself J- J- Jim has kind of asked to get involved or given the opportunity to get involved or ask for volunteers or whatever and and it's it's great there really is a sense of kind of really uh there's a real sense of community uh on the weird science website it is fantastic to see and uh, and and those reviews are great. They're really really good. And so so check out the site. Check out the Patreon. I, I just have this this excitement really about the site that you know there's lots and lots of people getting involved in in writing stuff and it's it's good. It's good to see. So uh, check it out because there's lots of lots of great stuff going on. Uh, the Chris and Reggie have a, a cosmic treadmill episode out at the moment. Uh, on creepy issue number one. So if you're into kind of old time Warren uh, horror comics, that's worth checking out. There's just so much good stuff going on. Anyway, anyway, I will love and leave you now. You take care and uh, I will see you. I will see you next week. Take care. Bye bye. Yo, it's mail call. All right, it's Mail with Eric without Eric, so I guess, Denson, Mike, you do need Jim Werner, don't you? Sometimes that comes about that you need me more than you ever knew. This is Mail section number three, and it's dedicated to my man Rick Mills. And if you remember, Rick is going back. Uh, He's a little behind on the podcast. He is way back, and uh, he is talking about them, and he starts with, Hello, love. And actually, I'll tell you, when Rick sent his emails last week, 
Uh, it, I did get a bunch of messages from people that were laughing about like, oh man, I forgot all about that part of the podcast. I forgot about the, the uh, popsicle flavors and, and things like that. So this is pretty cool. Hello, Lof, he says. Hope you are all doing well. I know what you're thinking. Is this guy going to write a response to every podcast he listens to? And he says, why, yes, that is the plan. So feel free to read this and or send it straight to the trash since I'm not part of your current podcast. And that's the best. I wonder how long it will take him to get to these mails. It's going to take him quite some time. He is over 100 episodes behind, and he is hitting the stretch of 12, 11-hour podcasts, things like that. You mentioned Arkham Knight featuring the killing joke as part of its main plot points. It is actually because of Arkham Knight that I wanted to know more about comics and have really pushed myself to get more into them. It has my favorite villain, Scarecrow, as one of the final bosses. It also has made Jason Todd one of my favorite characters. I'll come back to this, though. And yeah, there is a spoiler alert, Jason Todd. Uh, I actually did the Arkham Knight digital book. I reviewed that book way back, and that was one that uh, one of the first times that I had seen the art of one Victor Bogdanovich, who we've had on a bunch of books since. New uh, New Superman, uh, also I believe Silencer, and uh, with that, I said right away that he had art that was very Greg Capullo-esque, and I really liked it. And then he says, Hello, love. Shout out to Jazz, a fan even more hardcore than me. There you go, Jazz. DC Comics number 934. I think I ruined some of the comic for myself down the line. I've been Googling info on comics a lot recently, and now when I open up Google on my phone, it shows me current comic news. I saw yesterday a picture of Batman holding a dead clay face. Oh my goodness, I was really upset for a couple reasons. As I've mentioned, I've seen Batman in the animated series. Growing up, it made my favorite villain, Scarecrow and Clayface. Not a Clayface fan, though I did like him in Detective. Scarecrow, because he killed Batgirl, and at the time it made him the best villain in my opinion. I know how. I know now it was just a hallucination, but still I think he is an underrated villain. It's funny because you go by two things that I hate. Scarecrow, hallucinations, Clayface with just being Clayface, where you have where, oh my god, Gordon's doing all that bad stuff. Wait, Batman punched him and Clay came Oh, it's Clayface. That always drives me nuts. Uh, he says, I also remember seeing Clayface in the series where he, when he loses in a fight with Batman, he fakes his own death, the greatest scene of his career, which I was glad. What well, not the greatest uh, role that anybody can play is just life, life itself. Is that not our greatest role? The great, He says, which I was glad he made into a Batman game, Arkham City. So to find Clayface joining a team with Batman got me excited to see him more. But now I don't think I will. I hope I forget what I saw by the time I get caught up. It's going to be a while. It's going to be a while. And then you'll see Clayface uh, hang a letter for Cass and go off possibly to start a detective agency uh, with Dr. October called October Nights. I like seeing Azrael. I think he is uh, a different character. I I would agree that with as quickly as Batman arrives, he had to see someone. I guess he could have been expecting the thermal search from Alfred to produce something. Don't know what that means. Uh, When I read this, I didn't give it much thought. But now that you mention it, it is odd that Kate's father is communicating on her supposedly secure comms. I'm also surprised that Bruce is shocked that his cousin Kate, a.k.a. Batwoman, knew his identity. He had to know that she was smart enough to figure out her cousin was a superhero as well. 
And yes, I, I believe. Uh, I agree as well that the way Tim mentions the letter could have used more explanation initially. I think that Bruce would know if one of the Gotham vigilantes has been looking into a pl- being applying for college. I believe he would look into what letter Tim is talking about when he and Kate suddenly appear in front of them during the conversation. And with that, you're going to have to deal with that. But boy, speaking of a death coming up, he'll, he'll be surprised. He's going to be surprised. I, it seemed odd that throughout the issue, the only time Bruce grins is when he is talking to Clayface. It seems to me like Bruce either does not take Clayface seriously or he's manipulating Clayface like a child or just using him uh, for his own ends. I like the art, but was not overly enthused with the story. I get that it is showing us the characters and setting up the series. I hope that it pans out because it looks like a series that is going to be really great. He'd give that a seven. Action Comics number 957. And this is where where he's coming at. This is the very beginning of Rebirth. Action Comics 957. I'm not picked this one up yet. I do intend to. Seeing Lexus Superman sounds like it would be incredible. And I'd really like to know where they take that. Nowhere. Nowhere. That's where it's going. And and really, the setup of Lex becoming Superman in the end of the New 52 and even back to Forever Evil was actually more interesting. But the Flash Rebirth number one and now Lex is full out crazy evil, crazy whack funky evil now in that Justice League. Oh, shit, boy. The Flash Rebirth number one. I have not yet picked this one up either. I want to because I've heard that the Flash's latest foe, Godspeed, is so fast he is in two places at once. The thought of that was really cool and definitely interests me. It's kind of thrown in there to make things make sense. I have a hard time with the Flash since this character all this time by traveling through the Speed Force. Though I am not a quantum physicist, I have strong opinions about time travel. Like one Eric Shea. I've said it over and over. I just ignore it and have fun. And the Flash does not adhere to them. I may have to suspend my opinions, but if they constantly use the Speed Force to explain away things, I won't be reading too much. I will probably pick up this later, depending on if Barry is a dick in your next few reviews. Uh, At the beginning, I didn't really like Flash Rebirth. So if you go back, I, I actually didn't like Godspeed at that point. I thought things moved pretty slow, uh, and as it went on, I kind of went through the roller coaster ride of emotions with the Flash, but but that's the problem is if Rick does not like time travel or whatever, the big story, obviously, in all of Rebirth for Flash is this Flash war going on, which involves a lot of time travel and, and timeline changing, it even seems now. Aquaman Rebirth number one. A part of me wants to like Aquaman, I just can't, though I get that he's a human-Atlantean hybrid. I feel like a man of the sea should portray the scariest aspects of the sea and water. He'd be human-Atlantean but have King Shark's teeth and Killer Croc's skin. It's a monstrosity. I think there would be more, but since I don't know a lot of the characters, I'm limited here. Until then, hashtag not my Aquaman. His hashtag monstrosity. Walking monstrosity. It's like a merman slash creature of the Black Lagoon. How's Mara going to fall in love with that? Though Mara is, you know, she looks beyond the outside appearances, I would say. But I don't think that Mara's falling in love with a guy with Killer Shark's teeth and Killer Croc's skin. And maybe have like a, uh, maybe uh, guppies, like a fucking big tail or something. Legends of Tomorrow number four, please. 
It is unfortunate that you guys were not overly enthused with Firestorm and Metamorpho. The new 52 has made Firestorm one of my favorite characters, and Metamorpho is a character I was wanting to start reading. However, I am stubborn, and regardless of how you guys felt about them, I will still read them sometime in the future. I am excited about Metal Men ever since they were in Justice League. I've been looking forward to see them more, so I'll definitely get this one as well. Uh, yeah, Reggie and Eric talked on and on about those, and I hated them, and I bailed. I was out. Uh, here he says, Red Hood Arsenal number 13. Spoiler alert, because of Arkham Knight, I wanted to read more about Jason Todd. So I got both the Rebirth and the new 52 for the Red Hood. Uh, seems like he got the new uh, the DCYOU, because that's the Red Hood Arsenal. There's also the Red Hood and the Outlaws from before. Uh, it sucks you guys did not like where it went. Since you brought it up, I've never looked at comics and felt something, but Corey definitely awakened something, especially when you see the scene with her and Roy, the burning bamboo headboard and the handprint burning in the Roy's chest. Is it weird? I'm interested to know how that would feel on me. And sorry. And yes, that is weird. On a different note, I do have a team-up I would like to see. I like the concept of Etrigan, especially when the writer makes him rhyme. Where is Eric for this? Eric needs to be around for this. This is all his triggers. When he doesn't, I feel like I wasted my time. A team-up with Jason Todd might seem quite odd, but this is something I would enjoy. Who else would they employ? Maybe Raven? Or is that too brazen? Okay, see, he's doing the rhymes. I don't think that would work because Etrigan is a joik. That's how you do it. Okay, so I was never that good at rhyming, but I like the story with Etrigan, and Jason Todd would be great. It'd be, an, it'd be a weird one. It'd be like, hey, Jason, what you meanin'? Don't mess with me, because I'm the demon. See? There you go. I, my name is Etrigan, I came to say. <laughs> there, there's my rapping. Jason Todd would then struggle with where his morals lay. Uh, Etrigan would constantly be trying to convince him to be even more of an anti-hero. I don't know who, but whoever plays the third party member would be doing the opposite of Etrigan. Uh, so you would need somebody good. I say go out on limp Batman. Their Jason Todd Etrigan book will not be happening, and I can't wait for Rick to get to the Hell on Earth, Hell is Earth miniseries uh, with Etrigan, and then maybe he'll stop liking Etrigan. Green Lantern Corps, Edge of Oblivion, number 13, deep cut. Again, it is unfortunate that the GLC run isn't ending on a high note. As a Green Lantern fan, I hope that after I took a break around Relic's arc, it would become better. That Edge of Oblivion, I don't know if he read Lost Army by Cullen Bunn, which was the series that happened right before. Edge of Oblivion was actually Tom Taylor jumping on to finish that. So he may even be reading half of the story. Well, I think uh, he says, I think that's all I have on this episode. Thanks for bearing with me. I'll be writing it again. And that's the other thing, too, is... I, I keep forgetting that when we had Rebirth Start, you did have a couple books that overlap like a bunch of nonsense uh, because things weren't spelled out right. You know, they didn't get things timed right or whatever. But yeah, Edge of Oblivion. I, I have that trade nonsense. It is. Uh, but the funniest thing is that people didn't read that. One of the things that they never did resolve was at a point where the Green Lantern Corps got taken away. The whole thing was, the setup was to get the Green Lanterns disappeared. Everybody was a Green Lantern disappeared. But in the meantime, Hal Jordan was doing this ruse that he had, you know, gone against the Green Lanterns and all this, but the only one who knew the truth was Kilowog, and he was going to step forward then eventually and say, hey, hey, my man Hal was just, we're just faking, we're trying to draw out some bad guys. 
and then they all disappeared. So there was nobody to say that Hal was, you know, on the up and up. And so he became Hal Jordan Renegade in the the, uh, DCYOU. So while this happened, where the Green Lanterns disappeared, they end up going up to the source wall on the other side, it seemed. And there's a little hole in it. And they, John looks out, and Hal was on the other side. And I swear to God, Hal saw them, which I don't think he did, but I swear to God, maybe. And then Hal repaired the source wall, blocking or keeping the Green Lanterns from coming back. And it was the funniest thing. Me and Eric laughed so much about it. And that was never resolved. And I really wanted a thing where when the source wall did break in metal and all this where we had uh, Hal Jordan and uh, John Stewart sitting around like, remember that last time something happened with the Sir Swallow? And Hal's like, what? What are you talking about? You know, when you saw me through that crack and then repaired it and didn't help us? Oh, that one, that time? Yeah. But yeah, that happened. It made me laugh so much, but it was never resolved. But thank you, Rick. Thank you for your mail. And we're going to go on now, I believe, to end the podcast. Now here's Eric. And he's talking all about DC. Now here's Eric. And he's talking all about DC. Eric Shea will throw it down. His reviews are strong and sound. His scores are much better than gems you'll see. He will tell us all about DC. So tell us all about DC. Eric Shea. That's me. Eric Shea, he is back and so am I. Right now, as people listen, you're probably driving home from the Poconos. Eric, That is a weird thing to say. I'm I'm recording with you. What are you talking about? I'm telling you, when they're listening, they're listening now. And it'd be funny. The guy's like, oh, I guess he's driving home on Tuesday morning. I'm saying, I guarantee, this. by the time this podcast comes out, I'm already going to be home. I don't know. Uh, you, yeah, you might get done early. That's true. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna have all these days uh, time. I probably will put it out in the afternoon just to prove you wrong. Prove me yeah. wrong, kids. That's what I'll say. <laughs> uh, here we go. We have two more books left, and it's a weird deal because we usually keep, you know, some kind of the crap. Best stuff in the back, right? Oh yeah, the best. The best is in the back end. Liquor in the front, poker in the rear. Eric, whoa, who says that? Uh, and with that, these two books are probably two of the better issues that we think of the, each series, respectively. Yeah. Doesn't mean they're great, but also, you don't have a lot of books this week, so you got to yeah. put something in the back. I mean, there has to be somebody riding in the caboose, as they say. <laughs> oh, my that? goodness. Hooey. Hey there, Eric. What's going on with you there, buddy boy? Oh, guy kid, we're not doing this right now. See, uh, see I, that was my problem is I should have said guy kid first, then I could say awful things. Hey, you know what they used to say to me down at the rec the center there? They used to tell me that it's it's liquor in the front and poker in the back there. That's what they said. Yeah, that's see? a guy kid line. I don't see, know I why get away with stuff. said that. I don't know either. I don't know what was going on. He, he kind of was acting a little You're funny. such a scamp guy kid. <laughs> I know I can't be controlled here. I, I got to get uh, done this here podcast. I got to go shine some shoes. Hey, I'm gonna... telling you, Jim. I'm telling you, guy kid is like a ventriloquist, a ventriloquist <laughs> he dummy. Can say you can say whatever. Say anything. Yeah. You can. Hey, listen here. You know what type of oh, people shit. I don't like? Eric the Draculas. Oh, no. 
the Draculas. I also don't like the dragons, and I don't like the mummies. There you go. Guy kid, how dare you? I don't like this kind of podcast that you're going to segregate I'm going the podcast on Twitter right now with from my the Draculas, the dragons, and the mummies. What else don't you like? I also don't, I don't like, like them. the daddies either. I don't like them, the lagoon creatures. What what you call them things, the blobs? monster. Yeah, the, hey, I don't like that, you know, the one thing that I really don't like that I wanted to talk to Eric about, I don't like that Friday the 13th, number 13, the way they changed that mask. The 13th, not part three. <laughs> I just I was trying desperately to think of anything to upset you, and I forgot to say the number. You know what? You know what? I don't like the Halloween threes. You know why I don't like it? There's too much of that Michael Myers in that one. There you go. I agree. There was a scene in there where they're watching Halloween one. I know it's a different universe, but I don't need that in my movie. And what I also don't like is that at the at the end of Sleepaway Camp, that surprise at the end, it was bullshit, Eric. And the surprise was that they didn't have to pay to stay at the camps. There you go. There's the surprise. Once you okay, find yeah. out the financial things of this each uh, camper, you you didn't watch the director's cut. Oh man, I thought you were into this stuff. You didn't see that when they they went there with the bills and they said, "Listen, the shit that your kids just seen, kids on the house, baby." That's what they said. I know what you're talking about. I also saw the director's cut. Yeah, I know that director Johnny Franklin. That guy kicks Johnny ass. Johnny Franklin. Yeah, that's that's who did the sleepaways camps, right? The Johnny Franklins. I'm telling you, he's one of the the Franklins. You know, the the Ben Franklins guys. That guy. He see that guy was in the nudes, Eric. That's how he liked to do his things. That's how he rolled. There you go, Eric. This I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. What? Uh, I don't know what's go what's going on. I just came in some little fucking sh- little scamp. He ran out. I didn't know what was going on there. You Eric. realize you've been talking with the guy what? kid here this whole no. time. No! Uh, I came in there. It looked like there was three midgets in a goddamn trench coat. And one was smoking a cigar. It was weird. That was the middle He's one. Taller than it you, didn't then. make any sense. I, hey there! What you talking about? You wanna fight me? You, you shorty? What? How dare you, you midget, that that I don't know? (laughs) Oh, my goodness, what is that? There's not enough. Yeah, all I know is that I was down on my luck. I've been arrested for 18 crimes, so I knew I'd be able to live here because your wife lets anybody live in this here room. Oh, guy kid's a therapy doll (laughs) to try to get you through all this nonsense you have to deal with. I got you. Yeah, just just point where they touched you. What? T- it- Tony can't get mad if Guy Kid says it. Yeah, well, I, I I have to touch the uh, the uh, Guy Kid now where they where they touched me. Uh-huh. Oh my goodness! What do you think you saw? One of those guys there in the Hollywood? What is this? The casting couch? You told me to do that, Guy Kid. What what are you? What is that? Who's a touching you? Yeah, I don't know. Um, now I'm, I've switched characters, Eric. It's all imploded. Oh no! Oh no! I can't keep it uh, together. I'm uh, I'm gonna go. I know I get the. Bo- oh no! There you go, Eric. Now that's the of the mind at the end. Now. What's that, Ma? Up there on the hill? Yeah, Ma. She's good. There you go. <laughs> Isn't that what he says in the psychos? No. It's all coming together, Eric. It's all. You're, you're just hurting my soul, is what you're oh, doing. Am I? Yeah. You know what movies that I likes. I likes the Phantasm, because it's got that guy, you know, the the extra long guy. That's the guys I like. Yeah. 
I he's, heard that about you. He's a, he's neat, that guy. And then he, when he says, and what it's made for me because you know that guy's catchphrase that Augustus Grimes. He says Augustus Grimes. He says boys. That's what he says. He's the boys. And then when you go, yeah, kids is what he says. And I don't know what's going on there because he's got this book that's made of the hell demon skins. That was a nice podcast we had once. We have two books left, Eric. Guy kid, get the hell out of here. You're not welcome here. You know. Go bother oh, Phantom no, Reviewer. It's, it's, the, it's the, the PR. I almost said it's the Phantom PM. Reviewer. It's the PM, Eric. It's the PM. Oh, my goodness. I don't know why I'm doing this because I was going to do a couple more of them there songs. And now I ripped apart my voice. Yep. All right, Eric. It's time for two books here. I could just get out of here. <laughs> I can't help it. I, I went under the, the bureau and I found your, your Adderall deal that you're hiding from every other person in the goddamn house under with your grubby fingers. <laughs> under the bureau. <laughs> I went under the chest of drawers and I found the Adderall and I, I put it in the icebox. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, you should put it in some better place there. I found it very easily, just like just like your wife did the other day. Oh, guy kid, why are you bringing up this stuff that I'm going to have on the Jim Has Issues with His Wife podcast? I don't know, because you one kid's getting in fights with the UPS guy. You're calling there the disability and losing your mind? Oh, Eric, what are we going to do? What are we going to do with this here podcast? This is the thing. I'm playing with Transformers. You, well, you're well, what's going to go on? Uh, oh, so what you're telling me is I have to also be an entertainer and an informer. Uh, yeah, with sure. this is I'm doing one of those things where I, I have made a wish and they said basically Eric can't leave Quakertown until you're done your podcast. It ain't ever ending, Eric. I don't oh, know why I went into the guy does. kid there. <laughs> I think some people say that. He's a Chucky's. I've actually seen some complaints on iTunes reviews for that. But, you know, we're just two guys that love each other, Eric. That's all we are. I'm the two ch- cool guys who love each other. I'm the Chuckies. Isn't that that guy that, that Johnny Dunham does with those jokes there with the Chuckies? <sighs> See, this is the thing. I now do I do the whole uh, rant and rave thing by myself, so I never hear that sigh that's usually reserved for a Richard Richardson is now reserved for me. Richard Richardson here. Go. He kind of sounds a little like the guy kids there, Eric. The Brave and the Bold, Batman and Wonder Woman number five, Eric. We're starting this section with. Anything do you want to say about that there, Guy? Guy Kid's uh, asleep now. He's actually in his uh, his little uh, freaking sleeping bag. He's asleep. You can hear him here. And if, if you can imagine, Eric, a uh, feather is going up and down there. There you go. And scene. There, are you there? <laughs> You there now? There, are you there? Oh my goodness, the nonsense horn. The Brave and the Bull, Batman and Wonder Woman number five, written by Liam Sharp, art by Liam Sharp and Romulo Fajardo Jr. The penultimate issue is here, Eric, and I may have already checked out. A guy kid didn't, but I did. It doesn't really matter because the story shifts to set up an all-out battle to finish now that the realms of fairy and man are opening up. Hey, guy kid, what do you think of the lands of fairy? I like it! Yeah, that's all. He's a, he's a man of few words, a kid of few words, if you will. Uh, this issue is okay, right? It, it's it. You said to me, I'm trying to get you back in this conversation here. Uh, it, it's one of those where you think it's the better of this deal. Oh no, he's a Transformers. 
That's what he is. I think he's one of those Dino bots. Uh, with that, <laughs> I think that the one is called the 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 Transformer Primal dude. Is that what it's called? <laughs> I was trying. To, I tried so hard to remember what you told me during the day. He's one of them transamorphic dude X. Uh, this issue, Eric. Why do you hurt me so uh, much? This issue here. I'm hurting my voice and hurting our chances of ever having multiple downloads of this podcast. Is what I'm yeah. really doing. This here is. It, this is your business plan. You better go back to the business schools, there, buddies. All right, we're gonna get to this, Eric. I, I'm gonna get to it. The problem be is. Awesome. The problem is you have to imagine I'm doing all of these things. Like, I, you know, you could think that I'm just sitting here and not acting out what's going on. Not only was I acting out what's going on, somehow I, I got rid of all the books that I had in my player here and I got to load them up. So I'm trying oh, desperately now to do that's that. That's actually the only normal thing that's happening right now. Yeah, really. It is. You, you are correct. <laughs> um, this issue has the, the same problem. Can you believe problem. it? <laughs> now I'm off now. Uh, this issue has the same problems that you're going to have in most of this series. It's basically, it's very wordy. Uh, it, it, I think somebody got to Liam Sharp and said, listen, buddy, you got a little convoluted. Let's, let's kind of narrow it down. Penultimate issue. Let's kind of get it down to like, you know, the brass tacks here where basically this whole issue, you throw away a lot of setup. The, the setup of everything just ends up being basically, you know, you learned about the land of fairy. You learned about these. the last three issues. Well, that's what I'm saying. But really, you did still get that setup of, you know, we can't escape, uh, you know, this and that. But, yeah, you, you really – it is Wait, no what's longer – What Batman and Wonder Woman doing in well, this book? that's the problem. They, they don't need to be. I told you right away that this book, Batman and Wonder Woman, are in it only for name only to be on the cover because this would never sell and they never would have greenlit it anyway. So I think he had this story about Tyr and the Nog and, the, you know – whatever eggnog yeah and they they have yeah he has the story and you do need the cell so it's like well we'll go with this he goes to mr dc hi mr dc i don't know if you know me i'm liam sharp but i draw the wonder woman's yeah i I like that art she got going there there buddy thank you mr dc i got this great story (laughs) what i want to write and i draw it's called fairy tales oh fairy i I like that is that like that vertigo book we once did that that fables there you know that you know that they stole that for that once upon a time tv show but they they changed the name so they didn't have to pay me those sons of bitches yeah, and, well, and anyway, be, you're not anyway, you're not what? supposed to like it until I tell you that I'm gonna oh, put Wonder Woman and Batman. I don't like this. This is the worst idea. You know what happened? We did this once, it was called Fables. Those goddamn people at ABC, they stole these ideas. You gotta put the Batmans and the Wonder Woman and say then they can't steal it. That's our properties, baby. Uh yeah, I think that he had this story. And they're like, no, you can't do this. So what happened is, okay, I'm going to get Batman and Wonder Woman in. We're going to have it where the first – Wonder Woman's there. It takes a bit to get Batman there as well. When Batman gets there, he's there to solve a mystery, and by the time we get to this, you don't need that. And And there really is – The whole thing that we've been dealing with now, that Batman's trying to get the bottom of it, I need to go talk to that boy again. Yeah. All right, I figured it out now that I talked to that boy again. I need yeah. to go back to Gotham because yeah, shit is already happening. To me, it would be like you're, you know, now we're going to be cops, Eric. We're going to play a new one. 
Uh, I am a jerk off, and you're the blind man. I don't know if yeah, you've heard this. Jerk off. I'm Yakov Jerkoff, the uh, the Russian cop that ended up having to leave Russia and work in the Chicago, uh, only because my family was murdered and I was wanted by the uh, Russian mob. So I had to go undercover. Now I've shown up as a Chicago cop. Uh, you go in and you basically uh, interrogate this thing, and this is what I'm saying. This whole idea of this mystery. That's you going like, I don't, you know, are you? Did, did you? Do this? Did you kill that guy? And then I come in. And it's like, listen, listen, comrade. I do things like in Russia. In Russia, interrogation does you. And I go in. I spend three hours. I, I tell you to turn off the cameras. Chairs are being broken against the wall. I'm crying at points. All that stuff. And then at the end, I come out and I'm like, he was telling the truth because <laughs> that's all this is. You get yeah. a little extra bit of story well, that thing, then leads the you. Is, it, all it is is this whole thing where this boy. Who was like, you know, accused of killing the king? Who saw what happened or something like that? He had a story to tell. Nobody was yeah. listening. Yeah, yeah, and nobody was listening. He has a story to tell, and also the story involved the setup of like he said, you know, oh my lord, and oh, uh oh, that means that he went back to Gotham somehow because it wasn't like he didn't say anything about our gods. He's going, so he must be. In Orba, and that's all it is. It's a very forced deal for Batman to figure out what's going on. Now, in the meantime, you do have a narration of the king and stuff, but it, it, it really threw me off at points and things like that going, and it's Batman. Well, it's weird because it's well, I'm saying, we, we do have the Olathe not, um, like, you know, narration that goes through it, and then it stops, and then at one point, we have, like, you know, the Baylor, the evil yeah. eye, give it, and I'm like, I had to go back to see yeah. if it was the same, it was you a know, little, uh, it was a little confusing. Yeah, and it I, really once was. I went back, I realized what it was. It wasn't Baylor instead of, you know, Aletha, but still, and, it was yeah. odd the way it was laid out there. And it's funny because basically all this is is the king uh, was happy to die because then he transverse changed bodies. And the changing bodies and switching and all that and going, it really isn't explained. It's just kind of thrown in there, but it makes sense. You realize at one point, I know that you had the same thing as me where you're like, Oh, I get what's going on. Like we we did kind of yeah. overset up the stuff going on in Gotham. In the meantime, you're like, when he switched bodies, did he just like grow out of his skin or whatever? I think that one of the things that they show is that everybody in Gotham just looks at him as the same guy that he always was because he is a giant with a sword and a cape. He's walking through people, it, such and a they're weird not even thing bothered. That they're doing it because they if if everybody is seeing him as normal, like I think the guy's yeah. name was Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I think or it was Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald. Yeah. One of those names. Fitzpatrick but, sounds like more of of a, more of a in line of the other name, so I'll go All with right, that. But, but yeah, Fitzpatrick. Everybody sees him. Why do we have to see you know King Olathe in the skin with the straight like the clothes that don't fit? Him? I know, I know. I, I just think that it's supposed to be you know okay. The they're saying it. Oh, he has. Hey man, where's the flood, Noah? That's what I'd say, and he'd slice your throat. I'm not right? even looking at him. He's a scary dude. Done. He is, but he also has uh, a six-pack and looks like maybe he's going with the half-shirt look. That's what it looks like. So maybe some of these guys – it would be fun. going the look that I've always wanted to be able to pull yeah, off. that's what I wanted, except there's not a mesh tank top. That's all I need, extra. But yeah, really, all this is is basically like, listen, Wonder Woman and Batman, uh, you can leave – uh oh no we want to still try to figure this out all right you could do that but whatever you can see oh my god we found out by actually talking to the boy i mean god forbid somebody listens somebody in this world eric lends an ear to a fellow fairy 
I'm telling you, we're at our penultimate issue, though. Things have finally started moving. It seems like I'm yeah. telling you, we're standing still this entire time, just getting yeah. in flights with fucking flo- uh, uh, well, this state is what of I non-fucking yeah. people and Florians and Flumarians, yep. whatever the hell they're called. When we get to the point here where everything comes together, like we had the missing silver arm of King Olathe, like yep, where does this gone. go? And now we really stress in this issue, you know, that some objects like, you know, treasure and silver yes. and whatnot can be passed from our world to the it's other so world. You know, the leprechauns used to do that. Yeah, they and used to exactly do it. We have Trinkets, here. Trinkets yeah. and coins. And then at that point, though, it's so funny that I never like you're almost like when Liam Sharp's writing it, he wants you to have that light bulb go off and like, oh, my God, like that arm. I'm telling you, most of the stuff that happens I here, I forgot. And yeah. with that, a lot of the things like, oh, and, and basically this isn't where things happen. Like you have the arm and he and then you see like, oh, no, the king can't do that. You know, basically they set up that basically to open up the gate. The king then has to attach the arm to himself, but he would never do that. Almost like the idea that, you know, some religions will say, like, yeah. you can't have tattoos. Exactly. That's, you, that, you can't you know, self because the, the body temple. is a temple. Yeah, exactly. the body's a So they're saying that, like, he would never do that. He doesn't and he's like, nope, this is what he wants. He wants to save his I'm wife. I'm tired of living in Tiernanad. He's a and goddamn he wants to terrible save his prison. Wife. Now, this is the, the weirdest thing about this is, is that he's doing this. He has, you know, he, he pulls out in Gotham, he pulls out the, uh, the arm, and then you see him, he's going to cut off his arm and attach it. And I'm thinking, like, wait a second, like, now the issue is going to end. We're only on issue five. Like, this seems weird because I thought it was going to open. And again, set up there was, but at this point, Things were so convoluted that I'm thinking the king is going to do this, and then everybody's happy. I, I mean, yeah. I'm I'm expecting that this would be the last issue of I got to do this, I got to fight. Now maybe you'll have one guy who goes and fights it, but this just starts it to open it up. Then to have the fight, and I'm like, I don't know what the end game is now with this whole deal open. Most of the people seem to want to get out or at least well, have no, an open thoroughfare. I think that's an okay situation to a degree. It's just that when the king goes and does this, chops off his arm so he can attach his silver arm, which will open the gates to tear yeah. down to our world, he also unleashes his fucking brother, Baylor. I well, think it's that's, his brother. Yeah. But the the yeah. evil king, Baylor, who has now become stronger over the centuries but and has all the these underwater yeah. evil fucking god yeah. forces. He has the creatures <laughs> of the Black Lagoons. And now it's and, a war. But yeah. with that, though, it's so weird because when he when he does this and they are yelling like, oh, you can't do it. Oh, my God. I'm like, yeah. why? The why? The, furious. I thought that, oh, my God, this is like something where – like, if this was an ongoing, we're only at issue five, and it isn't a six-issue mini, so we can go. I thought this was one of theirs where this guy, the king, he's going to do this. He wants his wife. He wants his yeah. wife, and they, he wants to have a better life. He doesn't want to be he trapped in there. And I thought that basically if this was keep going, you wouldn't even go with this whole deal. Yes, you would go the thing with the brother, but it wouldn't be based on the, oh, my God, don't desecrate your body. It would just be like, oh, my God, I didn't know the monkey paw of opening the gate to everyone now i've let loose all these things into you know earth i they don't deserve that i have to fight it but it's gonna kind of go to there's only one issue left though so he does this and then you know you see the one i'd he's gonna go and i'm like really like all of this setup with a mystery and we i have to get batman in because he's a detective going oh, around i'll allow that yeah i'll allow that let's go see all of that Means nothing, really. There are some oh. things that were set up, but not a lot of things that really end up. And I think that it got that stuff that we were talking about, the detective stuff, the thing. 
That was the stuff that had to kind of get forced in to include Batman and Wonder Woman in the long run. It really as didn't do right much. right now, if you call Gotham Quaker Town and have you go over there and talk to this kid and realize, oh, my God, he was – you know what? We don't even need you. No. There's, there's nothing for Batman That's what and I said. Wonder Woman to And where you all. said earlier about – I mean we were making the joke. There's Liam Sharp presenting the story and like – and, he, you know, they want to – you know, I believe – The think, Irish quarter of Quaker yeah, and Town. And I, I think that he the is exclusive. Of a and they want him to be able to do a book. This is something that's like, you know, a passion project for him. Yeah. They they probably sit there. I mean, I, I don't want to be mean or anything. This guy's name's Liam. He was well, some, has some I don't want to be mean, but Irish they probably stuff. say to themselves, listen, it really doesn't matter. People love his art. They'll buy it for the art. Let's see what he's got. You can kind yeah. of throw the story. But you have to put Batman and Wonder Woman in. I think you have the story. Okay, I'm going to go back. i got to kind of put him in. Batman comes because he's a detective. We'll figure out there's a murder. We have all this stuff. And by this point, though, you see that it really wasn't important to the overall story. Really – to go because all it is is basically as a narration device so that we know what's going on as it goes on. Batman doesn't solve anything here. He just figures out what is now going on, just like us as a reader, just watching yeah. it go on. It could have, it would have went on without Batman figuring exactly. it out. Even He's the not whole stopping thing, like anything. Let's just know what happened. It could have played you can't, out naturally yeah, without you that. Can't we also stop. It, it can't be open stopped. Up yeah, the only thing that you're getting is that Batman and Wonder Woman can now kind of say like, okay, we know what we're going to be going yeah. against maybe or whatever. But, but even, even then, that, they don't. The thing is, you know, Batman's like, Sernanis, take me back to uh, Gotham so I can fight whoever comes yeah. through on the other side. Wonder Woman, I'm going to go fight with King McCool over here when shit gets real on this side. Yeah. Okay, and that, we got to separate now. You never needed – once Batman got you know on his LSD trip in issue one and then the two and all that – you could have had that the whole time, but he wants to have Batman and Wonder Woman together. But really, Batman is going back to do what he would have been doing in issue one, yeah. sitting there and waiting. If it, At that point, everybody froze. He had some wacky shit going on. You could have just had the gate open then and him fighting off the bad guys. I mean, really, there's not – and even then, maybe it would have worked out better because you could have had – Batman talk to Fitzpatrick and see what's going on, and then Batman realizes what. And you know, you actually have a different dynamic. Yet it's called Brave and the Bold, Batman and Wonder Woman, so they have to be together. And in the long run, it didn't mean anything. And they're separating to end anyway, so it's just very odd. I, I really, when we went into this podcast, and I really thought I was higher on this book, and I think I just realized. That I was high on it because I went, hey, we got one issue left. Things are yeah, finally happening. We have one no. issue left. And until we started talking about it, it didn't even cross my mind that our main characters don't have any place in this book. No, no. They, they were, really in, put my they were so inconsequential. Down where I initially started yeah. because I was just happy that it's almost yeah. over. Yeah, they were, like I said, they're inconsequential to the overall plot and are just there as just a setup device, as a way for us to be able to have somebody walk around the realm. But you could have done that anyway. Uh, and it's just odd. And it really is odd. And the thing is, you even said the art's a little off in this. I yeah. like it. The problem I have with it, now this, I liked it a little more while I was reading it, only because it was a quicker read yeah. than most of these issues because it bogged down it's with more straightforward. Stuff I didn't understand. Yes, it's more straightforward, but I still... There is something a little off that I do think like the actual – now, again, I can't – I'm going to say something and now I have to stop and say I really don't know because this fairyland talk, it's a little clunky and stuff. So I don't know that Liam Sharp's dialogue, if he was on a regular book, would flow naturally if whatever. Right. I would tell him though, and I've said it before and I'll say it even in this issue that runs quick, 
you're so bogged down with with names, King McCool, the Tiernanog. Yeah. Like you're you're so with that and try that you never really you have to almost go through it a second time to just look at the art because you're so trying to figure out stuff and you're and everything's really kind of heavy handed. So as you go through, you don't really get to appreciate the art as much as you do until where I think is the best art. Is near the end because you start oh, yeah. getting at the end it gets good. You start getting full half page panels and you start getting less talk, more action. Less talky, more actiony, and you get to actually read and really take it as a whole. The art and dialogue and and you can really sit there and go, okay, you know what, this looks good. Earlier, you know, you're, you're having also. I would say to Liam Sharp as well. Listen. You are a great artist. You're really – you're one of the better ones out there. Don't draw – like everything should wow everybody. You have the ability to do this. You don't need to have a couple panels of a drab dungeon and, and a, a cell and you know, go with the, the flow and make everything go with your story. You're making the story, so you can make all these locations and things like that. And you just get some weird like, uh, okay, I'm going to have the king there with with the machete on a workbench for a whole page. I'm like, okay, well, that didn't really hit very well. And when he cut his arm off, though, and put that silver, it looks really cool. Yeah, and then it's the big page, and it's a big thing. So I I think that there are things to like in this whole series. I also say that even though we're talking about the inconsequentialness of the two main characters – I do think that this book would read better in trade. I think that as you read, if you get done in one or two sittings, you will actually be able to say like, okay, that was just set up and we're by this point, we're so bogged down from things and not reading yeah, five it once in. a month in, and all of a sudden, some things that were set up in the first issue, we, uh, you know, they're pushed out of my mind by seventeen names that I can't even pronounce. So it is tough. Uh, but yeah, McCool. at the end. Yeah, McCool. Thing. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> tough for me to say. I can't say that. Baylor, Eric. I evil eye. Uh, guess. Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> Long ago banished. I mean, things like that really make you think, don't they? What is a bait man? Oh my trinkets. You know, stuff like leprechaun. What are what language are you speaking? Oh, these uh, Irish. <laughs> but yeah, at the end. I still like this a little more because it is fast paced and it's it's a funny thing to say you I like this more because the rest of it doesn't matter yeah. but that kind of leads to like okay I like maybe we should have had just all out action and and whatnot maybe Batman and Wonder Woman should have shown up there should have been Baylor should have been fighting them already you have a fight going on action 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 and then the king is actually trying to open up the realm so that you know people can escape from Baylor but they can also have other people come in maybe Superman well he doesn't like the magic though Eric but still no. it's it just I like it enough, but not enough to say to anybody that you should go and read it. Uh, but what did you give it? I'm going to give this issue a 4.9 out of 10, and it's pretty much all art. We finally got to a point where we have to do something with the story because there's only one issue left. And once we get to this re- uh, this whole idea that we have to finally do something, I realized that our main characters do not even belong here, have no reason yeah. to be here. So it really brought me down. This real, I'm telling you, it hit me you know, like a ton of bricks on the head when we just started talking about our characters don't even need to no, be here. They don't. And it really just hurt me to think about, I've spent five months reading this goddamn book. Yep. We're a penultimate issue. Things have just started happening, and the main characters and, don't need yeah. It really just upset me. I, 
4.9 is mostly for art and just the idea that we have one issue left where we might get some decent action and maybe some maybe a satisfying conclusion. I don't know at this point. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the satisfying conclusion is going to be Baylor gets put back in his sleep and the king says that, you know, maybe we should collaborate and maybe I shouldn't open it right away. And I, I got to go know. to the sanctuary. Yeah, and he's like, oh, my goodness. Off I go. I heard about this guy named Swamp Thing. I like the cut of his jib. Can you set me up with that guy? I like the way he acts. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'll give it a 5-5. Five, five, and it's all, you know, it's mostly art. And like I said, I, I didn't mind this as much because it's it's faster pace and we're getting yeah. some action. So I'll go with that. I'll go with that. Our positive, positive Jimmy is what they call me. We're going to end the podcast with the next five. Yeah. Well, you go back and listen to some other things, and you should be fucking clicking your heels and whistling a tune, Eric. Uh, the next one is Batwoman. Number 16, Eric, written by Marguerite Benet, art by Fernando Blanco, John Rausch, and D. Ron Bennett. This book has a few issues left before cancellation. It's a shame that Benet took this long to give us the best issue of the series, in my opinion. Yeah. It's all about family, and even though Batman felt a bit off, the overall story was nice and really showed why people do love Kate and why Kate loves her family and why she's in tech. I'm making this last bit up and why she's okay. uh, an important part of the Bat family, even though Eric once told me during the New 52 that she wasn't. And it really upset me. I remember when you told me that. I'm like, really? Batwoman isn't really part of the Bat family? You're like, fuck no. They don't no. give a shit about her. After reading this, I still don't believe she is. Well, Batman is that, and that's the problem. Is Batman's a little off in this, but if you're going to read a, a Batwoman book, uh, I like the idea of – and again, this goes along the lines of the victory lap. Now, this isn't the right. last issue, but it's it's getting close. We have a couple more issues. Uh, August this, is the last issue? With, yeah, yeah, August is the last. Or actually, I don't think it's solicited in August, possibly. So we have I, one issue yeah, left? Yeah, maybe one or two. I know. I uh, think whatever. it may be August it's, it's is the last. It's coming down to the end. We have one or two, Eric. I do think it, yeah. it is done in August. So you, I think you're right. We have two more. Probably a little two-issue arc, obviously. But uh, with that, in this issue, instead of of the lost year instead of the seven knives of truth of pain you know, all, these, all these things like the needle, all that the knife yeah, all that nonsense you know what you get here you get the Kate. foxes and the roses like, finally yeah, no i don't want to see how she hit her head on the coral and that ended Kuyana. up getting the fungus that ends up getting the foxes Sophia. dead yeah i don't need that i don't need that nonsense what i want is kate and this is what you get and yeah. you get a very uh, family-oriented issue, and it has one thing that I think Marguerite, I, mwah, I, I thought really like, you know what? That's a really cool move you did because y you do end up with the this whole ending of, you know, these bats were gonna go there. I'm telling you, right there. I'm like, really? Are we still doing this? Like, let's get and this the whole over. Idea. Now the the red bats. I'm like, all right, yeah, the red like, bats yeah. are going to. They've been incinerated. The thing is, though, it's, it's such a, like, I don't know if you I just, you go with the whole thing because I don't want to interrupt what you're about to say. Hmm. No, you oh, go. Sorry, you're I was drinking. drinking. No, oh, I was sorry. drinking. The whole thing is we have these bats and, like, we have the idea now that the, the virus they're contained is out and about. Yeah. And Alice has a switch that will be able to mutate the, the airborne virus that's already out and about yeah. so that their antivirus can't affect it. Yeah, it's can't nonsense. I'm like, 
the whole thing Why wouldn't you just hit that? You just bang on that button. You're a button master then. Exactly. We have this button that we're just holding around this trigger device. And at the end, oh, I just broke it. Okay, story over. What are we doing? uh, Well, the thing that made me laugh is you do have the Sequoia. It's going around. You have Julie in it, and she is is using the, you know, the anti-virus deal. She's, She's going. She's sending it out there. The problem is... They gotta watch out. It looks like what would be just a regular cooler, you know, water deal. Possibly yeah. looks like a propane tank. With uh, shit goes wrong when you make things look like other things. Like after this, they're gonna be like, "Hey, by the way, I need some water on my cooler." Next thing, you're you're poisoned. But they're doing this. It's just nonsense. Yeah. And like you said, the idea that she has a button that the, she can switch. To mutate it because of that, well, why didn't you do that eight times already? I mean, there's no reason. And and basically, you're going to play off this whole deal. Because no, it doesn't We have matter. the split personality of Alice and Beth. That's what it's all and about. So, oh, I'm the Beth version now. I broke the trigger. And okay. I mean, I'm going to now say to you and now that I, I will give you $10 if, you, right. if you fully, in truth – Tell me that at the point when Kate says she can't go to Arkham, they'll kill her there, that you did not think that Batman was going to say, I got another place for her, and it was all a setup. For the, you, I know that you thought that because everybody I actually, reading this. I didn't for some reason. Oh, I, I owe you $10. Exactly. The thing is. I actually thought of like I didn't go there because of how off Batman felt this entire no, issue I'm for how determined you. he was willing to fucking she, put Alice down this whole thing. She spells out. Everything that can well, go wrong for somebody to go to Arkham. I'm like, here we go. sanctuary bound here. And, and, and I didn't think about it for how off well, Batman was. I owe you $10. You will never see. But with that, <laughs> I, I do think that possibly we, we will find out that uh, is Alice is kind of one of those characters that could be expendable yeah. that you would have dead at the sanctuary in that Heroes in Crisis. Not quite a hero. I don't know you'd want to kill off freaking no. Beth, you know, like Kate's the twin no, sister. I don't know if that, you'd kill her off. I'm telling you, that leads to... They've done it a million times. She always comes back from some sort of technicality that she survived. And uh, with that, it would give Kate some character moments, but she's not going to have a book then anyway. So that's the thing. You go from that, she's dead in Sanctuary. You can then have Batwoman in that book, but she's, she doesn't have any books she's in now. I th- So basically, you can kind of just put that all away and then deal with that later. Look, but I'm, I'm telling, telling you, you we, I was have, waiting we, for Sanctuary. We, we, we are pushing Kate Kane away from Batman so much now. Yeah. Can you imagine if Batman took her to Sanctuary? Like, look, Kate, I'll take your sister to Sanctuary. And she ends up getting murdered. Kate is done with the Bat family no, at that point. No, that's just the thing, though, because she, Batman even says it this, strike two. You don't yeah. realize then Kate says, listen, now you're up, strike one. It goes. It's a whole game. We, we're playing so, nine innings here, Eric. This is not – We're not playing softball sis- rules. You my sister killed – that's not one strike. That's three strikes. You're out, buddy. <laughs> but this is what I'm saying is the whole deal is by September – It's a three-minute penalty right there. The, a three-minute penalty? What, what game are you playing? <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. With, with this, when they go off to the Heroes in Crisis – that's September. This book's over at all. We're never going to see it. So we could just imagine what we'll never know until later. And by then, everything will be washed away. So tell, I was just waiting for, wait, wait a minute. And I thought that the whole idea of Bat- Batman's being a dick. Yeah, and I time. thought that that was the push. Make him a dick until he realizes what he's saying and doing. And he's like, sanctuary. you know what? You're right. Sanctuary. I was just waiting for it. You know what? I got this place that she can go to that we don't talk about and nobody knows about. But we know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, 
Uh, but no, basically she says, you know, Batman's there to take her off to Arkham. And Kate says, no, look at her. And, and uh, you know, you can just imagine the horrors that she's talking about yeah. and what they'll do. But also – I like the idea because this actually – Marguerite Benet does not have enough time or space in this issue, and I don't think she'll explore it anyway. But there is something there with a story with Arkham of the idea when she goes to Arkham – they kind of will be treating her as Alice, not trying to cure Beth. And right. I think that she says that, and I thought that was really good because she says, listen, she goes there. Well, that's the thing. It's she's a Alice. Prison for Alice. She's Alice. Hospital that's for it. Beth. That's what I'm saying. And that's a great thing that she pulls out that Arkham, yeah, it's awful, but it's also awful only because they are treating the, you know, the end result and not trying to cure the thing below. They're just trying to, you know, sedate and whatever and make sure whatever. So I like that. But the other thing, the other thing that is the fact that you have all this. And I know Batman, you you could go through maybe if you're a Batman scholar like Eric Shea over there, you can tell me that Batman has dealt with Alice five times, ten times, whatever. But in this, I really like how Marguerite pulls it around and says, listen, you give me all these chances. Like, you know, I, I don't know if you remember, but I, I did kill Clayface, though I, I got rumor that he's alive. But with that, uh, you know, you're giving me strikes and all these. Th- this is my sister. Th- your this cousin. is your blood, too. This is yeah. a blood of your mother's. Uh, just all of the benefits that you've allowed me, you seem to be blind to anything involving her. Like, you only see her as Alice. You're not seeing her as Beth, my sister, your cousin, your mom. And God, I like, like that. my sister's Jason Todd. Show and, some yeah. compassion. Yeah, really. And and as that hits, I thought that was going to be like, wait a second. You know what? She, she's family? Well, then I'm really going to ignore her. I won't talk to her ever again. But no, it, it, I thought that that was the Sanctuary tie-in. But really, it basically goes to the point where Batman's not going to get what he wants. Batwoman's going to go off and almost like, oh, I'll cure her myself. I'm the most important thing. Family will get her cured, not Arkham. I'm going to do this. And then basically goes off and Batman says, that's strike two uh, because they're fighting and, you know, I'm they're going you, back I, and I, forth I really with like each other. With the whole thing, even though Batman is like, you know, out of character for how determined he is to go against Batwoman and throw Alice in Arkham. Like that is his yeah. end goal. And he's, he even backhands fucking Batwoman at the one point. It's yeah. so weird. But I'm yeah. telling you. When hey, Batwoman decides, when Batwoman decides that she's going to cross a line, and she knows a weakness of Batman's kind of thing, where she has a tape recording of a gunfire, it's the same make and model of the gun that killed his parents. Yeah, he, she's going to play this on the loudspeakers of the place that the Kane, the Kane Industries building yeah, that they're yeah. fighting in. That was just a little too over the top. I'm like, he's heard gunshots before, and I'm sure, like you know, he's heard this uh, this gunfire kind of thing, like. He's heard a lot of guns. This whole thing is not a weakness in my mind. It, it does no. not do anything no. like, you know, Kate King, like, I just crossed the line there. And I'm like, no, you, yeah, you crossed the line into ridiculousness is what yeah. you did. <laughs> yeah. And and you know what? She does that often in this book, yeah. so I'll go with it. But, yeah, uh, it basically, like we said, it ends with Batman saying you got some strikes there, baby. Yeah, you only got one more strike left. Uh, you know, you'd go do what the hell you got to do, and it ends with basically – Kate going to see Beth and, you know, going and saying, I'm sorry. You know, I, yeah. I kind of failed you and I should have been there and I should have stopped all this. around. And again, through this whole issue, as you said before, you are playing off the idea. It's almost like, I mean, it is to me what they, what Marguerite Benet seems to be doing. It, this is the juxtaposition of the clay face of Kate was there. Basil was going back and forth and she decided to kill Clayface exactly. because he was bad. 
It didn't go enough for it. Like there should have been something. It, it missed a little bit of the thing, but that the problem is, is that it, it's a girl. There's Batman, like you said, he backhands Kate, and it's fine. so you, you kind of get a little bit. But it's obviously that. And I thought that there was going to be more of like you know, and she does say like I did that with Clayface, but when you know you didn't want to do, and it just. But I still liked it. I liked the art. I thought oh, no, this that is, the this art is was bad. This is my favorite issue we've ever gotten because and, we're in Gotham. We're dealing with, yes. you know, a Batwoman villain that we all know. It's her sister. There's history here that if you know Batwoman, it's all yeah. right here. And you have Batman and this whole opposing idea of, like, you know, what the Bat symbol means to Kate King from yeah. now and going forward. And Batman letting her be a part of the Bat family. Everything you want him pretty much out of this book is in this issue, even if a bit of it becomes convoluted and silly at times. It does get it's convoluted. It's still the best example of Batman. And, and like, I think that what time. I really needed was the idea, like, uh, you know, Clayface was given so many advantages and things like that, and you can't even do that for your own blood. And I, I like that. I like yeah. the whole deal. I like the art. So I, I was looking. I wanted to see what Dan gave it. And Dan, actually, I mean, his first thing in his blurb, and he is a Batwoman fan. Yeah. He's been really down on this. And he, the first, this issue is pretty enjoyable. He said there's a lot of action, a lot of good story points. He said, though, that there's points where it makes you scratch your head and you think, like, well, that's not how things actually work, yeah. but I'll go with it. And it kind of what you were saying as well. Uh, and I thought it was enjoyable. I, he gave it a six five. I actually was around that when I first read. I'm going up to seven. I'm going to give this more of a, 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 you know, a push to the positive because I actually read it. I'm like, okay, you know what? Normally, this could be a middle section book. All of a sudden, not a, not yeah. an ending of the podcast. And we had it already wasn't set a it up to get through like no. every other issue of Batman. And, and, so and far. with that, I just I want to point out that the negative Jim and Eric are really not there. That this is what we want. We Seriously. want to like issues, and this is finally something that I really like. Now you're at this issue this far in, right? We're on issue sixteen. I'm not Possibly saying the penultimate. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm telling you, I'm not saying that I want sixteen issues like this. This would have been a good first issue, leading out of Detective Comics towards into this. You couldn't go with the same kind of deal each time. But this would have been a good spring, you know, a springboard deal to go into stories that meant something and stories I didn't need that fucking year the lost year. year. You were trying to get us with this convoluted setup and over the top explanations and you ended up having to do too much work to get us into the story when this is easy to get you into a story and go from knowing and then you could have had the first arc could have been her trying to figure out how to cure her sister completely i would have been all in and but what about the red went, bats and the many arms of death and no, the, the scarecrow's again toxin? i'm telling you you read this as a jumping on point and then all of a sudden you're like Boy, that's a crazy cold open, but it's kind of goofy, and you go, I'm telling you, if all you, I'm going to do this with <laughs> the facts now. I'm agree. telling you, it would have worked. I would have never even said, like, what the hell is going on? But like, boy, this is a goofy cold open. The, the problem is, the goofy cold open was your serious story up until yeah. this point. It doesn't work, but this does, and it's a shame because it, you see that there is something there. And also, like I said, that there's a book. Batwoman that I can get the feels and enjoy. And this actually is like getting towards like that Mark and Draco crazy team. Go to that again. Where's Clayface? Where's Clayface? He's dead. Or is he? He's there with Chasing the Moon Detective Agency. Everybody that leaves any book in our mind that drives off in a car with somebody, they're always starting a detective agency. And I'll go with that. But uh, what would you give it? 
I would give this. I'm with Dan on this one. Of the yeah, six point five. I, out of 10. I, 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 I liked the art enough, and I had a, a lot of fun with the action and the story and what they're like, you know, dealing with the family aspect. It was just a lot of convoluted yeah, and ridiculous kind of stuff in it as well. But again, my favorite issue of Batwoman so yeah. far. Yeah, I agree. I, I thought that it was worth you know checking out if you've been waiting and just wanted to get one issue. I'm telling you, it's almost ended. So you can't be like, oh, this is a great jumping on point because you're jumping on to jump off later. But yeah. if you've been dying to kind of get one issue. I always jump issue, on things to jump off. I always I jump on do. things right as they're about to end. I jump on things and I never leave, Eric. I'm always on that thing. It gets very you still messy. Wear pants. It gets very messy very quick. I have a fade parachute pants <laughs> and uh, also Zuba's pants. It doesn't oh, yeah. make, I have two pairs of pants also. And also I got Denim my jackets. I got my tape player boombox. No, I don't live in Buffalo. What the hell do you think I am? I'm not a savage. I said a jacket, not a vest. Oh, oh I thought you said <laughs> Did you say a sash by any chance? <laughs> uh, but yeah, there you go. That's the fine. I'm, I'm glad that we enjoyed uh, that and even enjoyed a little bit more of the, uh, you know, the Brave and the Bold a little bit. Uh, I did. Yeah, I'm saying we enjoyed the issue a little, but it yeah. kind of got us mad that everything else didn't matter. But hey, there you go. There you go, Eric. That is the end of the podcast. What is your book of the week? My book of the week is Just League number two. So is mine, Ding Sound, Eric, and mine by Leaps Ding Sound. and Bounds. It is. Uh, you want to hear what we're going to talk about next week? You want to hear what I we're going to do? Throw it you're you're actually going to be here next week, Eric. It's funny. I say this. You're only going to miss a little, and that's what happens. You only miss like – Total of about an hour of the podcast, but yeah, everybody I'm going a day counts. And a half. Everybody counts it as a week off for Eric Shea. Uh, this is what we'll talk about. And I will say right away before we go into this that we do have a Patreon account that we mentioned before and after, you know, during these segments there. And it is, uh, patreon.com slash weird science. If you go there, you will be able to hear two of these books that we're going to be talking about. They will actually pick by the badass level of the Patreon and they will not be on the regular podcast. And here is what we got. Bane Conquest. Plus number 12, Eric. It's over. Final issue. It is the final issue. We got Batgirl number 24. We have Batman Beyond number 21. Is that the final issue? Did did Batman Beyond, Mark, just get a hold of me and say, oh, my God, they retrograded actively, canceled it. It might happen, man. They did it to Cyborg. Yeah, they did. Uh, What he ended up – he just messaged me, Eric. He said, it's so crazy. They actually canceled the issues from four months ago. We never talked about America. We never did. We have Batman Prelude <laughs> to, to the day, Wedding. To they're this still day, not there. They're still not there. <laughs> Batman Prelude to the Wedding, Harley versus Joker, number one. That's the Ridiculous. ending of the Preludes. Obviously, in two weeks, we get the wedding. Detective Comics, number 983, Eric. That's an issue that we've been waiting for. I hope. I'm looking. Yes, indeed. That's Brian Hill. Hill. Yeah, I I wanted to make sure because there's been some wonkiness. I just loaded it up, and indeed – it is that one, and the cover looks kick-ass. Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, number 47, heading towards the finale at 50 still. We have the penultimate issue of Mara, Queen of Atlantis, number 5. Something oh, tells me that they're going to somehow get towards Atlantis in the cliffhanger of the- – I haven't read it. This is not spoilers. I'm just guessing that you're going to get the Zebellions kind of playing their deal. They're going to head off to Atlantis, and it's well, all going to come to I need to, to think about that when we're talking about Aquaman and this freaking thing because uh- – 
I want I, I want Ocean Master now to team up with Aquaman in this whole fight, and I didn't yeah. think about the whole thing, like you know Mara and Aquaman converging here. Yeah. I saw like you know it's separate; they're doing their own thing. And I, I didn't think, think that about it this all. will lead to then the next issue of Aquaman having them there. You know what I mean? Because we just did Aquaman the night, and obviously there was no Zebellions, there was no Mara. I think it's going to kind of come together. Possibly, maybe they're playing the whole deal that all six go, and then I don't know, but I hope something happens. We have yeah. Raven. Daughter of Darkness number six. Halfway through that. Yeah, I I have a feeling that we're going to get to maybe issue eight and the rest will be canceled. Retche, you know, the whole deal of, hey, they're solicited but canceled. Who knows? Teen Titans special number one. That's I'm looking forward to that. The Flash number 49 continuing the Flash War. Flash War. The Hellblazer number 23. That is ending soon, Eric. We got the Man of Steel number five. Is that August as well? No, I think it's next. I think that actually it is. I have to look. You're putting me on the spot too many I'm times. Not, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I believe that uh, it was one of those that the solicits came out for August, and that just wasn't included. And then in the aftermath was said, oh, yeah, July is the last issue. I think that this is the penultimate is what okay. I, I believe I remember. The Man of Steel number five, penultimate, Eric. There you go. That's the penultimate of that weekly series with Brian Michael Bendis. We'll see what goes on with that. Uh, I've been liking that less and less as we've gone Me on. We'll, we'll see well. if that trend continues. We have uh, one of the New Age of Heroes books that we like, The Silencer, Silencer nice. number six. We also have The Terrifics number five. I have not been as hyped for that. Not Others have been, though. Uh, and Wonder Woman number 49, uh, will be having that. That's getting towards Ooh, the, the end War of the James Dark Robinson. Gods. And it's the, getting towards the end of the James Robinson deal, uh, heading towards Steve Orlando's well, mini run. Why can't Wonder Woman ever be good? Hey, you don't judge a book by the cover before the cover's made on the book, Eric. Oh, That's you what just I, said to me. Eh, you know what I said. Maybe Steve Orlando, maybe there's a, no. you know. No. no, maybe there's a book for every writer that when they no. get on it, they they just kick ass. And this it's is his. Work. Come on, Eric. You know, I, I think that maybe what you need is a little skitarist in there the with a little, I with like a little rustums. Orlando has ever done is Apollo and Midnighter. You don't need the rustums and the, the skitarist and maybe the, the moons and the Fuck. suns. Is that what you need? Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's the end of the podcast. Thanks, everybody, for contributing. Thank you, Eric, for leaving me high and dry this whole week. And left me to do all the work. People don't realize. I I make jokes about these voices that I do. I now want to lift the veil. I've been doing Eric's voice along with mine this whole week. And Reggie's. Reggie's gone too. So it's all been me. I I hope that I did a good job uh, and doing that. So, myself, what do we say at the end? Everyone have a great week. Keep it weird. weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. (laughs) 